run into Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. What's up, everybody? Uh, keeping an eye on this hearing. We are, they're supposed to be back at 1030. There is movement in the courtroom. Um, so we'll go there as soon as the judge comes back into the courtroom. I thought before we go into day two, because this morning there was some procedural stuff. Uh, Fanny is not going to be um, testifying again. They were going to cross it. We thought they were going to cross examine her this morning. And uh, they said they have no questions for the witness. So she's um she's dismissed but apparently her father may be testifying and they claimed at the end of the hearing yesterday that they were going to have a number of witnesses to talk about to debunk Miss Yurdy's testimony that Fanny and Nathan Wade's um relationship began before they claim it did so that's kind of what's going on i thought before we go there while we're waiting for them to come back we can look at what the uh what the narrative is saying about uh, uh, about Miss Willis, and um, before I get into this, I just realized I don't have the Rumble chat pulled up, so I can't see you guys, and uh, I don't I don't like that. I need to be able to see you guys. So give me one moment. Hold for processing, so I can pull you up and see what you're saying. And looking for there it is. No, that's yesterday's. That's yesterday's. Where is today's? Um, refresh. I wonder. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll come back to it. I can see, uh, I can see your chat. I, I can see your chat inside of StreamYard. I just can't, um, respond. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's talk about CNN. And then, like I said, um, you guys can see, uh, here in the courtroom, we'll be monitoring to see when they come back. Uh, there was a whole bunch of movement and um, Ashley Merchant was back in the room. There were some folks that came in. You can see the court reporter lady down at the bottom of the screen. She's back at her seat. So we do expect them to come back um, momentarily. But while we're waiting for them to come back, let's look at what CNN is saying, uh, so Trump Georgia case hearing on motion to disqualify Fannie Willis continues. Um, evidentiary hearing on motions to dismiss Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis from the Georgia election subversion case she brought against Donald Trump is continuing today. Willis was expected to be cross examined on Friday, but a lawyer for the district attorney said she did not have additional questions. It's not clear who will be called to testify next, if anyone. They did mention in that, um, exchange with the morning with the judge this morning that they uh will potentially be recalling mr bradley mr bradley you will remember is the um the partner of nathan wade who is also his attorney what he testified to yesterday he's his attorney in the um divorce case in his divorce case from joycelyn mr bradley is his attorney and so they're saying that he can't yesterday their argument was he can't testify about mr wade at all because of privilege and there was some back and forth about how far does that actually extend some attorneys said that they had uh case law they were going to be bringing in to show that um he can in fact testify to things outside of their uh legal relationship so we'll see what happens there it did sound this morning Patrick and I were covering uh, the the, the pre-trial stuff or the pre-hearing stuff, um, and it did sound like they may call 
Mr. Bradley again. Now that'll be interesting because yesterday the reason they took him off the stand was to bring on Miss Yurdy and Miss Yurdy testified to what Miss Merchant said was lay foundation to ask Mr. Bradley um, some additional questions and to get Mr. Wade on the stand. And then Mr. Wade, of course, got Fannie Willis on the stand because there were material disputes. So there's a lot of moving parts to this. And, uh, you know, CNN says it's not clear who will be called. We do expect um, potentially Mr. Bradley. They said that Miss Willis's father might testify. And there were some other people. And then the the attorneys for Miss Willis said that they're definitely calling people to dispute Miss Yurdy's testimony. So Miss Yurdy testified that their relationship started way earlier. Uh, there's definitely a personal relationship thing going going on between those two. They're not friends anymore. Uh, Fannie Willis was very clear that uh, she is not friends with Miss Yurdy anymore. She does not consider her to be to be a friend. Sorry, I'm looking for where this rumble link is for um so I can actually pull up and see you guys in the chat. And uh I'm struggling to find it. Somebody grab, I think this will work. Grab the URL to where you're watching this stream and throw it in the chat. I think it'll come in here and then I should be able to go over and pull pull you guys up. Please hit the thumb for us. Yesterday we were I think number 12. On the Rumble leaderboard, Brian and I covering this uh, hearing. So that's exciting. And um, let's move it. Let's move up today. A lot of people might drop off and not cover this shit show because uh, Willis isn't going to be on the stand. But we are definitely going to cover it every second of it. Um, all right. So about the allegations, Trump and his co-defendants are seeking to remove Willis based on allegations proven by evidence that she and Nathan Wade the special prosecutor she hired to lead the case engaged in an improper romantic relationship, which financially benefited her. So there is no question that they had a romantic relationship. They both admit to that. The question is whether when it started and what kind of financial benefit there is in, between the two of them. Now, the the Willis side of thing claims that there was no financial benefit. Doesn't matter that Nathan Wade's evidence in his divorce case shows that he gave her what on paper appears to be a lot of gifts. She's a public official. Accepting gifts is uh, at a minimum has to be disclosed that you're accepting gifts. Um, and, uh, oh, thank you. Liberty Russian. Let me see if I can, uh, if I can, it's letting me click on it. I'm trying, I can't, I can't copy it. Dang it. Um, all right. Is it on the Badlands channel or is it on a different channel? Because when I go to the Badlands channel, I don't see it. Um, one moment. Sorry, guys. I know I'm all over the place. Refresh, refresh. I still don't see it. Um, all right, I'll figure that out. Looking over here, we got no. Doesn't look there are there there are people taking their seats again. So that's something the um, Fannie Willis side has not come back, and we've got probably a third of the lawyers over on the defense side. We can see some other court workers coming in from back where Chambers is. So there is movement. Hopefully, 
We'll get it soon. It is on the Badlands channel. You're saying like, I don't. So weird. I don't see it. I just see yesterday's. Um, it'll, it should, it should pop up at some point. Hit live. Oh, there it is. Okay. Boom. Got it. All right. Now I can see you guys. Hi guys. That's so much better. All right. So, uh, the, the, now it appears on paper that she's given him, that he's given her gifts, cruises, expensive meals, day trips, um, all sorts of, you know, fun, fun things that lovers do. But her claim is that those aren't gifts. She paid her way on everything. She is a strong, independent woman. And there is no, uh, there is no way that um, she was going to allow him to pay for her. And so she paid everything. But the way that they, they can't prove that. There's no record that she paid him back for everything. And that is where the large cash payments come in. She claims that she has stacks of cash and that she paid him back in cash. Sometimes it was $500. Sometimes it was $2,500. The um, defendants in the RICO case claim that it amounts to close to, if not more than $10,000. We haven't seen that laid out in terms of the, the numbers um, coming all coming all together. But uh we have a dispute of material fact in the case. It, the, the dispute is, did, did she accept gifts in violation of the rules of professional conduct, the Georgia statutes, potentially the law, certainly violating the public trust in terms of the perception of corruption and per perception of accepting gifts? Um, she claims no. She paid him back. It was just in cash. You can't track and you can't track it. It's no big deal that it was cash, according to uh, Miss Willis's side of things, which is interesting because just swap the names. If it was President Trump, what, uh, what, what, what would that excuse hold up? If President Trump was allegedly paying back somebody for gifts that you know were were hidden, it would appear. If he was paying them back in large sums of cash and couldn't produce any record of that, would that hold up for President Trump? I don't think so. We got a lot more, a uh, lot more folks coming into the room now, so we uh, we should be we should be heading there soon. Wade and Willis acknowledged they had a personal relationship when testifying in court on Thursday, but denied any wrongdoing and pushed back on the claims. They actually acknowledged they had a personal relationship uh, a week a week or so ago. Um, and so that's, you know, that that's one thing to note is that that is uh, information that they just confirmed in court, didn't come out in court. The large cash payment reimbursements are new information that's come in court. That was not brought up in any of the pretrial stuff, any sort of depositions, anything like that. They didn't talk about that. And that came up in court yesterday where the the attorneys for the defense in this case said a um, whole bunch of times, you know, you, you, you didn't bring this up before. You didn't talk about the reimbursements before. That's their story now. And they're sticking to it. What's at stake, according to CNN, if Trump and his co-defendants succeed in disqualifying Willis? Some inside the district attorney's office fear it could derail the entire case, according to multiple sources. The case still has no trial date, and Willis and her team are keenly aware that the window to go to trial before the 2024 election is rapidly shrinking. So what do you guys think is uh, is going to happen? Um, 
Let's see. Bacon Pancake says, if the judge doesn't throw this case out, the rest is for our entertainment. I think that's probably true. Um, I think that the judge has to rule in some way, either removing Wade, removing Fanny, or removing both of them. I don't think based on what we've heard and given that the public trust is at stake, that this is a matter of the public trust. And in the public trust, when it comes to matters of public trust, the perception of impropriety the perception of pay to play, the perception of corruption can be just as damning as actual corruption, pay to play, impropriety, uh, because people are going to lose trust in the system. And I think that if Judge um, McAfee allows Fannie Willis to keep her oversight over this case and allows her boyfriend to keep prosecuting this case, that irreparably harms the public trust. And I think there could be a case to be made that it materially prejudices President Trump, considering that um, they, the Fannie Willis campaigned on getting Trump and has talked about getting Trump since um, for, for years. So can we use the the justice system? Can people in positions of authority over the justice system, use the justice system to achieve their political ends? The answer is supposed to be no. We shall see what uh, what happens. Kick Dreaming says, Fanny made a fool of herself yesterday. Yes, I think that is a, that is most definitely the consensus. It was glorious, though. I, I still think that the um, the moment she walked into the room, it was like she burst through the door and stormed up to the front. And she's like, I am ready to go. And uh, that was the kind of drama that we don't actually see in real courtrooms. That's like like Suits drama. I just realized, by the way, that there's a whole ninth season of Suits that's on Amazon Prime, not Netflix. And I have a whole I've like I've watched one episode of it so far. So I've like nine more episodes of Suits that I didn't know existed. Why does everybody keep saying that her dress was on backwards? I've heard several people say that now, and I'm not following it. I don't think her dress was on backwards, but maybe that's a joke I'm missing. It's possible that's going right over my head. Uh, all right. What else are you guys saying? Fanny is not showing up for day two of testimony. Um, she, I think, is in the building, but they did not call her. So the, uh, the do we have a picture of the zipper being in the front? I, I don't recall this but if it's true i have to know um but anyway back to uh lgra pesk like la grip i grapes i don't know how to say that but um she could have been called this morning for cross-examination and they um said they have no questions for her ah uh, thank you kyle I, I i keep hearing this and i saw no evidence all right we've got the judge back in the courtroom. Do we have any sound? We do. You guys can hear that, yeah? All right. Here we go, guys. All right. We're back on the record, and I've been informed that Mr. Bradley is still not with us in person. However, there's a proposal to potentially move on to other witnesses. Why don't we start with the state? Ms. Cross. Thank you, Your Honor. Yes, in uh, order to be efficient with the court's time, uh, we're, we have a witness here and out of order, and it sounds as though there is no objection from the defense, so we can do that at the 
court's convenience. We don't have any thought taking them out of order, but it's our understanding it's Governor Barnes and he's here to establish that he was the first choice of Ms. Willis and she testified to that. So I don't I think it's just cumulative. Know why we need to call him to establish the fact it's already been established. We're not refuting that fact. Feature on that fact. Ms. Cross, I think she did she say it was her first choice? Did she not say who was her first choice? I think that's that uh, I don't believe that um the governor's name was mentioned. I think there are some facts and circumstances surrounding the search for someone to uh, take over the lead of this investigation at that time. Now, prosecution is something that, given the allegations in the case, uh, is certainly relevant. All right. And it doesn't sound like it would be all that long a witness. I don't think Anyhow. All right. So in that case, we can transition over. And, uh, Ms. Cross, I'd like to call your witness. Thank you. The state would call uh, Governor Roy Barnes. And Judge, just um, so I'm clear, so you had told us not to ask questions about qualifications, mm -hmm. so we did not ask any of our witnesses about qualifications, so if the state's now going to bring in evidence of that, we would just ask permission to now be able to go into that. Sounds to me, well, Ms. Cross? Uh, if you want to ask Governor Barnes about his qualifications, I mean, that's certainly something he'd have knowledge of. I, I don't know what his basis of knowledge for anyone else's qualifications might be, but I also don't think that opens the door to anything other than what the my understanding of what the testimony is. As I hear it, uh, the issue of qualifications versus who was her first choice is, is going to be relevant to her intent, maybe, and perhaps that issue of the case in, in whole. I don't think that necessarily opens the door. We'll see how it goes. I believe he's being brought over, Your Honor. All right. <clears throat> Miss Cross, assuming this may be a 10 to 15 minute witness, does the state have other witnesses on deck that they'd like to go forward with as well? Yes, we've um, called to gather everyone we could so we can go forward with another witness, I believe, after this. Weekend. All right, appreciate it. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Thank you. 
I do. Roy Eugene Barnes, R O Y E U G E N E Barnes, B A R N E S. So, uh, good, uh, good morning, Mr. Morning. Barnes. Can you tell the court um, a little bit about uh, your background as it relates to um, your service? Uh, in the in public service, uh, I was uh, first elected to the state senate in 1974 from Cobb County, and I served 16 years there. And then in 1990, I ran for governor and was defeated. And two years later, I went back to the House of Representatives. I was elected to the House of Representatives and served six years till I was elected governor in 1998, and I served in that position till. January of 2003. And um, after serving uh, in uh, the position uh, of governor, can you tell the uh, court a little bit about uh, what you transitioned into um, after your public service? I, I did uh, exactly what I was doing before. Uh, I was elected. I went back to practicing law in Marietta, Georgia with my daughter, who's now a judge of the state court and my son-in-law. And now we have a uh, I think six or seven lawyers. Charlie Bailey back there was one of them at one time. Okay. And um, Governor Barnes, would you consider yourself a, a, to be a trial lawyer? Yes. That's, okay. We don't write contracts or we don't write wills. All we do is try cases. And I want to direct your attention uh, back to uh, 2021, um, where you approached um, by the district attorney of Fulton County, uh, Fonnie Willis. Um, about being a special prosecutor, I was. Uh, I don't do. You, I don't recall the exact date, but uh, I know it was sometime uh, in 2021. And uh, she asked me to come down, and uh, I met with her and Nathan Wade, and there were several other in the meeting. Uh, she asked me. Uh, said they were beginning this investigation. And she asked me if I'd be interested in being special prosecutor, to which I replied that I had mouths to feed at a law office and uh, that I could not, I would not do that. And also, I just had a bad, well, I won't say bad because it happens from time to time, but I just had the FBI to report uh, a fella, uh, a militia trainer to me that said they were concerned uh, that he was making threats against me. And because I was, I thought it was because of the flag, but I asked him and he said, no, it was because I was too close to the Jews, quote unquote. And uh, I told uh, DA Willis, I didn't, I'd lived with uh, bodyguards 
for four years and I didn't like it. And I wasn't going to live with bodyguards for the rest of my life. So ultimately you, you turned down. Yes. Yeah. I told her, I, I said, uh, uh, I'm not interested. Nothing further from the state. Your Honor. Ms. Morning, Marcia. Governor Barnes. Morning. How are you? Just fine. How are you? Good. Good, Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, you said it was sometime in 2021. Do you remember? I think it was. Early? I don't remember the dates. They all go. I could look it up on my calendar at the office, but I don't have that. Well, um, I want to ask you about uh, some statements that Ms. Willis made um, March 28th, 2021. Um, she was talking about an, uh, assembling a team for this case. Are you familiar with her work assembling a team for this case? Well, I assume that's what she was talking to me about. Uh, uh, but, um, besides that, I don't know. Anything. I know you had said you had a meeting with some folks and Mr. Wade was at that meeting. Correct. Okay. So he was, um, with the district attorney interviewing you about taking this case. Well, he, uh, of course I know Nathan very well as you do. Yes. Uh, and, um, I exchanged pleasantries with him, but the conversation was with Ms. Willis. Okay. With Ms. Willis. Um, were you aware at the time that her team was, consisted of Brian Watkins, Megan Vargas, Sonia Allen, Shannon Trotty, Sal Chan, and John Floyd. She had reported that was her team on this case. I know John Floyd was uh, involved, and she probably told me the others, but uh, listen, I barely remember what case I tried last year, much less uh, every word that was said in the conversation. I understand. Fair enough. Um, but she said she was looking to hire more lawyers and investigators to work on this case. She told me, uh, it was to me, uh, she said, uh, would you be interested in being special prosecutor in this case? And I gave the reply that I've already known. I mean, about hiring other lawyers or whatever, I don't know. I, all I can testify to is what she told me. Um, did she tell you at all why she wanted to hire special counsel and not use someone who was an ADA, not have an actual employee? No, she did not. I mean, we did not discuss that. And, uh, but I would assume it was because in a case as big as this, that you'd have to have some social help. I know John Floyd has been in some cases over the years out in Cobb County, for example, and others. Would you agree that an employee of her office, someone who was paid a state salary or a county salary as an ADA could handle a case like this. I couldn't tell you that unless I knew the person knew their experience and really had been with them in a courtroom to All pass right. an opinion on that. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Say now. Hello, Mr. Say now. It's been a while. It has been a while. I hope you're well. I'm doing fine, just getting older, but that beats all turning. That, that's true, <laughs> but that applies to all of us, I believe. Yes. yes. Um, I think you indicated that if you had your calendar, you'd be able to pinpoint a date for it. I would. Is there a way for you, for example, at a break before you actually leave to contact your folks to see if you can get a date? Um, I guess I could. I put, I, it, I, I don't know how far back we archive those, but I assume I could. Would you be willing to give that a shot for I us? I mean, I'll do whatever the court instructs. So if I ask the court and the court says, go ahead and you could do it, that's all right? I'll do whatever the court instructs. I hear you. Uh, and you should too. 
<laughs> I, I try to live by those words. I'm not always successful, but I try. Um, if I pinpoint a date, for example, I think the record is clear that uh, Mr. Wade was hired for the position on November 1 of 2021. Does that help you? No, all? it does not. Okay. Then let's go to the meeting. It sounds like it was just one meeting. Yes. And could you tell us where that meeting took place? If you it remember? was in the conference room um, adjacent to the district attorney's office. So it was in was it in this uh, the adjoining building? It was in the Lewis Slayton building. Yeah. And uh, uh, District Attorney Willis was there, obviously, right? Yes. Yeah. And Mr. Wade was there. The best I recall. Now I could be mistaken about that. It's like uh, uh, anything that far away. But that's that's my recollection. Do you have a recollection of anyone else being present? Yeah, there were uh, there were some other folks, but I don't remember. Do you remember? Were you introduced to Mr. Wade by anything other than you already knew him? Um, was he given no, a title I or anything? Known him. So at least as you're there, if I heard you correctly, Miss Willis did all the talking. Mr. Wade did not. I mean, we exchanged pleasantries, but as far as the uh, basis of the conversation, the reason I was there, Ms. Willis did the talk. And would you be able to give us an estimate of how long this meeting lasted? Probably Just rough. An, probably an hour. And it, during the meeting, you made it clear, but it was the thanks for the offer, but no thank you. Oh, yes, uh, I did. Um, as I said, um, you know, I started off as a prosecutor. And for about 10 or 15 years, uh, I did nothing but criminal. And then, but I've tried to move away from it uh, and do primarily civil now. Mr. Gillen and I have done some white collar uh, cases over in federal court. I've got one over there right now, uh, but it's generally business related, you know, where I have a client that's got a kid or him getting indicted. and. The case I have over there now is an alleged fraud case. Fair to say that based on your career and the work that you've done, you've handled high profile cases, correct? I, I have. Uh, I've, uh, um, I've, I've handled some pretty good cases. I, I sued Syria one time for beheading a, a client of mine, recovered $83 million. I guess that's the best high profile, but that was in D.C. I tried that up in D.C. And what would be considered complex cases, you've handled those as well, correct? Yes. I mean, we we uh, we regularly do mass torts, uh, class actions, uh, business, uh, business torts, uh, breach of contract. And most of those are high complex or complex requiring many uh, experts. I, I also, we also do um, malpractice. I was, I did malpractice defense for about 25 years, but since I've returned from the governor's office, I, I try not to represent an insurance company anymore. And uh, I just tried a malpractice case before Judge Edlin in November. And those are complex cases because of the type of, uh, you know, uh, medical uh, knowledge and, that you have to have, and also because of the many experts that you have. Thank you. Did Miss Willis, and this is the last question, did okay. Miss Willis tell you why she had sought you, why you had been her choice? 
No, uh, I, I hadn't, but you know, uh, I get consulted fairly often on major cases. Would, would you believe based on circumstances in which you were given the offer that it had to do with fact that you had handled complex and high profile cases in the past? It could have been. Uh, I know her very well. Um, the <laughs> I tried a case against her. Um, uh, she worked for the JQC, and uh, I represented um, Judge Rob, Robert Crawford, Mac Crawford, and uh, I and she prosecuted him, and I defended him. She beat me at the trial. I turned it around to the Supreme Court. So, <laughs> so you had some experience. Oh, I, I had plenty of experience with him. She's she's a very qualified young. Uh, well, everybody's young to me, but she's a very qualified young. After that, uh, that one occasion, mm -hmm. did you have any other contact with her in reference to the position itself or who she might be considering? I, you know, I had some conversations with her or Jeff DeSantis or some of those, uh, but not really an in-depth, uh, you know, about who she should hire or anything like that. Did the name Nathan Wade come up in those conversations yeah. with her? Yeah. No. Right? Yeah. Um, Nathan was there, I thought. Now, I could be mistaken, but I thought Nathan was there when I was. For the I conference. think Nathan was, I, I'm, I'm positive Nathan was there when I uh, when I met with him. Right. I, and, and my question was probably poorly, poorly worded. But okay. what I was asking is after the conference and whatever consulting you might have done. Yes. Did Miss Willis or Mr. DeSantis bring up the name Nathan Wade? as a special prosecutor? I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't recall one. I mean, Nathan is a good organizer. Uh, you know, Nathan can organize stuff. I've watched him over the years. Uh, so I wasn't surprised that he was acting as a special prosecutor. And Mr. DeSantis, for the record, who was that? Jeff DeSantis? Jeff. Jeff DeSantis. Do you know who he is? Oh, yes. Could you tell us who he is for the record? Uh, Jeff works in the DA's office. I knew him when he worked for Thurbert Baker. Do uh, you know what his, what his role in the DA's office is? I, I have no earthly idea. Is he in media? Does that sound familiar? He has, he has done media in the past. Jeff uh, has generally been, a, I, I like Jeff, and I'm very close to him, but he's generally been on the other side of my campaign. <laughs> All right, so we're talking... The best of your recollection, conference, we don't have the date. I'm asking if you could possibly get it. But the conference you have, Mr. Wade could have been there. Yes, I'm almost sure he was there. And Ms. Willis, obviously. And Mr. DeSantis was there. I think Mr. DeSantis was, too. And, and as far as whether there was anyone else there, you I, don't have I don't a present know. recollection. No. Okay. Next time, next time, I'll take a picture, so I'll have an exact. Uh... Next time, hopefully, we, you won't have to be here. Well, hopefully not. Thank you, sir. All right, All right Mr. Stockton. No questions, Dallas. Thank you. Mr. Durham? No questions, Your Honor. Mr. McDougall? No questions for the governor, Your Honor. Mr. Rice? No questions, Your Honor. Mr. Gillen? I've been waiting for this for <laughs> years. Uh, I couldn't give up the chance getting up here, Governor. Good to see you again. Good to see you, Craig. We've done some work in the past together, haven't we? I consider you to be one of my best friends and a crackerjack lawyer. Well, I will say to you uh, on the record that I can understand why they came to see you because you're the finest lawyer that I've ever worked with. Thank you. 
I need to put you in the next day. Yeah, there you go. We'll get that. But uh, uh, one or two more questions. Uh, okay. You and I working together when it, the appropriate when it's appropriate. Um, there's you know, we've had no qualms about filing motions to disqualify the DA, have we? No. Matter of fact, you and I successfully disqualified the DA out in Cobb County in the Brown case, didn't we? We did. So whatever needs to be done should you be done. You represent your client. You got that. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Couture, are you still with us by Zoom? I am, Your Honor. All right. Any questions? No, sir. All right. And Mr. Cromwell for Ms. Latham? No, no questions, Your Honor. All right. Any redirect, Mr. Abadi? I got it. Can this witness be excused? Yes, Your Honor. Thank you. Is there you. a way that we could potentially ask through you for that date if you did it? The, issue, the question is you want the exact date that the meeting occurred? And I'm wondering if we can, if it's if it's really material, the exact date rather than just its proximity to the November 1st hiring. Is that fair? If he knows whether it was far earlier in the year versus maybe closer, would that obviate the need for the exact date? We can't get the exact date for it. It'll take the best we can get. Okay, let's start there. All right. Uh, let, me, so let me, yeah. I think, well, look right. It may take care of it for us just well, if we hold in place I'm here. Not, I'm not sure I have this. Uh, Well, let me try this first, uh, Governor Barnes, before you uh, do a deep dive in the uh, in the email there. Do you recall what time of year it was when this meeting occurred? I'm afraid not. Okay. I, I mean, you know, uh, you you know how this is. The day, the cases and the days moved together. I had a fellow a few years ago that said I represented him in 1978. I told him I'd take his word for it. You wouldn't do that if it was a question of him saying he just age. No, I would not. Uh, I will tell you, I believe lawyers should be well paid, Mr. Sada. <laughs> all right, so sir, that's something I'll, I'll have to look. It didn't come up right here. Okay. Uh, all right, we'll ask this witness to step down subject to recall. And, and that might be something the state can present with stipulation as well. All right, thank you, sir. Do we have an update on Mr. Bradley? His lawyer should be here. Um, he's probably outside, but I'm going to check. Okay. The last estimation I heard was about 11.30. Okay. If that's still the case, then uh, Ms. Cross, did you have another witness available? But having brought over, it's Mr. John Floyd, not the special prosecutor, John Floyd. John Floyd, um, is District Attorney Willis's father. Okay. And, and is he heading this way? Yes. All right. Annie's daddy's coming. I think it's fair, Kyle, but somebody needs to prosecute. 
those uh, crimes she admitted, and that's where we run into into problems. Is actually uh, having somebody go after corruption and prosecuted appropriately. While we're waiting, some folks were asking about Fanny. So if you missed it this morning, they did not recall her to the stand. The uh, her attorneys had no questions for her, so she's dismissed. We we don't we don't get Fanny back, unfortunately. And they've mentioned. Uh, Mr. Bradley, Mr. Bradley is Nathan Wade's business partner that they claimed yesterday they were going to recall. So we should expect to see him again, she said, about 1130, which is in 14 minutes. And then uh, they also mentioned Mr. Floyd, who is Fannie Willis's father. So uh, we, we, we get a couple exciting testimonies coming up here, I think. Uh, right now it's hurry up and wait, though. Somebody earlier said the... Uh, it's the the sound of billable hours, and I think that's a fact. Mr. Ward, we're just holding in place for Taking witnesses out of order, do you have any update on, updates on Mr. Bradley? Yes, uh, so he uh, is still in this appointment. This may last a few more hours. However, uh, he's going to make himself available for Zoom if that's possible. That would be the quickest and easiest way in order for him to provide his testimony. All right. Ms. Merchant. I was outside looking for them. <laughs> sure. We found them. I'm sorry. So uh, he is asked whether uh, the defendants uh, would accept his testimony by Zoom. As long as I can show him documents, if he needs his memory refreshed, um, then that's fine. It, it, it's not because it is not. Yeah, I, the, the state would have an objection to this witness not appearing in person. Understood. All right, uh, Mr. Ward, uh, I think we're going to need continual updates from you and also some kind of expectation of what this afternoon yeah. is going to look like. I was never informed of a medical appointment, and I think the, the notice in this hearing indicated it would last at least two days. So right now, I, I, I think he's in violation of subpoena, of his subpoena. I believe that the, uh, the council was uh, uh, given notice of his uh, doctor's appointment. He missed one yesterday. Um, he, he took the stand yesterday and really was hoping to be able to finish his testimony yesterday. Uh, he stayed here all day. Um, uh, this appointment started at 9. Uh, it's out of his control with regards to... Um, Again, the issues involved with it, as well as um, uh, you know, being able to be in two places at one time. And, and I'm just trying to get more. Of, I mean, we initially been told maybe it was going to be nine thirty and ten. Do we have any better idea to get a realistic expectation of when we think we can have him here? Um, if, if 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 it's uh, your honor's uh, uh, will wish, we can just tell him to come on in, and he'd have to go back to us. He'd just have to go back to us with uh, his appointment. Is he is he 
you know, without getting too much into the particulars, has he already been seen by the doctor and he's waiting for results or is he still waiting to be seen by a doctor? I'm just, you know, I'm both. He's been consulting with his doctor and they're, and they're waiting for uh, results. And after he gets those results, he was supposed to have another meeting with them today as well. Um, but potentially that meeting could occur later. After they're, after, uh, they're able to, uh, to figure out uh, the purpose of the actual appointment. Okay, if you if you can uh, get any kind of an update on how much time they think that those results are going to take, if it's more than an hour or two, I think we would want to start bringing him here, and he can have that follow up consultation later. All right, thank you, sir. Did your honor want to take up the one point six motion? Or uh, at this point, I think we've got something else that can occupy our time, and I think we need to move forward with that. All right. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't learn about the appointment. Right. Okay. Understood. Uh, Ms. Cross. Yes, sir. Mr. Bate will then call Mr. John Floyd. Mr. Floyd, if you could have a uh, seat, sir. This is Fanny's daddy. May I approach the witness quickly? Just Thank you. I do. Would you please state the spell your full name for the court? My name is John Clifford Floyd III. Say good morning, sir. Good morning. Can you uh, tell the court, um, are you currently retired? Yes, I am. And uh, prior to uh, being retired, uh, can you tell the court a little bit about, uh, did you work in the, the legal uh, career? Um, uh, I was with Attorney, I practice law. I've probably tried a thousand cases. Uh, about 50% of my practice was criminal law, 25% of it was uh, family law, and the rest was whatever walked through the front door could pay for it. Okay. And um, one second, governor's come back. He might have I to. Uh, my calendar shows it was October 26, 2021. All right. And would defense counsel accept it as a stipulation or do, is there any follow-up questioning needed on that? Mr. Barnes is still uh, considered under oath on this point. All right. I'll just look for a show of hands or for someone to speak now on Zoom and hearing none. Thank you, sir. You're excused. And um, sir, can you uh, tell the court, are you from Atlanta? No, I grew up in uh, South Central Los Angeles. Uh, I spent uh, most of my legal career, I would say in Washington, DC was kind of the circle, but I've tried cases all over the country and I tried the longest, uh, I was the first uh, lawyer to try an international criminal court. I was with the International Criminal Tribunal for Rwanda. I was in trial there for four and a half years in Arusha, Tanzania and Hague in the Netherlands. Okay. When, when you weren't there, it sounds like your kind of center of gravity was Washington, D.C. Correct, but I've tried cases in West Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, Florida, I mean, California. All yes. yes. And uh, do you, uh, sir, can you tell the court, uh, do you have any children? <laughs> I have one daughter, uh, Fonnie Willis. Okay. And um, I want to direct your attention uh, back to 2019, okay? Uh, yes. Back in 2019, uh, can you tell the court, uh, did you move uh, here to Atlanta? I was living in uh, Johannesburg, South uh, South Africa, 
Um, and unfortunately, for some reasons, I could not get an extended visa. When I retired from the practice of law in 2018, I moved to South Africa. And uh, I had to leave South Africa. And I did then come to Atlanta. Okay, and do you, sir, uh, remember about uh, the time period uh, in 2019 uh, when you uh, moved in with your daughter here in Atlanta? It would have been the spring or summer of 2019. And um, after you moved here, um, did you uh, get a driver's license to kind of confirm your residency with yeah. Atlanta? <laughs> well, my driver's license for the District of Columbia was going to expire on my birthday, which is in October. And yes, I did get a license here in uh, the state of uh, Georgia. John, may I approach the witness? Okay. If people just take a look at what's been uh, market state. Okay, Your Honor, would you, if you don't mind, um, my eyes are very bad, which is one of the reasons I retired. And so I need um, a magnifying glass. So I'll be Whatever constantly. You Thank you. Yes, I, I see it was issued on 928. 2019. Okay. So before we get there, um, do you uh, do you recognize State's Exhibit 2? Yes, just my driver's license. Okay. And um, is State's Exhibit 2 a fair and accurate copy of your uh, physical driver's license? Absolutely. Uh, this time around, the state would tender what's been marked as State's Exhibit 2 into evidence? No uh, Seeing no other objections, it's submitted. State's Exhibit 2 is submitted for the record. Now, uh, Ms. And for the record, Your Honor, um, the state is going to supplement State's Exhibit 2 with a redacted copy of the license. Um, the current copy is not redacted with the address and things of that. Nature. All right, and do we need to mark that differently in any way? I will mark it as State's Exhibit 2A. Perfect. Uh, now, uh, you talked about when your driver's license uh, was issued. Can you tell the court, um, when was that driver's license here, uh, your Georgia driver's license issued? It was uh, on 9-28-2019. Uh, on okay, so September 28, 2019. Now, when you moved into um, District Attorney Willis's home. Um, who lived there? Well, my daughter lived there. I lived there, and from time to time, uh, our grandchildren would uh, my grandchildren would would come. Okay. And uh, did your grandchildren were they at school coming and going? As exactly. Uh, I think um, they were in school in various uh, jurisdictions. And during the time, how long did you live? Um, at or with Miss Willison um, at her home here uh, in Fulton County? She was forced to move after she was elected about, I mean, I don't know if you want me to go through the whole thing, but that, uh, Your Honor, if Your Honor will indulge me. Um, after she was sworn in, she was sworn in on January 1 of uh, 2021. And on or about the 3rd of February, um, at probably 5, 5.30 a.m. in the morning, um, there were people outside her house uh, cursing and yelling and calling her the B word and the N word. And just, I mean, it was bizarre, okay? I mean, it just- Sorry, pause, pause, sir. Mr. Abani, here's the objection to you. Well, he, I would say it's effect on listener. I mean, he was present while all of these things were occurring. It's 
but I can. No, no, I, that's. And he's saying he was personally present to hear these things. Yes. Okay. Overall. Okay. And um, fortunately, the neighbors uh, called the police and uh, disbanded. Uh, you know, disbanded the group, and you know, it was just. Uh, I mean, it was just. I hadn't seen anything exactly like it before. Okay. And after that happened, uh, can you tell uh, the court um, that Miss Willis would have to move from her home? Yes, she was forced to, to leave. Okay. And um, can you tell the court uh, after she was forced to leave, uh, shortly after she was uh, sworn in, uh, did you remain at her, her home in Fulton County? Yes, I stayed there uh, really until uh, 2022, I guess. And um, from what you described, uh, did you fear for her safety? Absolutely. I mean, um, not only did I do that, I mean, the uh, South uh, Fulton police, uh, they had they brought somebody, a man with a dog, because there have been so many death threats. Uh, uh, and they said they were going to blow up the house. They were going to kill her. They were going to kill me. They were going to kill my grandchildren. I mean, on and on and on. It just uh, it became and I was concerned for her safety. After those concerns came to your your attention, and after what you heard and saw uh, that that day, uh, you remained at the house. Yes. And can you tell the court um, with what you just described? Why did you remain uh, living at Miss uh, the district attorney's home here in Fulton County? I don't see how this is relevant, Mr. Bowie. I believe it's relevant based on uh, a lot of the questions that were asked yesterday of Miss Willis as to um, about this. The security threat and the fact that um, it was implied that those threats were not necessarily um, real in the sense that Mr. Uh, Floyd remained in the home. There were many questions about the fact that he remained and her children uh, could still come and go to the house. I think it's relevant based to the testimony that was elicited from defense counsels uh, yesterday. Overruled. Well, these um, South Fulton police, first they put a car in front of the house that was there permanently, um, a police car. That was thing one. Thing two, they brought a person uh, with a dog sometimes more than uh, once a day, twice a day, and they would circle the house to look for, for bombs. Um, I knew that that was a house that my daughter had worked for. for it was a brand new house. She's the only one who had ever lived there. It's a four-bedroom, brand-new house. And I wanted to, somebody needed to protect the house. And I stayed there to basically take care of the house, uh, to take care of the yard, to take care of that. Also, somebody sprayed, um, um, again, the B word and the N word on the house. And I don't think my daughter even knew that. Uh, I cleaned it off and called the police and South uh, Fulton police. They have, I'm sure, all the records of all the things that happened. And all of the neighbors, uh, I notified all the neighbors to look out and to watch out. And it was just, it was so crazy. I mean, it was just so crazy. We'd have people would show up in, in park car. There was a guy parked for probably eight hours out in front of the, the house. Uh, you know, it was just, and we'd call the police and, you know. Now, uh, at the time that you uh, lived there with Miss Willis and, um, and I took us, even when you remain. So during the time period of 2019 to uh, the end of uh, 2020, uh, are you aware um, if Miss Willis uh, was dating someone? 
Yeah, she she did. She had she had a boyfriend when I first got there. And uh, did you meet uh, her boyfriend? Yeah, I met him often. Okay, and can you, did you know him by any specific uh, specific nickname? Yeah, Deuce. Okay. okay. Can you tell the court um, why you were living there? Um, how often would you see him? Sometimes every day, sometimes, you know, every other day. He uh, uh, was a disc jockey or something, and he had all this paraphernalia that, that I'd have to move out. It was, a you know, a thing with the keyboard, I mean, uh, things that play music and so forth and so on. So. Now, when you moved in uh, in 2019 and then throughout the years uh, in uh, your 2020, 2021, had you ever... Um, met someone named Nathan Wade? I did not meet Nathan Wade until 2023, about a year ago when a reporter by the name of Isakoff interviewed me. I met him, that was the first time I had met him. You said that was in 2023? 2023, right. And I know you said you hadn't met him uh, until uh, 2023, but when you were living at Miss um, Willis's house in Fulton County, uh, did you ever meet Mr. Wade in uh, the year 2019? Absolutely not. How about in the year 2020? Absolutely not. Did you ever see Mr. Wade at Miss uh, Willis's uh, Fulton County house in the year two, uh, 2021? Never. And is it your testimony that the only time or the first time uh, that you met Mr. Wade was in uh, 2023? Let me say something. Mr. Wade said that he remembers seeing me, and I do remember some banter. I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity, and there's kind of this thing that goes on between fraternities, and Mr. Wade is a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. They, you know, so they, I do remember there was some kind of banter when my daughter was sworn in to be district attorney between me and a couple of guys, and he said he remembers me. I don't remember him. And um, prior to uh, that experience that you're talking about, uh, as well as, uh, I guess, your official meeting in 2023. Had you ever even heard his name? No, never. I don't think I have any further questions, Your Honor. Ms. Merchant. Fine, how are you, counsel? Good, thank you. Just got a couple questions. Um, on Monday, we heard you were in California. Do you have a place in California? <laughs> People always ask me about where do I live. I guess I'm I live right here at sitting in this seat right now. But yes, the answer is I have place in Los Angeles. Okay, you do. All right. Uh, so do you share time or split time no, between Los Angeles and Georgia? Actually, I'm working on a documentary film and I'm supposed to be being filmed, not for this trial, but I'm supposed to be being filmed right now. It was planned and we had to stop it because they asked me to come here. But um the the answer is I'm working on a documentary and I'm I'll be in California until I finish the documentary if we don't have another actor strike and we don't have an, another writer strike. So do you you own property in California? No, I don't. I live with a, a friend of mine. You live with a friend of yours. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And when did you first move? Um, well, let me let me qualify with the dates. Did you spend any time in 2019 in California? No. And the reason I didn't is that when I first came here, the answer is no, I did not. 
what happened was COVID. Once COVID hit, um, that, uh, I mean, I was just paralyzed. I couldn't go anyplace. I couldn't go anything. I mean, I'm a theater buff. I used to go to theater at least once a week. But when COVID hit, I just couldn't. I couldn't go to the dentist, which I need to do. Well, you know, I just, uh, it was just a thing. So I was just stuck. I was just stuck there. I may be wrong, but I believe COVID hit in 2020. So I was asking about 2019. In 2019, did you spend any time in California? Before COVID was even here in the United States. Remember, I lived in South Africa and I've traveled the world. I knew COVID was coming before. I knew COVID was around before. They may have announced it in, in 20, but in fact, I knew about it and I knew what was happening uh, in 19. Okay, so so let's let's walk through 2019 then. You said you moved here in September. So No, I didn't say that. I moved here probably prior to September. In September is when I got the driver's license. I probably moved in the springtime. I'm sorry, you did. You said spring, summer. I see that in my notes. Um, so spring, summer 2019 is when you moved here. So up until spring, summer 2019, where did you live? I lived in Johannesburg. Well, I lived in Washington, D.C., 2018. I had planned to retire for the rest of my life in South Africa. I had worked for uh, Nelson Mandela and the Free Mandela and getting that. And someone I'd gone to law school, he had located there after Mandela was freed from prison and became president. I was going to live there for the rest of my life, but unfortunately, because of political reasons, I could not stay in South Africa, and I was forced, in a sense, to come back to the United States. So let's just focus in on the period from, let's see, let's let's just start with October 2019, okay? We'll call that the relevant period. October 2019 until the end of 2019. Were you in Georgia every single day of that year? Absolutely. So now let's move to 2020, okay? And every single day, before I move on, every single day in 2019, you slept at your daughter's house, correct? That's correct. Okay. So let's start in 2020, all right? So 2020, the entire year, did you travel anywhere? No. You didn't travel at all that year? Not, no. So, and I didn't go to the movies, which upset me also. Um, so that entire year, 2020, you remained here in Georgia? Right. In 2021, did you do any traveling? No. Okay. So when did you move back, or when did you start this documentary film in Los Angeles? What I had been doing uh, to occupy time as I was writing my own memoir. Uh, as I delved into my family background, I discovered something, and that's what got me to working on the documentary. So I want you to understand what was going on in my uh, life. Um, I pitched my, I have a movie script called Bad Blood. Uh, I have a movie script trying to sell. So I tried to sell that. And I just happened to mention something that happened during the civil rights movement. Uh, SNCC, um, um, it's called the SNCC Five. Uh, the uh, legendary uh, Peter Fitzsimmons uh, was interested. And so uh, with Peter Fitzsimmons and Leah Smith, uh, we're now doing the documentary. So I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but I, what I was asking was when you moved to Los Angeles, not what you moved there. Well, you keep saying moved. Um, I haven't moved to Los Angeles. 
I spent more time in California in Oakland, if you really want to just be because uh, Peter uh, is basically San Francisco based. So we're working on the documentary. Okay. Um, I was in Los Angeles because I was going to the Pan-African Film Festival. And that's why we were there. And the way Hollywood works is, you know, when you make connections and film festivals are a place to try to sell ideas and meet people and organize things. Um, you still own property in Washington, D.C., correct? No, no, I, I don't. You don't own property at 1467 Roxana Road, Northwest? That's where I used to live. That's where you used to live. Did right. you own that property? Yes. Okay. And um, you owned that property when you moved here in 2019? Yes. And you owned it in 2020, correct? Well, <laughs> that were you now you talk about a very complicated issue. I left the property. There was a dispute between me and I had gotten a reverse mortgage company. And uh, there was a dispute between me and the diver that. And I just, uh, I walked away from it. Okay. You walked away from it with almost $300,000. Yeah. What is the relevance of that? Um, where he lived and registered to vote. That's what they brought in. So that's. Why is the money he got from the uh, sale relevant at all? Um, it's the only proof I have of that he owned that address. So I can move on though. Okay. Um, when did you sell that property? I didn't. The reverse mortgage company took it. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so in 2019, when you when you got your driver's license here, yes. the next day you registered to vote, correct? I think it may have been the same day, but maybe it was the next day. I don't remember. But you didn't own property here in Georgia that day? No, I was living uh, with my daughter. Um. You said that you met Mr. Wade, that you remember you met in 2023, right? That was the first time you right. remember? Okay. And and I wasn't really clear. You said something about meeting him. Was it with Mr. Isakoff or did Mr. Isakoff tell you? No, I was being interviewed by Mr. Isakoff. Okay. Um, and he walked in and I I met him. That was the first time. He 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 walked into the office. and Where were you being interviewed? At the district attorney's office. And Mr. Wade walked into that interview? Yes. And um, so you're, so Ms. Willis had not told you about Mr. Wade prior to that. Absolutely not. So she didn't tell you anything about their relationship before you met him that day. No. Um, but Mr. Wade remembers meeting you in 2020. He said that at my daughter's swearing in, I do remember that we having some banner about fraternities, but other than that. Oh, at your daughter's swearing in. Okay. Right. That's all I have. Just one moment, Judge. Nothing else. Thank you. Morning, sir. Good morning. How are you, Counsel? I'm fine. Um, I'll try to ask you some specific questions if we could, okay? And I'll give specific answers if I can. Perfect. Okay. The driver's license address, I'm not going to publish. That is State's Exhibit Number 2. but is the address on that driver's license the home that you're referring to as your daughter's in South Fulton? Absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> and it was unclear to me, maybe no one else, but it's unclear to me, when did you stop living at what I would call your daughter's home in South Fulton? Things got so bad 
and threats got so many, even against uh, me, that the house became basically uninhabitable. Um, you know, I got tired of sleeping in one room one day and one that. I would say December of uh, of uh, 2022, something like that. December so, of 2022. Right. That's that's about right. Yeah. Now, let me change and go back for another date. You had indicated, and I didn't hear it. When was your daughter, Miss Willis, when was she sworn in as district attorney? On January 1, 2021. Okay. And did you indicate that there was an incident, and I know you've described it, was that incident on February the 3rd, 2021? That's my best recollection. Okay. So my question then is, after February 3rd of 2021, how much longer did Miss Willis stay at the house before she moved somewhere else? Very short period of time. And I cannot be precise, but I would bet all the money I ever made, uh, it wouldn't wasn't more than a month and a half, if that long. Okay, so we're talking about Best of your recollection, end of February into the beginning of March, give or take, of 2021, when Miss Willis would have moved to a different location. Exactly. Okay. And did Miss Willis return to the house, that is the house that you were in, at any point in time that you can remember? From time to time, she and her security might show up for her to pick something up or take something or something, okay. but she always would be come with her security. Okay. My question was poorly worded. I apologize. Did she come back permanently to her house? Oh, absolutely not. Okay, absolutely so, not. So as far as you're, you're aware, that once Miss Willis left the house, her house, South Fulton House, so the record's clear, uh, in either late February or into to March of 2021, best of your recollection, she's not returned to that home to live. No, she, no, it, uh, it, uh, it became uninhabitable. Um, I mean, it just, you know, I mean, Okay. I would ha have to walk around that house looking out of every window. Um, I'd have, I I made a, a habit of having to walk around the whole house. I got lights so that if somebody would come at night in the back, so that those kinds of you know, reflecting lights, I, I had those put up. Uh, I, you I, know, I don't you know, again, yeah, okay. all I was interested in is whether she had ever returned. No, the answer is no. Okay. Now, when Miss Willis, when your daughter left the home, time period, end of February, beginning of March, give or take 2021, do you know where she moved to? No, and I didn't want to know. I intentionally did not want to know because I was not, you know, if somebody stuck a gun to my head and I could tell them I wasn't going to tell them anyway, I'd have made up something, but I didn't want to know. Okay, so would it be fair to say that if you didn't want to know, you never visited her? at the place that she moved to? Oh, I never did. Never did. N never did. Okay. Do you know how long she stayed at the first place that she went to after she left her house before she moved to a second place? What I know, and this is hearsay counsel, uh, is that my daughter has had to move something like four times. But do you know any potential? No, I don't know any, any place. I was taken one time for Christmas Day I've only seen my daughter, and this is very hard for me to say, but during the period my daughter left, I've only seen my my daughter 13 times because I can't, and we've never seen each other more than maybe three hours because of 
you know, the nightmare threats against uh, her and me. And I, and I understand that. And, and from the perspective of being a father myself, I understand what that means. So I'm going to move away from that. I was just trying to get an idea of date wise. Okay. So let me try to get one more date in 2023, when you were being interviewed by one of the gentlemen that wrote the book at the DA's office and Mr. Wade came in, can you give us other than 2023, what the date would be? I'm sorry. I can't counsel. How about spring, summer, any idea? I would guess spring or summer, uh, but I, I, I can't, okay. I don't, I'm sorry. And you've already indicated, at least to your recollection, that was the first time that you'd met Mr. Wade. Oh, absolutely. Okay. That, I'm not, not arguing with you about that. I want to go to Ms. Willis's boyfriend that you referenced. Okay. You met Ms. Willis's boyfriend, as you've characterized it, when you came here in 2019. Correct. And you met him uh, on one occasion, several occasions? Oh, uh, no. I saw him often. Oh, so you mean there was no secret that she was dating this man? Not from me. Not from you. And not, he was, a again, he was a disc jockey of some kind. I think he had a government job during the day. I don't know what it was. But uh, apparently uh, he would uh, do weddings and so forth and so on. He was a disc jockey, play music. So he had all his, all his stuff was always in the way. And I was always having to try to push it aside. And, you know, anyway. But Ms. Willis, your daughter didn't keep him from you, correct? No. No, I mean. There was no doubt. He I mean, we lived in, my daughter and I lived in the same house. I mean, I, you know, it, he came and went, you know. Right. Um, now, when did you learn that your daughter had a romantic personal relationship with Mr. Wade? Well, about seven weeks ago when it, as a matter of fact, I've, uh, uh, I, I just found out when other folks found out. Okay. But that is your daughter, as I understand it never told you one time in the year of 2022 that she was dating Mr. Wade, correct? That's correct. Uh, and until recently, you didn't know from anyone, including your daughter, that she dated Mr. Wade, correct? That's correct. That is, whatever the uh, relationship is between father and daughter, uh, she kept that a secret from you, correct? Correct. That's all I need to know. Mr. Stockton. No. Good morning, Mr. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Counselor. When your daughter moved or left the house that she owned, did did she say anything to you about having a large uh, savings of cash? Oh, no, she, oh, no. See, maybe, excuse me, and I, Your Honor, I'm not trying to be racist, okay? But it's a black thing, okay? You know, I was trained, and most black folks, they hide cash or they keep cash. And uh, I was, no, I train, you always keep some cash because uh, I've been places, and just because of the color of my skin, for example, I, took a fellowship at Harvard when my daughter was just a, a if I might, Your Honor, if I might, when I was just, uh, she was just, you know, maybe three years old. And I remember going to a restaurant in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I had a American Express credit card and 
maybe a visa or whatever. And uh, I had a lot of um, what they call traveler's checks. I don't even know if they still have traveler's checks, but traveler's checks. And there was a sign said, you know, with the credit card, for whatever reasons, the man would not take my American Express credit card. So I pulled out my visa card and he wouldn't take my visa card. So then I pulled out my traveler's checks. He said, we don't take checks. Now, this was these were traveler's checks. This was money. I had a $10 bill. I'll never forget this as long as I live. And uh, he said, uh, uh, the bill for my wife at the time, uh, Fonny's mother, Fonny and myself, was like $9.95. And I had a $10 bill. That was all that. And I always remember that. Um, but even before that, I've always kept cash, I, you know, and I've told my daughter, you keep six months worth of cash always. For example, I had three safes in my house. Uh, I put some of my clients stuff there, too, uh, things I didn't want other lawyers to be. I mean, because you're always in a firm and I knew that there were special conditions. So some of my clients things I would bring home, put them in the safe. But I've always kept safes. And as a matter of fact, I gave my daughter uh, her first cash box and told her, always keep some cash. So is that a yes? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's all I got, Judge. Mr. Durham. No questions. Mr. McDougald. Thank you. Mr. Rice. No questions, Your Honor. Mr. Gillen. It's still morning. Good morning, sir. <laughs> Good morning, Council. How are you? Just fine. Just a few questions following up. Uh, when uh, you were talking about when you learned about uh, Mr. Wade and, and your daughter, correct? Correct. Now, did did your daughter tell you in around October of 2022 that she had gone on a Caribbean cruise with Mr. Wade to uh, the uh, Bahamas? The answer is I knew that my daughter had gone, but I did not know who she went with or what the circumstances were. So I knew that she had gone out of town, but I didn't know with whom. I see. And did she tell you uh, in November of 2022 that she had gone to Aruba uh, and stayed at a, uh, a Hyatt Regency resort there in Aruba for three days? With Mr. Wade, did she tell you the, that? The, the answer was again. I knew she went out of town. I didn't even know where she went. I knew she was going out of town. She told me she was going out of town. I think she might have said she's going out of the country or something. She'd be gone. But other than that, that was all. Okay. And did she tell you uh, in March of, of uh, 2023 that she was going to Belize for several days with Mr. Wade? Uh, the it's the same answer that uh, I knew she she would tell me she was going out of town. Uh, and uh, she may or may not have told me where she was going, but she'd be gone for a couple of days. Okay. Now, in 2023, you were uh, you were uh, in many days. You would be out in California, correct? Some days I'd be in California, correct? Okay. Well, did she tell you uh, in May of 2023 that she was traveling to the to Napa Valley with Mr. Wade, so maybe y'all could see each other when she visited California with Mr. Wade? Uh, the answer is no. And so the first time that you ever met Mr. Wade or learned about Mr. Wade, uh, to your recollection, was in 2023? That's correct. Uh, that's all I have, Your Honor. Thank you. Mr. Kucherov. On Zoom. Yes, Your Honor, just a couple quick questions. Good morning, sir. I know I can't see you. 
I can't see you either, but we, uh, we take a moment. We good can, morning, Council. We take a moment. Uh, let's just pause, see if we can change the screens to show Mr. Kachura. Sorry. Your Honor, I'm on a uh, I'm on a phone, so it's kind of difficult. Can you turn your screen on though? I'm trying to. Does that work? Just to hold one more moment. All right, there we go. You can proceed, Mr. Kutrev. Uh, sir, you seem to know about the issue of cash in this transaction. You said it was a black thing. How did you know that the cash was going to be an issue in this testimony? Because I was asked for it and I was prepped by the lawyers and they asked me about it. Uh, <laughs> what else? And, and did you speak with Mr. Wade about your testimony? No. Did you speak with your daughter about your testimony? She may have been present when the lawyers were. I just, I, I really don't remember. If Mr. Wade and your daughter were dating, you wouldn't have known that unless your daughter told you. What are you, I, I'm, maybe I'm not understanding your question, counsel. So maybe you want to restate, What's, what, what is it that you're asking me? Yeah, if it wasn't clear, I can re-ask the question. I'll, I'll rephrase it. Yeah, right, Mr. yeah, Wade, please do. If Mr. Wade and your daughter were dating, you wouldn't have known that unless your daughter told you. I did not know that they were dating. And what were you talking about the cash? I didn't know that, uh, I, I don't know what you're, what you're asking me. What I told my child, from the time she was a child, is always have some money. Always have some money. If you go on a date so that people don't try to stick you and you want to leave whoever, always keep some cash, okay? Mr. Floyd, I, I, you answered the question that the attorneys prepped you for that, so that's all I wanted to know. Anything else, Mr. Kutureff? <clears throat> that's it, Your Honor. All right, uh, Mr. Cromwell. No questions, Your Honor. Mr. Abadi? Your Honor, just be followed. Uh, Mr. Floyd. Now, it wasn't common for your daughter to confide in you about her romantic life at all. No, uh, <laughs> and I didn't, I haven't confided in her about mine before when I had one, okay? Hate him. And you wouldn't have known about her boyfriend. That hey, Jeff. Is that an objection? Uh, I think that might have just been a still off mute. Okay. Let's keep going. Now, uh, you wouldn't have known about her boyfriend, uh, the disc jockey, had you not been living with her, correct? That's correct. Uh, all out, uh, overruled. I have nothing further. Did he, did he answer the question? He said, okay. he said that. All right, by show of hands, any uh, redirect on those points only. Ms. Merchant. Um, I just wanted to know when, when you were prepped by the lawyers, when this prep session was. I just got off the plane on, I get, what was it, Tuesday night? I think I was probably drooling at the mouth. I was so tired. I, so it must have been, I got in Wednesday. It must have been Wednesday. Okay. And um, did you talk about any of the testimony from yesterday or watch any news reports or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. You can't cut the TV on without seeing this. The first, first thing, and I listened to conservative radio a lot, and, you know, last night for five hours, all they talked about was this case. 
So you were aware of what the testimony your daughter gave yesterday was. Yeah. I, I mean, how could, I mean, unless you don't cut the radio on, unless you don't cut the television on, unless you don't read the AJC or any other, the New York Times or whatever, which I do every day, yeah, of course. Um, so is it fair to say nobody instructed you that you were under the rule of sequestration? Right. And I'm, I'm not under subpoena either. Thank you. All right. Anything else? Seeing and hearing none. Thank you, Mr. Floyd. Thank you very much, Your Honor. It's a pleasure to appear in front of you, Your Honor. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, Ms. Cross, let me check in. Was the state planning to call additional witnesses? Uh, not at this time, Your Honor. We're being, trying to accommodate if there's a, a last sure. schedule to um, be able to this afternoon. But right now, that was our last witness. Okay. So even if Mr. Bradley testifies to some extent, it's still the potential that the state has no further witnesses? I anticipate at least one more will be available this afternoon, um, but that that would be it. Okay, so there are potentially more state's witnesses. All right. Before we move on, I'd move to strike the last witness's testimony because of violation of the rule of sequestration. All right, so uh, I think the rule is invoked and the instruction was uh, for the parties to tell all witnesses subpoenaed or expected to appear about the rule. I don't think the remedy is necessarily striking. I think it can go also to this credibility as well. So to that extent, uh, I'll, unless Ms. Cross, you want something else to be heard on that, um, point is made. All right. Um, do we have an update for Mr. Bradley? Yeah, he should be here at uh, 12.20, Okay. Then what I think we should do is have these preliminary conversations about privilege see if we can make any headway and then take our uh, take our afternoon break. So to that and counselors, I don't know if you just want to argue in place there or go to the table, whatever makes you comfortable. But uh, Mr. Chopra, I think uh, maybe it was relayed to you since you weren't in the court earlier this morning. Uh, we'd had some initial conversations about the distinction between the privilege and Rule 1.6, and it sounded like you wanted to be heard on that. Your Honor, um, it was brought to my attention, not apologize because I don't have Thanks. What do you need? Well, a copy of the case in front of me would be helpful, but it's not necessary. It would just take me a second um, to keep looking at my phone to respond to the four. Whatever you need to do. Um, Your Honor, I believe case report in anticipation of piercing the rule of 1.6 is owns pointing fiberglass versus American centennial. Is that correct? It's difficult hearing counsel. Could you? Yeah. There's a microphone there at the jury box. You can try to hear what he's saying. Thank you. Either try to lift that microphone up and speak in the jury box or make your way over to the podium or table. Sorry. Is that and, any better? All right. And no, that was a uh, that was authority provided by Mr. Sadow over uh, our morning recess. And I think that was indicated to go more towards a potential uh, crime fraud argument. I don't think we've really gotten there yet. It's not crime fraud per se. It's the same notion. Um, it's fraud on the court, different proposition. Okay. But yes, and to attorney-client privilege waiver, right. 1.6 confidential and secrets waiver. The, the case that I had uh, cited to this morning showing the distinction between the two was tenant health care. <clears throat> so that's where we were on the threshold issue. Did you have something that you wanted to address on that? I've not been able to review that, Your Honor. I was unfortunately unaware. All right, Mr. Ward, your co-counsel with Mr. Bradley? 
I'm here in that capacity. Remind me why you are here. I'm here that's just assisting. I'm here just assisting with the, with Mr. Bradley uh, and, and assisting with uh, the council, his council. Okay, so you are co-counsel on this. Oh, this morning, this morning when you were asking where he was, uh, I had to make sure everybody knew um, that's what I was doing, just informing you. Okay. Oh, this is uh, the judge is saying his tenant. Yeah. Right, and the citation for that is 273 Georgia 206. Judge, um, and I'll give you time to review that. In the meantime, uh, what other things that you want me to know? And perhaps at this point, we just take our break now, unless you also want to talk about the questionings that are provided by Ms. Merchant, seeing if there's any, again, anything we can achieve. So that I can be clear, it is apparent that at this point, we're going to go into whether or not 1.6 provides privilege for Mr. Wade, even though he has specifically stated that he does not waive that privilege. Therefore, it would be incumbent upon the court to issue an order to demand that Mr. Bradley over and above the privilege afforded in 1.6 is required to testify. Is that correct? That's right. That's what we covered this morning. And so I would ask the court, is the court then going to travel under the fraud exception? We haven't quite gotten there. We haven't decided whether uh, attorney-client privilege uh, applies. I think there are some other things that we would have to do to, I think we were just, we got held up yesterday on 1.6. Uh, as I understood it, I was waiting to hear from you whether we are now beyond that. And then if attorney, if we're in the land of attorney-client privilege and only attorney-client privilege, so Rule 505, then I think Mr. Sadal has some arguments on crime fraud. And I think there's also just the general arguments of does it exist? Were certain statements in furtherance? Does Mr. Bradley have any knowledge independent of those? Certainly. Right? And in order to keep the court abreast, yes, we are still traveling under uh, there should be a privilege afforded to Mr. Wade under 1.6, and we are aware of how they will um, try to convince the court that that should be overcome. So I, I, hopefully I can read sure. this case in less okay. than five minutes. All right, that's fine. Um, anything, I guess, as he reads that, let's, let's do this. Assuming we do get beyond 1.6, if you can work with me here, uh, anything we want to add to that? I'm afraid I would have to hear what the arguments were that got us past 1.6, okay. Judge. I'm, I'm not. I'm not here to insinuate to the court that we would do something else. I don't okay. know. But there was a line of questioning that Ms. Merchant decided to write out and share with the parties. Were there any initial thoughts, comments, reactions to that? Again, just trying to make sure we make the best use of Mr. Bradley's time once he arrives. Uh, Your, Your Honor, I, I just want to say that uh, that might just reiterate that my client has not waived the attorney-client privilege. The um, the questions that we reviewed this morning, uh, Mr. Bradley is not able to testify about anything relating to Wade's marriage or dating history after December 2018, after the operative days, um, nor does any of the questions um, <clears throat> that Mr. Bradley cite to any external knowledge or sources. Anything he will say would be derived entirely from privileged communication with our clients, so we just want to renew our approach. Okay. So certainly the assertion of the privilege is confirmed and uh, for the record. And I think, again, this is where we got held up yesterday is that um, I know you're asserting that certain answers to these questions would be covered by privilege. I think there's still some boxes we would need to check before we can confirm that. And we'd have to we'd have to check those boxes with Mr. Bradley before we can get there. Judge. OK, if there's nothing else, then let's break until one o'clock. All right. Thank you all. Thank you. All right.
Let me shut them up. Hang on. And that was fun. Fanny's uh Fanny's dad is fun. He's he's a good time. Um, so what did we learn? Why first of all, why was Fanny's father on the stand? So the the pieces that he's testifying to is that she had to leave her home because of threats. Uh, and then, you know, they're testifying to, you know, everybody, everybody should have cash. And as I said yesterday, my father always taught me to have cash as well. So not a black thing. Might be an Atlanta thing because I, you know, was born and raised in Atlanta. But uh, that uh, so, so but the, the most important part of why he's testifying is because this condo is very important to their case. The the. Ashley Merchant defense. I, I get hung up saying which side is defense versus plaintiffs because in this hearing it's inverted. Um, but the defense is the President Trump, Harrison Floyd side, and the plaintiffs are the Fannie Willis side. Prosecutor Fannie Willis. Uh, the defense asserts that she was having an improper relationship and hiding it. The cover up or the response to that is Fannie Willis's response to that. Is that no, no, there's there's no cover up here. You're just misunderstanding all of these different things. And one of those things is why she was at the condo. So the defense is setting up this condo was a way for them to hide their relationship. There's no record of it. She she paid the rent for it in Cash App, and that's where Miss Yurdy comes in because it was Miss Yurdy's condo and Fannie Willis took over the lease for it. They never lived there at the same time, according to testimony. But they, but Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade did go visit Miss Yurdy at this condo. They're not friends anymore, but they used to be such good friends that she would bring her lover to visit, even though yesterday she said they're not really good friends. They just kind of knew each other. So the condo is important. And a big part of why they say that she was at the condo is not to, to hide her relationship, but is that she was getting death threats at her home. And as far as I know, there's no... Uh, evidence of those threats that's been produced. I, I haven't seen it since we've been going through this, but the testimony of her father is he was firsthand there. He saw, you know, the, the, the people showing up, the threats that, that were, um, that she was facing at her home. And so he can confirm that she left the home and went to the condo out of safety. It was a safety issue. And that's why she was there. It was not because she was hiding her relationship with her boyfriend. This is, by the way, the same um, the same argument for the cash payments. These were not gifts. She paid her own way, but we can't prove that because she paid her own way in large cash payments, and that's totally normal. My daddy said so. So that's what uh, that's what's happening towards the end there when they were talking about questions of privilege. That's specific to Mr. Bradley's testimony. At the end of yesterday, they were asking Mr. Bradley, who again is Nathan Wade's business partner, who's also his attorney in the um, the divorce case, Nathan, Nathan Wade's divorce case. So the plaintiff's assertion is that Mr. Bradley can't testify with any about anything regarding Mr. Wade's relationship with Fannie Willis because it's a part of the divorce case and all of that is covered by privilege for the legal relationship that they have in the divorce case. 
the defense team at, led by Ashley Merchant, the, the Michael Roman, President Trump team, they are trying to say this isn't privileged information. They were business partners, not just in a legal relationship. It wasn't, th th we're not asking Mr. Bradley to testify about conversations that he had with Mr. Wade or details in pursuit of legal advice, but we're asking him about things outside of that, the business partner relationship, not the privileged legal relationship. It's going to be a hard sell. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off. You heard the judge there say, if we can get past 6.1, he seems skeptical that they're going to be able to clear that hurdle. If they do, there are additional questions of privilege. It might be too much of a pain in the ass for them. They might not call him back. I don't think we know for sure. We heard the plaintiffs say they are going to call one more witness. Now, that was interesting because yesterday they had four. I think she said four, if I'm not mistaken. And somebody can, uh, somebody can, um, you know, correct me if I got that wrong. Because we all watched this yesterday together too. Um, but they had a bunch of witnesses that were going to testify to Miss Yurdy and that she was lying, right? Um, and so today they only have one, so that's kind of weird. I think um, maybe they're uh, maybe they're they're didn't, you know, maybe, maybe they didn't show up. Maybe they can't testify to what they wanted them to testify. Maybe they're at a doctor's appointment like uh, Mr. Bradley apparently is. Um, but yeah, three or four. Thank you, Teresa said three or four. Um, all right. So I uh, we have some rumble rants because you guys are awesome. You'll notice this is being presented without uh, without any advertisements. So rumble rants are very, very well appreciated. I am going to read them to you now, if I can pull them all up. Give me one sec. Hold for processing. All right. Vishlas, Vishlas rule. Do I have that right? Uh, I even got the pronunciation in the in the rumble rant. Uh, Vishlas rule, I think, is it? Um, I know unless you own one or are Hungarian, that's a struggle. I I, I think I crushed it. I think I did it right. Uh, thank you, Badlands, for everything you guys do and for OJ Trial 2.0. I'm hooked. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much, V. I'm gonna call you V. Because I think I'm going to butcher that if I try it again. Um, Q Patriot Angel, uh, I'm going to have to say keeping some cash at home or on you is smart. It's a smart conservative thing. I'm born and raised to live South Florida, New Englander or Northeaster, North S F L N E R. South Florida, Northeasterner. Are you a snowbird? Is that code for snowbird? Um, thank you so much for the rant. I agree. Keeping cash on you is smart. I think it's a question of uh, the, the, the thing I found really interesting. One of the things I found really interesting was the where I lay my head situation that she so she said yesterday she kept cash in her house and then she backtracked and said, I shouldn't have said that in my house. I mean, I keep it with me where I lay my head. And we know that she lays her head all over the place. Um, cruise ships and condos and at home and other places where they may or may not have spent the night. They can't really remember. Um, she lays her head a lot of places, but apparently she's dragging around, you know, a suitcase full of $15,000 in cash with her. When she goes, Desert Ram, Ash, please make sure to put this money in your cash box. Thanks so much for doing this. It's my pleasure. And thank you so much for the rant. I, uh, I, I, I will. I do have a cash box. 
actually, because I am from Atlanta and we do keep cash. It's, uh, it's just good. It's as, as the, uh, the prior, prior rant said, it's just a smart conservative thing to do to make sure that you have emergency money. That's what my father always called it was emergency money. Uh, Rico for the safe. Thank you. Uh, we're going to refer to that as a cash box. Um, and F 17 QG. I was waiting for daddy to say he loves jello and pudding pops. I don't think he came across as, um, as Bill Cosby so much as more of like, a um, like an Al Sharpton type. Right. I mean, somebody had mentioned in the chat that he like was he with with Nelson Mandela and Joe Biden. And then he later said he worked for Nelson Mandela. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was interesting uh, to see. I, I didn't um, I, I thought he was, you know, articulate. He was defensive about his daughter. And I don't think he had um, I don't think he made any terribly conflicting statements. A couple things that he said that were interesting, though. Nathan Wade was or actually that was the uh, the governor guy that was before her father said that Nathan Wade was there when she was interviewing special prosecutors. Um, I don't know if that's 100 percent brand new information, but it is now confirmed in the court that he was a part of her decision making process. I think you can say that's interesting to me um, that that shows. I mean, how he he wasn't at that. So he wasn't a contractor for her at that point that he was interviewing other special counsel. He became that contractor when she hired him to be the special counsel, but he was there in the process beforehand vetting special counsel. That's interesting. Um, and then uh, aspects 2020, she lays her head on Wade's lap. I mean, maybe they definitely took a lot of trips together. Uh, they spent some time together and, and they tried very hard yesterday to define this relationship as when they started and stopped having sex. And the, the defendant's attorneys were really trying to broaden that. And you should broaden it because we're talking about personal relationship. Is there a conflict of interest? Is there the perception of impropriety? Is there evidence that he was giving her gifts and then all of a sudden he has this job? I don't think it matters if they were having sex at the time that that happened. I think it matters that they had an intimate personal relationship, whether that was sexual or not. And both of them have admitted to that. They've both said that before that they were super good friends, before they had sex, they were super good friends. And after they stopped having sex, they're still super good friends. That is a conflict of interest. In my view, it doesn't matter when they started having sex, but they keep trying to define it. The the plaintiffs, Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade, keep trying to define their relationship, the improper part, the potentially improper part of their relationship as when they started and stopped having sex. And I don't think that holds up. I think that the... um intimate personal relationship where they hung out alone together. She was his, you know, pillow to cry on all a very lonely time for her, except that he was visiting her, all that kind of stuff. And, um, that I don't, I, I don't, I don't think it does. I don't think it holds up. Um, I think that the relationship, even if they weren't having sex is improper for what we've seen happen downstream from it. Q Patriot Angel. Sorry, Ash. It was supposed to come out as a born and raised New Englander meant to live in South Florida. Hashtag Trump company. This 10 is for your wallet. So you don't want me to put that one in the cash box. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll have it on me in case, you know, we decide to travel and I need to, uh, well, I don't have any lovers except for my husband. So 
but yeah, I mean, I can pay him large sums of cash. It's all, I mean, we, we share all of our resources. So it's all our, our same cash. We're just passing things around inside at that point. What's up? What up? Hi. What's going on? <laughs> where are we at? Where, 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 where's Fanny go? You missed Fanny's dad. So Fanny, they didn't call her back. They didn't uh, ask her. They had the, they had no um, follow-up questions for Fanny. And so she's done. She's not coming back. But Fanny's, Fanny's dad was on. And there was this um, very Southern former judge character. He was fun to watch. He was straight out of central casting for the movie. Good, uh, good. What is it? Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. So he belonged in Savannah. We're at lunch. lunch. Yeah. Yeah. So when they come back from lunch, they're going to discuss the privilege questions again about Mr. Bradley and if they can get him back on the stand. He apparently is at a doctor's appointment. And so um, that's unfortunate for him. And uh, because he was supposed to finish his testimony yesterday, the judge said he's potentially in violation of subpoena. Oh, at the end of Fanny's father's testimony, Miss Merchant um, moved to have the entire thing struck because he was supposed to be sequestered and admitted to watching the news coverage. That's what I heard. Somebody in my yep. chat told me that. That's that's insane. Like, how stupid yep. can you be? But So the judge didn't strike it. He said he didn't see the remedy as striking it. He saw the remedy as going to credibility and he was going to weigh it in a factor of credibility. Oh, see, now that's a big deal because there's they they were kind of making suggestions that Fanny left the house to go to uh, Year T's condo because she was didn't want to live with her dad. And then Fanny's story was that her dad wanted her to go because of her safety. And yeah. so now the dad knows what Fanny said instead of, you know, he could have been in there and been like, I don't really know why she left. She just seemed like she needed her space. Oh, that sucks. Although, I mean, it's not like they don't talk. It's not a jury. There's no jury. So you don't have to worry about it biasing the jury. And it comes down to what kind of weight the judge is going to give his testimony. It sounds like not much weight because he was in violation. He also said that Mr. Bradley is potentially in violation of his subpoena because he's not there today. They were supposed to be there at 1030 and then 1130. And now they're saying maybe 1230. Um, and that's because of the doctor's appointment. They really don't want to put him back on the stand, but I don't know that we're going to get him back on the stand because they've got privileged questions to overcome. And that's, it's pretty tightly interwoven that he's, um, he's defending Wade in the divorce proceeding and the questions they're going to ask about the relationship are pertinent to the divorce proceeding. It's going to be a high hurdle for them. Did you, um, you, you, you've been on this all morning, so you didn't get to watch any of daily this morning. I saw the first, I watched you guys for probably about a half an hour and then this started. Okay. Did you see where Chris and I were talking about this? Cause Chris told me uh, something that I didn't know that Ashley merchant what? used to be an MSNBC contributor. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I was thinking about this, you know, on air with Chris, him and I were hashing out mainly him because, uh, because he's, he's kind of put this together, but that Ashley merchant thing working with MSNBC um, made things very interesting. And that is that um, like, where did these witnesses come from? Where did year to come from all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, and just came to Roman and was like, Hey, I want to testify against Fannie Willis and uh, I don't know. Well, 
it all go remember it all goes back to the divorce case and the condo is important it's yurdi's condo and the condo is important because it's their love shack right and it's off books and allows them to you know have a relationship outside of scrutiny of public official but so so the the affair quote unquote affair and i'm going to say quote unquote because they seem to have had a like a mutual like we're not together you know the, the wade and his wife like she cheated on him in 2015 in 2015 yeah they decided they were divorced but stayed together for the kids stayed together for the kids so having an affair technically would have no you know bearing on on alimony or anything like that and unless she turned around and used that as saying i had an affair but so did he i mean i guess i don't know the details of their their divorce case but like for year T to be involved in that case and now come over to this case as a witness i don't know it just seems when, when i look at the whole case and and you know like i've said since the beginning that i thought this case was going to crumble you know mm -hmm. in in some form or fashion because of what would be exposed if it came to its uh to its conclusion its its logical conclusion um it was a big deal so i, I don't know i thought that was interesting it is. Yeah. Uh, we got another rumble rant. Rumble rant. Uh, Aspas 2020. They also kept defining a man and female's views on relationship. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. That was that was kind of crazy. It's like, wait a second. What is a woman? How dare you? How dare you? I've been there where the tough convo happened and the girl wanted to be friends, but I didn't want that. Yet he stayed BFFs with her. That's a, a big important point is that they are best friends before the sex started and best friends after the sex started. And they're trying to say that the only part that's even potentially improper is when they were having sex. I don't think that's the standard. I think the standard for corruption is an improper personal relationship, whether they're having sex or not. It is. It's not, it's not, uh, I mean, yeah, it is. And that was, that was evidenced when they said how many times has, um, wade been to your condo and how many other prosecutors have been to your condo on those amount of times you know those number of times yeah, and none. none zero um so that's not clear. even her father not even her father right. went to the condo right right and 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 also i you know i was i was clipping some things yesterday and i happened to catch one segment of um of wade's testimony before fanny and wade said that him yearty and willis had been at that condo the three of them together and willis was adamant that never that who was that who was never there at the same time that year t was never there at the same time as wade with willis no no she said both of them wade and willis both testified that they may she said may have he said did visit miss yurti at the condo before fanny willis moved in so when when yurti was was in charge of the lease before fanny willis took this is their story i'm not saying it's true but this is the story that they're asserting is that it was yurti's condo they were friends wade and willis went in and visited miss yurti he said they did she said they may have um okay. and then I she took over the lease they never lived there at the same period of time. And after they took over the lease, Miss Yurdy wasn't there. Okay. Trey Raider says, another long day for Ash and CanCon. Thanks for being here. John's a slave driver. You know what's really <laughs> funny about that? Is I saw a tweet this morning, and I know I'm going a little off topic here, but okay. I saw a tweet this morning from uh, Phil Labonte saying it was somebody saying like, like 
white people having pets is like slave ownership and a guy's like if we could convince our animals to to be able to talk or or teach them how to talk they would immediately be like you guys are my slave masters and i'm like if my dogs could talk i would explain to him what we do on a daily basis and they'd be like your life sucks dude you guys are slaves i just yeah. mope around the house and lick my balls yeah i'm pretty sure if my dogs could talk they would have so much to say like I, they would they love balls. They would tell me how much they love this part of the yard. And oh my gosh, have you seen this? Like they're my my dogs are my dogs are people. They just can't speak. We have another rumble rant. Uh PJ Corgan. Ash, you are a rock star. And Brian, I love you, man. Your selfish coverage always gets my Jimmy's a rustling, keeping the best. And thanks for the hat tip in your article. B, I had no idea. Much love. What yeah, article? screw you, PJ. No, I'm just kidding. He he gave a chat saying, CanCon's great, but but Chris Paul, he's my man. And I'm like, oh God. I'm taking back my yeah. hat. Yeah, I get, I get that, uh, I, I get that kind of stuff a lot. My favorite was uh, one of the one of the people at Gart came up to me and said, "I just love Patrick's coverage on the brief. You're okay too." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, man. Oh, uh, so what else did I miss? Um, so the first guy was the former judge, who again, Bradley? straight at straight out of midnight of the garden of good and evil what was his name um judge started with a b i think bradley no bradley is the um business partner okay, okay. slash attorney okay but the judge was you know super old old white guy uh couldn't remember anything he was uh another another elderly well-meaning elderly old man with a poor memory there's a lot of those um, he couldn't remember much, but he did testify that his his whole purpose of being there was that she approached him to be special prosecutor and he said no, going to her point that he wasn't Nathan Wade wasn't her first choice. But what she did what he did testify to is when she interviewed him to be special prosecutor, Nathan Wade was there. Nathan Wade was helping her vet special prosecutors. They couldn't get anybody to sign on, and then he became the special prosecutor. That's how I heard it. Mm, very interesting. Mm -hmm. This case. So is he, done. yeah, it, it's pretty, it's pretty silly. I don't think it's totally done. I think that they will make a, I think the judge will make a decision either to remove both of them or remove one or the other, right? Fanny can stay, but Wade's got to go or Fanny has to recuse herself, but Wade can stay as the prosecutor of the case. I, I think that's a tough sell to the American people given the issues of public trust, but I think that can happen. I don't think there's any universe in which he can just say, yeah, no, you guys raised this, but it's not founded. There's no corruption here. This is totally normal behavior. This is absolutely the kind of behavior we expect from our chief law enforcement officer in this county. There's no way that happens. What, did you hear what Amber said last night on that Twitter space? Which part? I was on in that Twitter Georgia, space for hours. So in Georgia... If the judge dismisses Fani from this case, they cannot bring it again in Fulton. It has to be another DA that brings the case. So they're going to have to shop for another DA that's willing to take this case up. So maybe DeKalb County, Cobb County, someplace else. They're going to have to go outside of Fulton County to get somebody to bring this case. So she said last night, Amber said, the only other county she could see doing it is DeKalb. Right. And that's interesting because they have the Michelle Long Spears situation in DeKalb. And so they don't have a really strong 
leg to stand on in terms of saying that the, you know, that there's no, because it comes down to there's no cause. There's no um, realistic cause that anybody in the state of Georgia or in Fulton County specifically had um, good cause to look, to question the outcome of the election. It's a big lie that there was anything wrong with our elections. And that's why they're, they're able to bring this case because that's a, that's a premise, right? There was no reason anybody should have questioned our elections. It's just a big lie from president Trump. And so that what they did was in bad faith and they attempted to steal an election. Fanny said that yesterday, y'all are on trial for trying to steal the 2020 election. Right. Right. If that goes away, if that premise goes away, then they have to prove like they have to prove basically malice when there's good cause for them to have looked. And that's the part I, I don't think they can get over. And I think it's harder for DeKalb, as, as crazy as it sounds, it's harder for Ka- for DeKalb to bring that case than it is for Fulton, because in DeKalb, they had the Michelle Long Spears where the results said she came in third and she actually came in first and the race was overturned. Yeah. But they'll argue that was 2022 though. So it's not, yeah. it's not re- related to this case here, but I, I don't think anybody else would pick this up. And I, and even then like the, the whole reason that, that Fani was able to, to do what she did is because she turned it into a Rico case, but what yeah. interest would it not interest, but what, what, um, jurisdictional whatever would the the DeKalb County DA have to bring a case based on crimes alleged in Fulton County and Coffee yeah. County nothing there there's no alleged crime in this case in in DeKalb County it's all in yeah. Fulton and Coffee and I think the only reason Fonnie even brought Coffee in was to get the RICO charges but also because they that that's going to be a narrative in 2024 folks mark my words the breach in Coffee County is going to be brought up in 2024 when Trump wins Georgia. And they're going to use that to justify how Trump won. They're going to call election fraud in Georgia in 2024. The Dems are. I so look forward to them oh, they making are. claims they of election fraud. That's going to be glorious. Because then we've got the full, their hypocrisy has come full circle. Because yep. 2020 was stolen, or 2016 was stolen. 2020 was the safest and most secure election in history. 2022 is the safest and most secure election in history. 2024 is stolen. It's I love it. You're exactly. I love right. everything about it. As long as as long as they win, everything's on the up and up. And and this is what I've been telling all those shield Democrats out there who are like, "There's absolutely no evidence." I'm like, "Not only is there a shit ton of evidence, but you really should take a look at it and try and look at it with blinders on." Because I'll do the same thing. You know, I, I wrote that article last week about uh, Craig Calloway and I called out Jeff Van Drew. I said flat out that Jeff Van Drew, Republican and America First Republican, needs to answer for why he was contracting with this guy with all with with his background. You know, and it's 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 supposedly no unknown secret. It's not it, it's a it's a well-known secret, I should say, in Atlantic City that Craig Calloway is an election rigger. He's an election mm-hmm. fixer. That's what he does. And why is Van Drew affiliated with this guy? Why did he pay him $110,000 in 2020? And why did he pay him $65,000 in 2022? What's going on there? And and that's just trying to be nonpartisan in looking at, you know, the, the problems in this country. And Dems can't do that. And, and neither can Republicans, to be honest with you. You know, that's why I'm not a Republican. 
Uh, True Grit 64 says, what about True the Vote saying they don't have evidence of the mule ballot stuffing? Thank you for the rant. I'm not familiar with that. Was that in their case in Georgia? They said Did that they come up in the evidence in the case that they don't have evidence of mule ballot stuffing? Because they most definitely do have that evidence. Yeah. I just I, don't know if it's specific to one county or something. I, I Look, I know that they're reluctant to put the evidence out there because in order to do that, they have to dox somebody. I, I, I you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of distanced myself from from that portion I, and, and it's n nothing against Catherine and greg it's just that i had another scope of the election that i've been focused on so i don't know yeah. all the details about that i mean i was i was at pitt i was uh you know all in on 2000 mules i've spoken about it a lot i think they did great work on that uh the conic story i was all over that as well but i've just kind of gone on to a different uh yeah. So I don't know what they're. What well, there were convictions associated with the work in 2000 Mules and associated with ballot stuffing more broadly. You just mentioned one of them. There was also that that uh, lady we covered a couple, maybe a month ago. The the woman, she looked like she was in a bathrobe as she was stuffing ballot boxes. Remember her? And she was um, in, in an official capacity. So we know that. They do it. There's the, I don't get into the influ influencer stuff ever, right? Yeah. Going back and forth like, oh, I don't, I don't know that they're good. There's something fishy with that influencer or this influencer. I just look at the fruit and the fruit of true the vote is that there have been convictions, massive awakening to ballot stuffing so much so that the Republican party thinks that we should do it. Yeah. Right. Right. Worst decision ever. You will never beat the Democrats at this. Yeah. Never. Never. It's Period. also you're normal you're normalizing one of the major mechanisms of fraud. If you say, "Oh, well, you know, it's le this is I love this message. Well, ballot ballot harvesting is illegal in we'll say the state of Colorado. Ballot harvesting is is legal here. And so we have to do it. We can't not engage in all of the types of behavior that they engage in. And here's the problem with that. Ballot harvesting is legal up to like 10. Right. You can take you. You can have 10 people. I think it's in the state of Colorado. It's 10 unless they've changed it again, which they might have. Um, but you can have 10 like you can collect 10 ballots and bring them in. They bring in hundreds, thousands of ballots. Nobody stops them. Nope. It's if you're now saying we need to do exactly what they're doing, you're saying that you're OK with fraud. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ever going to co-sign that bullshit because I'm not OK with that mechanism of fraud. I don't, especially when you look at who they exploit, and by they, I mean both sides now, because the Republicans led under Scott Pressler think that it's a great idea to engage in this behavior, who they target, nursing homes, homeless people, uh, dorms, and, and college students, They're, they go after vulnerable populations and exploit them to get their votes, and we're supposed to cheer that we can maybe do that more than the other side? No, I'm sorry, no. Um, you know, I had a whistleblower in Colorado in 2020. It was it was the 2020 election, but it was after 2020, probably like mid 2021 that he didn't have any physical evidence, just his story. And, uh, you know, he would he would, you know, attest to us in a sworn aff affidavit that there were homeless shelters there that had just massive stacks of mail in ballots that they were just handing out. Like, here, you want a ballot here? Fill it out. 
and they would come day in and day out and they would have people picking up these these stacks of ballots in Colorado and just going off to vote and 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 then another batch would come in just I mean he said they were all over the place he said they were in the kitchens they were in you know the 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 lobbies everywhere in this homeless shelter there were mail-in ballots and you could just take them at your own will fill it out put it in an envelope and 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 send it off however many times you wanted uh and, and so <clears throat> that is to what you were saying about the homeless people you know same thing with the story i broke in tarrant county you know using homeless yeah. people to go out there and, and harvest ballots you know yeah yeah i remember when you broke that story of the guy in the in the homeless shelter here in colorado i remember that uh really well because that was that what we would ex that type of operation that was described we would expect to see if 2000 if what 2000 mules asserted was true right you'd need that sort of processing capacity and you actually found that the georgia governor thank you terry 0428 the the georgia governor was roy barnes ah uh. Yeah. yeah. Going back to the Tarrant County thing, I mean, they won't investigate Deborah Peoples because they said it's past the statute of limitations. You have a statute of limitations on election fraud. You have a statute. You basically you're saying you can defraud the people as long as you keep it covered up long enough. Yeah. Get away with it long enough and you can't be held accountable. And 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 the guy, that, the guy, the guy that's on the body cam footage was arrested and charged and convicted. And you know who went and bailed him out? Deborah Peoples' aide. I mean, her her aide, Stuart Clegg, went to the prison and bailed him out. A homeless man being bailed out by the aide of the Democratic Party's president. Because that happens all the time for people that aren't related in any sort of behavior together. If I got arrested, that I, I wouldn't even think like john would come bail me out john you're you're the president of badlands media come bail me out he wouldn't even be there nonetheless the rnc president in in my county but everything's yeah. no fraud Ugh. all right so they are uh supposed to be back in 20 minutes i would like to grab some food real quick um so do you want to i mean you could you can pontificate for 20 I, minutes or we can I play gotta, some music i gotta grab food i'm normally like all right my, cool oh john's in the chat he says i'd never bail him out yeah well whatever I, I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm less likely to go to prison than you john i don't know why i said that but that's just probably true i, I was, don't do anything i might have been fighting words close to fighting words <laughs> i'm just kidding man i i don't i don't do anything that i could go to prison for like i'm in my house 24 7 although you know what to be honest with you that's a good point. Um, w w just what we talk about, man. Me and John are both probably as likely to be arrested by the feds at some point for whatever the hell we say because we say stuff. John talks about devolution. I talk about election fraud. We are all over the FBI's radar. I guarantee it. All right. Well, I will bail both of you out, but I'm going to need help from the chat because I'm pretty sure Ash, I can't afford that. Right now, you're the most likely out of the three of us. I'm in a civil case and I'm going to win. So one person, one vote says, but CanCon, would you bail out John? Yes, absolutely. I would. <laughs> I would absolutely bail John out. I don't like putting this out there. We're putting this out there <laughs> into the universe and I don't think it's a good idea. All right. So I'm going to play. So what do we want? We want dance pop, uh, feeding the duck music, night driving or into space. You pick. Um, how about we just go back and play like the first 20 minutes, play 20 minutes worth of the testimonies 
for for people that came from daily over to here like we did yesterday because yeah. yeah. i'm gonna go grab lunch too and i'll be listening on my phone so that, that way i get caught up um okay so maybe can you, can you bring it back to the beginning and and then oh, hang on looking to see if there's a good a good point we'll do a texas tom says christian music you know i used to like Back in the day, I used to love this Christian rock band or like rock rap band called, uh, I think it was the Newsboys. Anybody ever heard of them? News yeah, and I like the Newsboys. They're good. Jesus is still all right with me. Jesus is still all right. Oh, yeah. No. All right. So this He's is, uh, this is, please don't do that again. This is Governor Roy Barnes and uh, Roy Eugene Barnes. He's getting read into the record here uh, as we go on. And we're, we'll be back in 17 minutes. That is not planned. That's just how many minutes is left until they're supposed to come back. So we're going to go grab some food and uh, we'll be back in 17 minutes. All right. Hold on. It was DC Talk and Kay Cubic says that's the Doobie Brothers. No, DC Talk dubbed over or sampled it and they changed it. So there, go look it up. DC talk. Jesus is still all right. Anyways. Okay. All right. All right. We'll see you in 20 minutes. Yes. Say uh, good. Uh, good morning. Mr. Good morning. Can you tell the court um, a little bit about uh, your background as it relates to um, your service uh, in, the, in public service? Uh, I was uh, first elected to the state Senate in 1974 from Cobb County, and I served 16 years there. And then in 1990, I ran for governor and was defeated. And two years later, I went back to the House of Representatives. I was elected to the House of Representatives and served six years until I was elected governor in 1998. And I served in that position until January of 2003. And um, after serving uh, in uh, the position uh, of governor, can you tell the uh, court a little bit about uh, what you transitioned into um, after your public service? I, I did uh, exactly what I was doing before. Uh, I was elected. I went back to practicing law in Marietta, Georgia with my daughter, who's now a judge of the state court and my son-in-law. And now we have a uh, I think six or seven lawyers. Charlie Bailey back there was one of them at one time. Okay. And um, Governor Barnes, would you consider yourself a, a, to be a trial lawyer? Yes. That's, okay. We don't write contracts or we don't write wills. All we do is try cases. And I want to direct your attention uh, back to uh, 2021, um, where you approached um, by uh, the district attorney of Fulton County, uh, Fonnie Willis, um, about being a special prosecutor i was uh i don't do you i don't recall the exact date but uh, i know it was sometime uh, in 2021 and uh she asked me to come down and uh, i met with her and nathan wade and there were several other in the meeting uh she asked me uh said they were beginning this investigation and she asked me if I'd be interested in being special prosecutor, to which I replied that I had mouths to feed at a law office and uh, that I could not, I would not do that. And also, I just had a bad, well, I won't say bad because it happens from time to time, but I just had the FBI to report uh, 
a fella, uh, a militia trainer to me that said they were concerned uh, that he was making threats against me. And because I was, I thought it was because of the flag, but I asked him and he said, no, it's because I was too close to the Jews, quote unquote. And uh, I told uh, D.A. Willis, I didn't, I'd lived with uh, bodyguards uh, for four years and I didn't like it. And I wasn't going to live with bodyguards for the rest of my life. So ultimately you, you turned down. Yes. Yeah. I told her, I, I said, uh, uh, I'm not interested. Nothing further from the state. Your Honor. It's Marjorie. Morning, Governor Barnes. Morning. How are you? Just fine. How are you? Good. Good, Good. to see you. Good to see you. Um, you said it was sometime in 2021. Do you remember? I think it was. I don't remember the dates. They all go. I could look it up on my calendar at the office, but I don't have that. Well, um, I want to ask you about uh, some statements that Ms. Willis made um, March 28th, 2021. Um, she was talking about an, uh, assembling a team for this case. Are you familiar with her work assembling a team for this case? Well, I assume that's what she was talking to me about. Uh, uh, but, um, besides that, I don't know. Anything. And I know you had said you had a meeting with some folks and Mr. Wade was at that meeting. Correct. Okay. So he was, um, with the district attorney interviewing you about taking this case. Well, he, uh, of course I know Nathan very well as you do. Yes. Uh, and, um, I exchanged pleasantries with him, but the conversation was with Ms. Willis. Okay. With Ms. Willis. Um, were you aware at the time that her team was, consisted of Brian Watkins, Megan Vargas, Sonia Allen, Shannon Trotty, Sal Chan, and John Floyd. She had reported that was her team on this case. I know John Floyd was uh, involved, and she probably told me the others, but listen, I barely remember what case I tried last year, much less uh, every word that was said in the conversation. I understand. Fair enough. Um, but she said she was looking to hire more lawyers and investigators to work on this case. She told me, uh, it was to me, uh, she said, uh, would you be interested in being special prosecutor in this case? And I gave the reply that I've already known. I mean, about hiring other lawyers or whatever, I don't know. I, all I can testify to is what she told me. Um, did she tell you at all why she wanted to hire special counsel and not use someone who was an ADA, not have an actual employee? No, she did not. I mean, we did not discuss that. And, uh, but I would assume it was because in a case as big as this, that you'd have to have some social help. I know John Floyd has been in some cases over the years out in Cobb County, for example, and others. Would you agree that an employee of her office, someone who was paid a state salary or a county salary as an ADA could handle a case like this. I couldn't tell you that unless I knew the person knew their experience and really had been with them in a courtroom to All pass right. an opinion on that. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Sado. Hello, Mr. Sado. It's been a while. It has been a while. I hope you're well. I'm doing fine. Just getting older with that beats all turning. That, that's true. But that applies to all of us. I believe. Yes. Yes. Um, I think you indicated that if you had your calendar, you'd be able to pinpoint a date for it. I would. Is there a way for you, for example, at a break? 
before you actually leave to contact your folks to see if you can get a date? Um, I guess I could. I put I, it, I, I don't know how far back we archive those, but I assume I could. Would you be willing to give that a shot for I us? I mean, I'll do whatever the court instructs. So if I, I ask the court and the court says, go ahead and you could do it, that's all right? I'll do whatever the court instructs. I hear you. Uh, and you should too. <laughs> I, I try to live by those words. I'm not always successful, but I try. Um, if I pinpoint a date, for example, I, I think the record is clear that uh, Mr. Wade was hired for the position on November 1 of 2021. Does that help you? No, all? it does not. Okay. Then let's go to the meeting. It sounds like it was just one meeting. Yes. And could you tell us where that meeting took place? If you it remember? was in the conference room um, adjacent to the district attorney's office. So it was in was it in this uh, the adjoining building? It was in Lewis Slayton building. Yeah. And uh, uh, District Attorney Willis was there, obviously, right? Yes. Yes. And Mr. Wade was there. The best I recall. Now I could be mistaken about that. It's like uh, uh, anything that far away. But that's that's my recollection. Do you have a recollection of anyone else being present? Yeah, there were uh, there were some other folks, but I don't remember. Do you remember? Were you introduced to Mr. Wade by anything other than you already knew him? Um, was he given yeah, a title I or anything? Known him. So at least as you're there, if I heard you correctly, Miss Willis did all the talking. Mr. Wade did not. I mean, we exchanged pleasantries, but as far as the uh, basis of the conversation, the reason I was there, Ms. Willis did the talk. And would you be able to give us an estimate of how long this meeting lasted? Probably, Just rough. An, probably an hour. And it, during the meeting, you made it clear, but it was the thanks for the offer, but no thank you. Oh, yes, uh, I did. Um, as I said, uh, you know, I started off as a prosecutor. And for about 10 or 15 years, uh, I did nothing but criminal. And then, but I've tried to move away from it uh, and do primarily civil now. Mr. Gillen and I have done some white collar uh, cases over in federal court. I've got one over there right now, uh, but it's generally business related, you know, where I have a client that's got a kid or him getting indicted and the case I have over there now is an alleged fraud case. Fair to say that based on your career and the work that you've done, you've handled high profile cases, correct? I, I have. Uh, I've, uh, um, I've, I've handled some pretty good cases. I, I sued Syria one time for beheading a, uh, a client of mine, recovered $83 million. I guess that's the best high profile, but that was in D.C. I tried that up in D.C. And what would be considered complex cases, you've handled those as well, correct? Yes. I mean, we we uh, we regularly do mass torts, uh, class actions, uh, business uh, business torts, uh, breach of contract, and most of those are high complex or complex, requiring many uh, experts. I, I also, we also do um, malpractice. I was, ma I did malpractice defense for about 25 years, but since I've returned from the governor's office, I, I try not to represent an insurance company anymore. 
And uh, I just tried a malpractice case before Judge Edlin in November. And those are complex cases because of the type of, uh, you know, uh, medical uh, knowledge and that you have to have, and also because of the many experts that you have. Thank you. Did Miss Willis, and this is the last question, did Miss okay. Willis tell you why she had sought you, why you had been her choice? No, uh, I, I hadn't, but, you know, uh, I get consulted fairly often on major cases. Would, would you believe, based on circumstances in which you were given the offer, that it had to do with the fact that you had handled complex and high-profile cases in the past? It could have been. Uh, I know her very well. Um, the <laughs> I tried a case against her. Um, uh, she worked for the JQC, and uh, I represented um, Judge Rob, Robert Crawford, Matt Crawford, and uh, I, and she prosecuted him, and I defended him. She beat me at the trial. I turned it around to the Supreme Court. Right. So, <laughs> so you had some experience. Oh, I, I had plenty of experience with him. She's she's a very qualified young. Uh, well, everybody's young to me, but she's a very qualified young. After that, uh, that one occasion, mm -hmm. did you have any other contact with her in reference to the position itself or who she might be considering? I, you know, I had some conversations with her or Jeff DeSantis or some of those, uh, but not really an in-depth, uh, you know, about who she should hire or anything like that. Did the name Nathan Wade come up in those conversations no. with her? Yeah. No. Right? Yeah. Um, Nathan was there, I thought. Now, I could be mistaken, but I thought Nathan was there when I was. For the I think Nathan was, I, I'm, I'm positive Nathan was there when I, uh, when I met with him. Right. I, and, and my question was probably poorly, poorly worded. But okay. what I was asking is after the conference and whatever consulting you might have done. Yes. Did Miss Willis or Mr. DeSantis bring up the name Nathan Wade as a special prosecutor? I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't recall one. I mean, Nathan is a good organizer. Uh, you know, Nathan can organize stuff. I've watched him over the years. Uh, so I wasn't surprised that he was acting as a special prosecutor. And Mr. DeSantis, for the record, who was that? Jeff DeSantis? Jeff. Jeff DeSantis. Do you know who he is? Oh, yes. Could you tell us who he is for the record? Uh, Jeff works in the DA's office. I knew him when he worked for Thurbert Baker. Uh, you know what his, what his role in the DA's office is? I, I have no earthly idea. Is he in media? Does that sound familiar? He has, he has done media in the past. Jeff uh, has generally been, a, I, I like Jeff, and I'm very close to him, but he's generally been on the other side of my campaign. <laughs> All right, so we're talking... The best of your recollection, conference, we don't have the date. I'm asking if you could possibly get it. But the conference you have, Mr. Wade could have been there. Yes, I'm almost sure he was there. And Ms. Willis, obviously. And Mr. DeSantis was there. I think Mr. DeSantis was, too. And, and as far as whether there was anyone else there, you don't I, have I don't a present recall. recollection? No. Okay. Next time, next time, I'll take a picture, so I'll have an exact. Uh... Next time, hopefully, we, you won't have to be here. Well, hopefully not. Thank you, sir. All right, All right Mr. Stockton. No questions, Joe. Thank you. Mr. Durham? No questions, Your Honor. Mr. McDougall? No questions for the governor, Your Honor. Mr. Rice? 
questions. Mr. Gillen. I've been waiting for this for years. I couldn't give up the chance getting up here, Governor. Good to see you again. Good to see you, Craig. We've done some work in the past together, haven't we? I consider you to be one of my best friends and a crackerjack lawyer. Well, I will say to you uh, on the record that I can understand why they came to see you because you're the finest lawyer that I've ever worked with. Thank you. I need to put you in the next day. Yeah, there you go. We'll get that. But uh, uh, one or two more questions. Uh, okay. You and I working together when it, the appropriate when it's appropriate. Um, there's, you know, we've had no qualms about filing motions to disqualify the DA, have we? No. Matter of fact, you and I successfully disqualified the DA out in Cobb County in the Brown case, didn't we? We did. So whatever needs to be done should you be done. You represent your client. You got that. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Couture, are you still with us by Zoom? I am, Your Honor. All right. Any questions? No, sir. All right. And Mr. Cromwell from Ms. Latham? No, no questions, Your Honor. All right. Any redirect, Mr. Abadi? I got it. Can this witness be excused? Yes, Your Honor. Your Honor, Thank is you. there a way that we could potentially ask through you for that day that you get it? The, issue, the question is, you want the exact date that the meeting occurred? And I'm wondering if we can, if it's if it's really material, the exact date rather than just its proximity to the November 1st hiring. Is that fair? If he knows whether it was far earlier in the year versus maybe closer, would that obviate the need for the exact date? We can't get the exact date. Of take the best we can get. Okay, let's start there. All right. Uh, let, me, let me, yeah. I think, well, look right. you may take care of it for us just if we hold in place I'm here. Not, I'm not sure I have this. Uh, Well, let me try this first, uh, Governor Barnes, before you uh, do a deep dive in the uh, in the email there. Do you recall what time of year it was when this meeting occurred? I'm afraid not. Okay. I, I mean, you know, uh, you you know how this is. The day, the cases and the days moved together. I had a fellow a few years ago that said I represented him in 1978. I told him I'd take his word for it. Uh, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't, you gotta ask him. You wouldn't do that if it was question of him saying he just aged. No, I would not. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you. I believe lawyers should be well paid, Mr. Sutter. <laughs> all right, so sir, that's something. I'll, I'll have to look. It didn't come up right. Okay. Uh, all right. We'll ask this witness to step down, subject to recall, and and that might be something the state can present with stipulation as well. All right. Thank you, sir. Oh, they are back in the courtroom. And so I'm going to swap back on the record. With we are this live. Statement to Ms. Merchant, anything we need to take up before we proceed? No, Your Honor. Just I've alerted the defense uh, just for the court's planning purposes. The state doesn't intend to call another witness to tell. All right, thank you, Ms. Cross. All right, Ms. Merchant, you can call your next witness. Uh, recall, Mr. Bradley. <clears throat> All right, Mr. Bradley, welcome back. And just to remind you, you're still under the requirements of your oath administered yesterday. Do you understand that? I do. All right, thank you, sir.
Before I begin, um, I wanted to ask you if you have, if you wanted to clarify any of your statements that you made yesterday. Go ahead and begin. I wanted to ask if you wanted to clarify any of your statements that you made. In Go ahead and ask whatever you're going to ask, Ms. Merchant. Um, you initially became involved in this matter because you called me. Right? Absolutely not. I didn't call you. No, it was through a third party. Um, you called me after you read an article in, and I don't even know where it was. I, I found one in the Washington Examiner. Your Honor, I've got an objection. Can we approach the bench? Okay. Well. <laughs> well, I, I can alert the court broadly to my concerns. Uh, this witness, if it appears from the questions that Ms. Merchant had proposed, don't differentiate between what I'm considering three kind of buckets of information that this witness might have. One is communication derived from his representation of Mr. Second is any information that he might have from personal knowledge. The third category which I believe is the substance of what, what Ms. Merchant wants to go into is information not derived from personal observation, not derived from communication with uh, Mr. Wade's client, but gossip, secondhand, thirdhand, speculative things. Ms. Merchant's questions don't differentiate those, those categories of information. And I'm concerned about the questions being proposed without that qualification so that Mr. Bradley doesn't know when to invoke a privilege. Uh, I think the testimony yesterday was didn't have any personal knowledge of any of this. <clears throat> that was my understanding of the testimony. I believe that was Mr. Brownlee's uh, sworn testimony yesterday. And my concern is that the gossip part and the unsourced hearsay is, is where we're going to get to really fast. Sure. And I, I think that's a a fair point. I think we she's following the script that she already provided you. So we have more than enough notice of when that might be coming. I think the second she asks a question that you think might weigh into that, make the objection and we can rephrase if necessary. All right, Ms. Merchant, you can re-ask that last question. Um read an article that was September 11th discussing how much you and Mr. Wayne were handling, correct? That is correct. And you called me that same day and left me a voicemail on my cell phone asking me to call you back. I do not recall that, but I do not recall that. You don't recall that? I do not. So it's possible that happened. I do not recall calling you after the article came out. I was shown the article, but I do not recall calling you after the article. Um, can you lost your phone number? It's 334-717. Wait, hold up. Why, why is that relevant, Ms. Yeah. Merchant? Because um, I need to establish that his phone number is the one that all of the texts that he had with me. Well, I can just ask him if he has texted you at some point. I can, we can stipulate that as a matter of record. I don't, we don't need that on the record. Okay. You don't have to put it in the record. Um, how about this? Can I show him a copy of his, his, um, what he saved in it? In my sure. Okay. I'll just do that. <clears throat> yeah, approach you may. Take a look at that and just verify if that's your number and your cell phone. That is my number and my cell phone. Okay. And is that also your email address? That is my email address. Okay, Thank you. And I'll keep that separate, Judge. Um, and we can redact it. Um, so after 
whether or not you left a message on my voicemail. The next day, um, we were all in court in front of Judge Harris on September 12, 2023. In do you recall that? I do recall being in Judge Harris. Yes, I do. And um, your attorney, D.C. Tripper, was there, and I was there, and another attorney, Burke Cohen, were there, correct? Those people were there at the time. BC was not the uh, my attorney. I didn't realize I needed an attorney until I was subpoenaed. Um, but but BC Chopra was there. I'm going to check to the relevance I, of this. Ms. Cross, as, as I see this line of testimony, much of it is I, I, I'm taking in response to the original uh, how we started off this whole hearing that Ms. Merchant had no basis whatsoever to bring this and she should be sanctioned. And I think she's laying that out. Okay. All right. Ms. Merchant. I, I recall um, it was in a conference room in the front. Um, I don't know. I know you were handling a case in Judge Harris. I think I was speaking to Bert about a case and BC was there to speak to Bert about a case. Yes, I, I, I think I, I do recall that happening, but I can't recall who else was there. It was a regular court date. In that conference room, that's where in Cobb County, there's a conference room in front. Correct. Um, and it's not, it's not a public room. It's sort of like the jury room. Correct. And it was the four of us in that room talking. I don't recall if anybody else was there. I, I will say that I do remember at some point it was myself, you, BC, and Bert there but people were coming in and out of the courtroom. So I cannot sit here and say, accurately say that somebody else wasn't there at the time. Um, we talked, I mean, and, and people could have come and gone, but essentially Correct. we talked for the better half of an hour. No, it wasn't an hour. Um, and that's the only time we spoke in person about anything related to this matter, correct? Correct. Um, and based on that phone conversation, I told you I had been submitting open records requests and I was going to continue to submit open record requests, correct? Based off what phone conversation? Based upon our conversation in court. Oh, okay. Um, correct. You you said that you were doing some open records requests, correct? And then based on our conversation, I told you I was going to do some additional open record requests. Which open record records request are you talking about? Just asking if we talked about that I was going to be doing some follow-up to Fulton County. I can specify that. Okay. Because uh, I, I recall open records requests being made for other things. And so I don't know which one that you're referring to. At that time, we talked about um, getting, a, I guess it's called a, a county card and getting access cards and things like that for coming in and out of Fulton County for you, Mr. Wade. Okay. And, and all of the access that you all have. Yes. Yes. And you asked me, did I have an access card? And you are the one that told me that you and Mr. Wade, or that Mr. Wade at least had an access card. I told you that the three of us had an access card because we um, had a contract with the DA's office or the county. Um, I told you what those contracts were and that we had an access card that will allow us to pick up the documents, go into a specific office, and leave out. So we talked about um, about that badge access card and access to that. I was going to ask for that, right? Correct. And then a couple of days later, um, 
I sent you a text. And then when I say a couple days, so that was on September 12th when we had that conversation. Do you mind if I pull out my phone? Okay. On September 14th um, at 6.38 p.m. And what day was this? It was September 14th. September 14th, correct. And I sent you a screenshot of a Fulton County Open Records request I did. Yes, and I said, wow. Um, and then let's see. And then we continued to text. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. And then you sent another text about a badge, and I did not respond. You sent another text about an interest card, entrance card. I did not respond. You sent another text about some other badges and with a circle around it, and I did not respond. Okay. Oh, sorry. Thank you. All right. Um, uh, Mr. Bradley, I, if you could just respond to the question asked and only the question asked. That was Thank you, actually, sir. I have an additional okay. thing I want to raise. Ms. Merchant provided some text messages that she said that she was going to refer to. Uh, the text messages are inconsistent with Mr. Bradley's uh, exchange as he apparently is reading it off of his phone. So if I could ask Ms. Merchant, is this a, it is true, accurate, and complete, um, and perhaps we can see what's on Mr. Bradley's phone. But more importantly, I am going to object, understand the court's leeway about Ms. Merchant sure. being able to establish contact um, based on um, previous uh, statements made. And I'm concerned about going into the content of the, the statements without putting things in the buckets that I've, I've identified. Sure. And, and and so am I, Ms. Merchant. I'm not seeing so much the relevance of, of it back and forth. I'm allowing you to establish, you know, the contact that was made in, in line with the outline you, you provided me. And I and I think we're on track with that. Were you tendering, were you planning to tender these text messages? I'm discussing them with him. Now, if yesterday he said we didn't talk text about this case. So if that was his testimony again today, then yes, I will at least I would show them to him to refresh the recollection or um, to impeach him. But judge, their their first part of their argument is foundation, um, is what I'm assuming. They're saying all of these. They're not all relevant. I can give you all of my texts, but they're not all relevant. And so they asked for screenshots. And so I took screenshots. If there's a way to submit my entire text history with Mr. Bradley, then that's fine. If they want us to read every single text, that's fine. I just don't want to be in a position where people are saying that, that, that I'm not. Well, I also want to avoid the situation where you as counsel of record are having to lay the foundation and, and do that sort of thing yourself. So I don't know how much further we can go with this before we get into that. So. Well, I'm not sure what their objection is. He, so I asked him about one question and he read sure. several. Sure. Why don't we just go with your next question and we'll see where we go from there. <laughs> um, all right, let's. <clears throat> but so. Bradley, uh, wait for her to ask a question. I, and I understand that, Judge, and I'm not well, trying apparently to. Apparently you just... don't, sir. Wait for her to ask a question and you'll have a chance. Um, so I think what I, the, the last thing I asked you was about September 14th. Um, so those texts that you're talking about, those refer to the issue that we're here today about, though. Some texts did, yes. Yes, okay. Um, and then you called me again on September 15th, 2023, and we spoke on the phone. I do not recall that. Well, I texted you and said I needed to call you back, and then I later called you back. I, I'm not sure. I'm not, I do not 
recall. You don't recall that? Okay. And um, do you recall the following Monday? Um, Your Honor, I, I appreciate the, the question um, as it is on the form. And if the question is what she's going to read, I object to it even being asked out loud without knowing, um, number one, the, the relevance of it. If that if the witness is going to answer as a source of information, and I feel like it is so inflammatory, inflammatory as to say out out loud, um, without knowing where Mr. Bradley uh, falls on that, then I, I do have an objection to the question. Either. Okay, all right. Why is it that we're not allowed to ask questions, and then when the question is asked, there's an objection made? either by the state or the lawyers for this particular witness, it appears that what the state would like to do is force us to tell you in advance every question you're going to ask before there's an objection raised. And I don't understand why they get to do that when we are obviously in the same position to say to them, tell us every question you're gonna ask first. I realize it's a privilege, but that can be the questions asked, state objects, chopper objects, in the court rules, but not being able to put it on the record because it's inflammatory or it's somehow prejudicial. I don't think that I'm just suggesting. Sure. So Mr. Say, I'd, I'd agree with you in the general sense of things, but in this situation, Ms. Merchant offered to provide essentially her list of questions in advance, giving us a preview of what she's going to say. And that puts us in kind of a different posture in that respect where we can actually have some sense of what's going to come out. Um, but Ms. Merchant, I think knowing what your next question may be, since usually we don't have that opportunity, uh, does it presuppose some knowledge on his part that we have yet to establish is inside or outside of privilege? Well, the first thing, Judge, is I gave these questions so that we wouldn't be in a situation sure. where we were objecting and having four different lawyers talk about privilege, <coughs> confidentiality, every single question. So I was hoping that we would ferret that out ahead of time. Um, so this is the first that I've heard that, that objection to question 18. I did give the state copies of them as well. Um, trying to be completely transparent. I also, um, I have to establish that his information, there have been statements in this court that I lied, um, multiple statements yesterday. I can't even tell you how many times that was said under oath yesterday and that I did not get this information. And so I have a right to- you know, which, I've, which I've already said we can do and we can go over, but the, and, you, and we've already started doing that. But the next question, as, as you plan to ask it, uh, May presuppose again some information that he has that we need to determine whether it's inside or outside of privilege. Is that right? Um, no. Well, I, I don't believe so. No. I mean, I, if if we're going to talk about the privilege, I, I wanted to talk about it beforehand, which is why I gave all of these. I wasn't. I didn't know the state had objections on these questions to privilege. Um, if we're going to talk about the privilege, I'm happy to ask him the substance of the question, but that is what I'm getting objections for. So I'm trying right. to cheerfully to craft something to avoid that. Um, but I'm happy to just ask outright the question. Right. Uh, I don't see a way around that, Ms. Cross. I, I, I understand, Your Honor. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. Um, the, the problem in the context that Ms. Merchant is posing the questions is, this was our communication. This is what I asked you. This is what you told me. And here are these texts that are, that are supporting it. <clears throat> I understand the court's ruling that based on um, how things have gone, if, if Ms. Merchant feels like she needs to establish there was contact and communication, then I don't have an objection to that. However, number one, the the text message that exchange that the virgin gave me is apparently not complete. And so I don't know, like without making her a witness, how the state can 
um, I think we're entitled to, if she's going to refer to text messages, we're, we're entitled to an accurate representation of what those are. Mr. Bradley's looking at his phone and that's what he's got. He isn't under no obligation. Ms. Merchant provided those to us and I appreciate it, but I can't tell as I'm sitting here to an incomplete or an inaccurate recitation if what she gave me isn't complete. So a couple things come to mind. Um, one would be that anything the witness has the, is referring to on the stand, I, I counsel at any point has the right to inspect. And so if that's what you're asking for, Ms. Cross, then I think you have a right to do that if, if you decided to do that. Um, the other is, is as, as I've seen it so far, I don't think these texts are coming in as substantive evidence, but more for impeachment, in which case extrinsic evidence would never be coming in to prove them up. And he either takes her answer or he doesn't. And that's how it works. So I, I don't see the foundation issue or the completeness issue really playing into it as it comes to impeachment. And so they asked me for the relevant screenshots. I took them. He doesn't have an iPhone. I can't download the entire text message screen. I told them they could go through my phone. Like, it's, okay. it's, I'm hiding something. All right. All right, Ms. Merchant. Um, I think um, at this point, again, I don't see anything extravagant about the next question on his face. I think we need to deal with it as it goes so you can okay. proceed. Um, <clears throat> where I could get an affidavit from about the affair. And you responded, no, because you didn't think anybody would freely burn that bridge. Isn't that true? If you say so, I mean, I don't. Do you have your text if you need to refresh your memory? <clears throat> September 18th at 3.11 p.m. if you need to. Can you repeat the question? The question is, did I test text you asking you if you knew who I could get an affidavit from about the affair. And you responded, no, no one would freely burn that bridge. Yes, I do see that. Then I asked you if Chris Campbell knew, correct? No, you asked me if under oath, he would testify. I'm going to object to the source of the witness's information about that, whether that's firsthand information or not. And Mr. Campbell, of course, has a privilege too. Um, well, I, since, I since Mr. Campbell hadn't even been brought in to this proceeding at all, I'm also wondering about just the relevance of asking questions about Mr. Campbell. I, I'm just, it's been objected that I'm not asking about all the texts and I'm selectively asking, so I'm trying to go through all of them. I would much rather just ask the very relevant ones. Well, I, I, I have an objection to her asking. I can't tell if the statements or the testimony provided is consistent or inconsistent without a complete set of this text exchange. And it's not clear in the text exchange what the source of Mr. Bradley's information that he's providing is. And so that that. That is, I, I'm sure and I know everybody else. And, and again, I think you're focusing more on the merits than the impeachment value, right? If the sole purpose this is coming in is, is under those grounds, then you being able to match them up word for word, I, I don't see that as being the necessary prerequisite. Um, but as it relates to Mr. Campbell, he's not a witness yet and he hasn't come in. I don't think he's come up really at all other than passing and maybe the firm. So why don't we skip ahead to the next questions and you could always come back to that if somehow he is made an issue in this case. That's great, Judge. I, I just, I needed some clarity because the, the state is objecting that it's not full and accurate. I'm keeping things out and then they're objecting that I'm putting too much in. So I'm just trying to avoid um, every 
question having an objection, Judge. Um, so on January 5th, 2024, we had a text exchange where we talked about um, that I had discovered that Nathan took Fani on a cruise and a trip and paid for it with the business card. You told me you were on a plane home from Dubai, but you would call me as soon as you got home. Do you remember that? So what I have is a text message from you saying, oh my God, Nathan took funny on a trip to Napa and paid for it with his firm. Okay, continue reading. And you said, is he that dumb? Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, I'm on a plane from Dubai, land at three. We'll call you as soon as I land. So that is accurate. That's what you told me. That I will call you as soon as I land and wow? Yes. Yes, that is accurate. And then you told me that you weren't surprised because they took many trips to Florida, Texas, and California. Okay, so I don't have that, but, and I can show my phone, but I, I don't have that in my phone. So the question is just, do you recall? I do not recall. That, communicating that to me. I do not recall. All right. Do you recall telling me that it was when um, she had to move her daughter a trip to California? I do not recall that. And um, Judge, may I approach the witness? You may. Thank you. In the past, I gave you. Oh, I see it. Mm -hmm. We'll take a look at that and see if that refreshes your memory. Yes, I see this. Okay. Does that look like, uh, does it refresh your memory? It does not. I mean, I, I see what's on the text uh, chain, but um, you said this happened January 5th? I can tell you exactly when it happened. Because there's no date and time stamp on that. Let's see. It was, let's see, it was If it was January 5th, but just give me one. Judge, I, I just want to, on behalf of Mr. Wade, just to review the objection again. We, we still don't to, which, to which question? Current question. We still don't know the source of this information, mm -hmm. whether it was privileged or how he obtained any of this. I'm, I'm wondering now if there's a timeliness issue on your objection since he already, well, he asked, he said he just, he doesn't recall. So there's. He just gave the date. He didn't. 
Sure. Well, his, his question or his answer was he doesn't recall and his memory has not been refreshed. So I think it's time for the next question. Um, may I approach the witness question? Okay. Can I see what you're approaching oh, yeah. the witness with, please? So is this the complete text chain? Yeah, it's the complete text chain. While they're looking at that, can I just ask you, did you delete any text messages? I, I have several messages in the phone with you. I don't, I, I've never deleted. I mean, there are messages about family and my health and mm -hmm. things like that. You asked me to be on some panel. Yes. Um, and so I, you know, I, I think it's complete, but. Well, no, my question was, did you delete? No, I, I haven't deleted anything. Okay. No, I have not. And I offered them to look through my phone earlier. They are welcome to. Well, you never provided it to us. I said you need. A physical you phone, you never provided it to us. It's the only phone I have, Judge. Yeah, I, I understand. And I don't want to keep popping up. But my concern, of course, is that these exchanges are just two lawyers gossiping about information. And I'm, I'm concerned about it coming into the record in this way. I understand impeachment is a thing. But if we could um, do it in a way that the substance of this gossip is not um, that part is not impeaching. The contact is impeaching. So I, I don't think we've gotten to that point quite yet, Ms. Cross, but you can renew your objection if you think we have. So right now, the sole thing that Ms. Merchant is trying to do is hand him an object to refresh his recollection again. So we'll see where we get with that. And I don't have any way to download it. He doesn't have an iPhone, so I don't know. Mr. Zeta. The court is a trier of fact. You're going to be able to determine whether something that has come in, if you choose to, is hearsay, whether it's admissible, whether it's relevant, whether it's impeachment. You're in a position that if it all comes in, but you uh, reserve the right or all parties reserve the right to object, uh, we can deal with it. This is not a jury. We don't have to worry about the jury hearing something that it will no longer consider. All we're doing now, with all due respect, and, and I understand there's a process, the state doesn't want something to be heard. I object to that. <laughs> they repeatedly attempted to stop questioning. Your Honor can hear it all and then decide what is and is not relevant or admissible. We don't have to go through every single one of these. The only time you have to go through this is if it is in fact a communication and it's a privileged communication, and an argument has to be made at that point as to whether or not it should be elicited or it is subject to being stated in open court. Otherwise, all of this could come to the court, and the court can then decide how it wants to treat. That's all right. Uh, I appreciate that, Mr. Sadon. I think you're. It's certainly accurate that we could have an approach where, if it's a close toss-up on an evidentiary question, we can have it all come in and sort it out later on the record. Uh, at, I don't think we've quite reached the point where I need to do that. I think we still have time to get into these and, and it'd be my preference to keep the record as clean as possible and without questionable evidentiary issues. Uh, but we may get to that point. So the question from Ms. Merchant was to approach the witness and with an object to see if that would refresh his recollection to the last question asked. Yes. Now, I'm sorry, the state scrolled through it, so... Not right there again. 
No, I mean like it was on the screen. <clears throat> Now I can't find it. Um, so I'm going to move on to the next question that I actually can find, it, and then I'll find that and come back to it. Um, I sent you um, a statement and said, upon information and belief, Willis and Wade met while both were serving as a magistrate judge in and began a romantic relationship at that time. And you corrected me and say, no, it was in municipal court. Is that correct? I think that's pretty accurate. And is that based on your personal knowledge? But what question was it municipal court or when they first met or my question was is this accurate upon information and belief willis and wade met while both were serving as magistrate judges and began a romantic relationship at that time and you wrote know that it was municipal court okay so, so i answer mr chopra has risen sorry um your honor uh, i do have one purpose here and that purpose has now been met. Um, any information that Mr. Bradley may possess would in fact have come from his representation of Mr. Wade. This falls within the purview of his divorce proceedings, which as we've testified earlier, commenced in December of 2018. There is no Pierce or Shield associated with it. And so we would say that under rule 1.6, we should not be compelled to give any further information. Okay. And as we discussed about before the uh, break, Ms. Chopra, if I ruled earlier this morning that um, this witness is going to be uh, directed to respond to any question to the extent it falls outside of attorney-client privilege and only attorney-client privilege, meaning one point is, is not going to bar his testimony in this case. What would be your response then? Then uh, Mr. Bradley would have to consistently assess on his own, unless I'm jumping up and objecting for him, whether or not this came within his knowledge based on his representation. Now, I can say based on the phrasing of the question from Ms. Merchant, it would in fact come within information obtained from his partner client at the time associated with the activity in question all right mr um mr evans same issue uh, i just want to reiterate that that's a it's a compound question anyways yeah. that it, it so it needs to be separated out but it's still based we, we we just renewed the objection that it's still based on gossip either gossip or privileged communication he doesn't ever cite the source of where any of this information is coming from so i just wanted to renew that objection Okay. <laughs> Judge, Merchant. as far as privilege, um, any privilege objection, it's been waived, particularly for this issue because Mr. Wade. He did testify on this subject. Testified on this subject. Well, he didn't, excuse me, he didn't testify as a communication with his attorney about any subject. He testified factually about what trips he took and events that occurred. He didn't testify. To, to my recollection about any communication with his attorneys. But he, he testified about the subject matter of the question that was just asked, which was when uh, apparently they first met. Furthermore, but, Judge, my client wasn't privy to that testimony. We have been under subpoena and therefore under the rule. So we do not know what was or was not sure. testified to. Everything he says would be a violation of that 
privilege unless we know specifically what all has been waived. Sure. Unless I make a finding that there was an express waiver on behalf of the client. Yes. Per question. Right? Okay. Uh, and, uh, sure. Got it. So All for right. this question, particularly, Judge, we would ask that you find that there has been a waiver of the attorney-client privilege because Mr. Wade testified to something directly different than what this witness, we believe, has Okay, Ms. Cross. Yeah, so I, Mr. Wade testified as to when they met. That is not the entire substance of the text message that Ms. And began a romantic relationship. He did not testify that they okay. were serving as magistrate judges when they began a romantic relationship. All he right. testified differently. Okay, Ms. Merchant, I think you're going to need to establish whether this witness ever gained that knowledge independently or during the course of a attorney-client relationship. Um, did you have any, uh, thinking back to the source of your knowledge, and, and let me just, before I do that, let me remind you what is covered by attorney-client privilege. It's communications that relate to matters in which legal advice is sought and communications that have been maintained in confidence and no exceptions to the privilege. So it's communications that are in furtherance of legal advice. Your knowledge that their affair began, that their romantic relationship, I'm sorry, began um, while they were both serving as municipal court judges. Is that from your personal information, your personal knowledge, or is that from? I'm going to overrule that objection, Mr. Chopra. He can answer that question. State that question again. Your knowledge is is any knowledge, if any, if any knowledge of Nathan Wade and Fonnie Willis's relationship, romantic relationship beginning while they were both serving as judges. Is any knowledge that you have from your own personal knowledge or something that was told to you in furtherance of legal advice? I have no personal knowledge of when it actually happened. Um, I was not there. I do not have any personal knowledge, so okay. I would choose not to answer that question under 1.6. Um, Mr. Bradley, we, we made a distinction earlier. Yes, sir. That it's a bit narrower than that. Okay. 1.6 is I have no personal knowledge, Judge. I apologize. Okay. If you were that's, no, that's not that's not a problem. The issue is is attorney-client privilege, and so whether what you learned, if anything, was during communications with a client. It was. Okay. Ms. Merchant. And and was it that? Any knowledge that you had as to the truth of that statement, was it told to you in furtherance of legal advice? I'm going to object to that. If that statement is true, that's how I and the witness has already testified he has no personal knowledge about <clears throat> that. So whether he represented at one point it was true or not true, he has no personal knowledge about that, so could not testify. Prior inconsistent statement, judge, do it all the time. That is what the state it's does regularly. They bring in, if it's a prior inconsistent statement of another witness, judge, this, it, Mr. Which, Wade Which other witness? I'm okay. Sorry. Okay, Mr. Wade testified. That this, that their relationship did not start. But you can't impeach him with a prior inconsistent statement that's privileged. And so no, we're still, we, we haven't gotten over the privilege hurdle. The privilege, said, the privilege hurdle we've gotten over with fraud on this instance. Well, we have, that's the first time you use that word. So if you want to make the argument of why that applies, you can do that now. Yes, Judge. The crime fraud exception. It applies because of the crime fraud exception. Um, Which crime and or fraud was committed here? So there's a couple different things. And, and I want to just address them both because he's raised 1.6 and also raised attorney-client privilege. Um, for the crime fraud exception says the privilege doesn't apply if it's... Um, if the existence of it 
essentially if he has to keep something secret to allow a, a fraud upon the court to continue. So we've got that. We've also got, um, no, it has to have the legal communications have to have done in furtherance of a crime or fraud. How has that been established? And the, what, again, what crime or fraud are we talking about? We're talking about perjury, lying to the court. In the okay. affidavit filed last month. Yes. And so what have you done to link the communications that he made maybe, I don't know, years ago to the affidavit filed last month? The, Communications he made years ago. It's it's proof of the, it's proof of the affidavit being incorrect, being false. He's given it, he's it given a prior be, inconsistent but statement. But the legal communication has to be in furtherance of a crime or fraud. Right. That right. But he also can't protect. So and I think it's more under. So um, if he had no idea, if there, we an affidavit wasn't even going to need to be filed until a month ago. Right. And these communications and everything that happened well before that. How is anything that they communicated in furtherance of that affidavit that they didn't even know would have to be filed one day? It's just it's been waived. That part's been waived because he filed the affidavit. So you can't you can't file something that's false and then your lawyer know that it's false and then say, oh, well, privilege. My lawyer can't correct that. When he waives the privilege and he waived the privilege, he testified about this yesterday. Okay, Miss Cross. I don't think that's even close to an accurate representation of what the law in this area is. And beyond the real um, kind of <clears throat> throwing out fraud and this and crimes, um, which what you have, Your Honor, is a conflict in the evidence at this point. I know which way the weight of the evidence appears to me, but that's going to be for the court to judge. If a conflict in the evidence, that is not a crime. That is not a fraud. That is not perjury. As a conflict in the evidence for the court to to So I, I agree with you there that you would have to first establish a crime or a fraud occurred by a preponderance. Got it. And uh, any, anything else? Just that she can't, under the guise of impeachment of this witness, number one, establish that. Number two, the witness has already said he didn't have any personal knowledge of that. And there is no, the kind of specificity that is required to um lay the predicate for a crime fraud exception to the attorney-client privilege is nowhere close to being met here. Okay. Uh, anyone else want to be heard? Mr. Sada. Yes, this is what I sent to the court earlier. This is not crime fraud. The scenario in the case I said, do you want me to cite it for the record? Uh, go for it. Owens Corning Fiberglass Corporation versus American Centennial Insurance Company at all, and it was 660-812 out of the state of Ohio, Lucas County, Court of Common Pleas, and it references, make sure I get the right page. Point in the case for the holding of the statement. If be a party or a witness chooses to testify falsely, and our position is that Mr. Wade testified falsely when he claimed the relationship did not begin in 2022, that if there are attorney client communications in which the same individual witness has told his attorney something contrary to that, inconsistent with that, here that the relationship, personal romantic relationship 
between Mr. Wayne and Ms. Willis began prior to November 1st of 2021, which would be the day that he replied, that if that communication took place, that is the attorney communication, that the fraud upon the court is Mr. Wade lying under oath about the starting date and the attorney-client privilege under those circumstances where that material fact is pierced and the attorney may be forced to testify to the contrary or inconsistent statements so that the fraud on the court no longer holds. In our situation, that is precisely what we are trying to do. If this witness's testimony, again, and, and the court may, may have to hear some of this ex parte in camera to determine, but if this witness is able to testify that Mr. Wade told him, under whatever the circumstances may be, that the relationship with Bonnie Willis began before November 1st of 2021, then we know from the what the witness has testified to Mr. Wade that he lied under oath to the court. And that's a fraud upon the court and the attorney-client communication that that specific matter is pierced and needs to go into the record. Now, how best to do that? The only way to do that, if it's not in writing, and apparently it's not, is for the court to hear uh, in camera, ex parte, what the communications were that are sought to be kept privileged. If the court deems that it is not inconsistent or contrary to what's justified, then you wouldn't pierce the privilege. If on the other hand, this witness honestly, that is now we're talking about Mr. Bradley, actually testifies to what he has told in text messages to Ms. Merchant on behalf of Mr. Roman, that he absolutely knows that the relationship started before November 1st of 2021, then he's testifying that his client took the stand and lied under oath and did a fraud upon the court. So okay. my request in this regard, we're going to have to hear from counsel and from, that is from counsel from Mr. Bradley and from Mr. Bradley to determine whether or not he actually said what he said to Ms. Merchant and whether or not it was based on communications, whenever it took place with Mr. Woodard. All right, Mr. State, I understand. Uh, thank you for clarifying your argument there. So I understand this brought upon the cart theory. And what I'd been going back and forth with Ms. Merchant on earlier was that, as I understood, crime fraud applied in Georgia was that the communications had to have been in furtherance of a crime. And to me, that presupposes the existence of a crime at the time or the forming of one at the time of the communications. The theory you're putting forward is one where we go back in time and can reopen that box because it's now become relevant for something completely potentially unconnected to the communications whatsoever. Is that fair? That falsity has occurred now right. by the very person who is attempting to use the communications as a shield to sure. protect yes. his law. Okay. That's, and when I say crime fraud, I, there, it's a fraud waiver is what, that's what Millich calls it ex, is essentially. Um, I mean, Millich says that it doesn't offend the privilege to ask an attorney to testify to matters already freely discussed by the attorney and a client at another hearing or proceeding, um, allowing a client to selectively waive and reassert the privilege as tactics dictates, um, suggests that the client is using the privilege as a sword and not merely a shield. Sure. So um, I think it was quite explicit that Mr. Wade never waived anything regarding to communications between him and Mr. Bradley. He was willing to discuss the subject matter, uh, but he was never willing to get into communications that occurred between him and Mr. Bradley. So. As to Mr. Sadow's point of this fraud upon the court theory, uh, my question is going to be, has that ever been applied in Georgia? The answer to that is 
not appears to have been applied in Gilder. I cannot find a case in which it has been applied. The cases that I have, case that I gave you, plus the cases cited in there, um, are the only thing I've been able to locate. Although I think that the bar rules, we want to go back to those, because I don't have in front of me, that a lawyer should not allow his client to commit a fraud upon the court. Okay. And I think that, along with this, gives the court the discretion to do that. And the only way to make the record, even if the court suggests that this is the law that the court should apply, but even if the court disagrees, there's no way for there to be a record about it unless Your Honor does it ex parte in camera to determine the nature of the privilege, which, of course, Your Honor knows from earlier days is how judges can do it with the Fifth Amendment privilege. They can do it with any privilege on the second part they in camera. So I'm going to ask them to go through Because when I get up, I'm going to ask them directly. Um, I'm not going to go through this um, that's going on now. To find out whether or not um, Mr. Wade has ever told Mr. Um, Bradley in his capacity as his attorney or otherwise that the relationship started earlier than what Mr. Wade testified to all right, understood. So, um, my the big takeaway I'm hearing from that, Mr. Sadow, is that once again we're hearing the words "a matter of first impression" here, uh, and uh, noted, Mr. Gillen. Yeah, very quickly, Your Honor. Uh, number one, he apparently and now he's claiming a privilege, which he certainly did not assert when he was communicating in a text with his first. Sure, but do we have any indication Mr. Wade waived it and allowed him to communicate by that text? Uh, we know what he did. We know what he did. So and how is that an implied I waiver? I would assume that as the attorney that he would know whether or not he should be protect a communication. That's a pretty not big all, assumption, right? Not all communications are protected, number one. Number two, let's not forget how we started on this journey with the state getting up and making very serious allegations against Ms. Birch, uh, asking for sanctions, saying all of her representations were inaccurate. And now... They are doing whatever they can to block access to that information, which shows exactly what she said was exactly the truth. What they're trying to do is they're trying to say to the court, the 100% accuracy of Mr. Wade's declaration and of his testimony. And by the way, please, please judge, don't let Mr. Bradley tell you what he knows, because what he knows is that this relationship based upon what we see from the from the text and what we've seen in the context would show that the relationship started before November uh, 2021. So I think there uh, we, you know, we have a waiver issue and parenthetically on the issue of uh, crime fraud, Your Honor, the issue about crime fraud is whether or not in any context the communication would be not in furtherance of a crime at that time, but it could be for any any particular uh, crime committed by the client in the future as well. It doesn't have to be something that's, that's being committed at the time. I will also note that uh, the when you look at the attorney-client privilege, the law basically says, look, this is a privilege which blocks, blocks evidence from coming in. And so in order to have that, they have the crime fraud exception, which is a very low standard once a prima facie showing has been made, which I believe has been done by Ms. Merch. All right, uh, let me clarify one thing, uh, Mr. Bradley. When you testify to personal knowledge, does that include anything you may have seen, heard, um, outside of communications with a client? 
when you say you lack personal knowledge, does that include anything you may have seen or heard outside of communications with a client? And you can tell me if that question is horribly phrased. I can try again. You try to rephrase it for me, Joe. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. When you say you lack any personal knowledge, yes, sir. Does that also mean that and include anything you may have seen or heard outside of communications? Outside of communications with my client. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Okay. And communications that were made, if any, that relate to the subject that you were asked to, were there any other third parties present? that may have resulted in a waiver of privilege? Including texts. Am I answering your question or her question? Okay. Um, there any other third parties ever present with you and a client that would have resulted in a waiver of these privileges? No, Judge. Um, I can't recall anybody being present. Um, I mean, we ran an office. We had people around our office, but no, I I can't say that there were other people present. All right. And um, did you ever receive any kind of a waiver from your client at any point? I have not received a waiver. And anything that you learned regarding the subject matter at all, if anything, um, was it in the course of legal advice, of receiving or giving legal advice? That's a broad question, Judge, to answer, because the advice was given. And then then you have interaction. I mean, it, it wasn't, hey, this is for, to say specifically, this is this was for that. Or, you know, I can't sit here and say that. Um, so I, I don't know how to answer that question, Judge. Yeah. All right. Um, so. I was given a, a case that may reflect the same proposition I was arguing. Um, it's all it is. It's Atlanta Coca-Cola bottling company versus Goss, G-O-S-S, uh, 50 Georgia Appeals, 637, appears to be a 1935 vision. I've not had the benefit of shepherdizing it, so can't say it. certainly has been limited or overruled. Looks like it's maybe head note number two, at least the one I'm looking at on the computer. Language is um, in the case, okay? Is uh, as to violation of the law or commission of fraud, protection extends only to communication after the act or transaction is finished. It does not cover communications respecting proposed infractions of the law and the commission of the crime or perpetration of the fraud. Then cites some cases. And then it goes, the privileged communication may be, a may be a shield of defense as to crimes already committed, but it cannot be used as a sword or weapon 
of offense to enable persons to carry out contemplated crimes against societies, frauds, or perjuries. So our position, as I indicated before, is the witness, Mr. Wade, has committed perjury on the witness stand and called into question the state. All right, I'm just Mr. McDougall. Uh, Your Honor, this is uh, adjacent Georgia law, uh, perhaps not controlling, and I'll explain that in just a second. And that's rule of professional conduct 3.3 A2, a lawyer shall not knowingly fail to disclose a material fact to a tribunal when disclosure is necessary to avoid assisting a criminal or fraudulent act by the client. A4, now the reason that I would qualify that, uh, and since we're talking about candidate of the court, I need to do that. I believe this rule is regarding the conduct of advocates representing clients in court. It might not govern or control the situation where the lawyer has been put on the stand, but it's adjacent to the point Mr. Sadow made earlier. All right, fair point. Okay, um, Mr. Trooper, anything you want to address on that? Briefly, Judge, and clearly there's a lot of smarts in this room, but this whole thing is a deductive fallacy. Um, it is suggested that the truth of the conclusion of the argument necessarily follows from the truth of the premises given when in fact the conclusion does not necessarily follow the premises. They're, you know, we've called him a perjurist. He's, he is officially succeeded in saying the thing itself is true therefore we must ask these other questions and judge it's it's a fallacy it does not exist as such and the privilege should still apply all right uh thank you all so uh i think here is what we need to do as i understand uh the law um as, as I find it, the, the crime fraud exception only applies when by preponderance we found that communications made in the existence of a relationship were in furtherance of a crime or the client at the time knew or reasonably should have known uh, that a crime, uh, that the attorney was being used to further a crime. I don't think that's been established here. Maybe something happened afterwards and that's something that can be argued during, during uh, closings essentially. So I don't think the crime fraud exception uh, covers this. The objection is preserved for the record. Uh, Mr. Bradley has indicated also that anything he learned about this subject occurred during those communications. There's some uncertainty on that point. And so in order to preserve the record, um, at the conclusion of the, the hearing, uh, I think I can go in camera with Mr. Chopra and Mr. Bradley, and we can uh, put in a sealed filing uh, exactly what the extent of those communications were, um, if any were relevant. Or excuse me, not relevant, but just what they were and those would remain sealed and uh, until some time if we're ever directed uh, otherwise. However, at this point, the question, uh, getting back to the question asked by Ms. Merchant, um, as asked, uh, would be sustained on the issue of, of privilege, the premise. He may um, have told you something, but it does not appear that there's any evidence that the client ever waived and allowed that information to be conveyed to you. Next question. Thank you, Judge. Um, all right, let's see. So um, we talked about um, Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade coming to and from your office and security details um, following them. Do you recall that? 
Do I need to look at my phone? No. Or can I? I'm just asking if you recall. Oh, do I recall? I, I think I did, yes. Do you recall security taking Miss Willis to your office? I object to that. Um, Does he recall Miss Willis taking security? Oh. You can answer the question, sir. Um, I do recall um, security detail bringing Miss Willis to my office. Do you recall approximately when that was? I do not. And um, was that on more than one occasion? <sighs> I remember two occasions. Okay. Yes. Can you tell me about those? I can't remember when they were. Um, were they before she became DA? So I don't know if she had security detail before she became DA. So, I mean, if she if she was sworn in or I, I don't remember the dates, um, but I do remember. Um, I, I think she was DA. Um, Maybe during her transition team period. Was that? No, it wasn't. Um, trying to remember. She would have had to have been the DA, I, I, I think. Um, and I, I don't want to go on, I think. Um, but I do remember twice um her coming to our office correct and she had a security team both of those times that was a yes she has security team with her um and do you believe that it's a different security team than she has now i don't know her security team now well, um, however i'm sorry I, I don't know her security team now. Um, I don't know her security team now. You remember telling me that it changed at some point, her security team. Yes, I, I think I recall saying that, yes. And that the most likely people that that could testify or had seen things about them having a romantic relationship early on would be the original security team. I don't recall saying that, no, but. Do you recall talking to me about other people that might have known about their romantic relationship? I recall. Yeah, I mean, I Objection based on we don't know the source. <clears throat> this, this is either based on privileged information or it's hearsay. You're wanting to... it, it's neither. I asked if you uh, recall. You, you need to clarify it. If you're actually going to think, if you think that this draws on information from outside the relationship that we've already, he's already testified to, then you need to lay that foundation. Um, so sustained. Are you aware of other people that you believed would? have known about when their relationship began. I object to the relevance of that. Again, the witness has testified he has no firsthand information of it. Anything he knows about the topic came from representation. Who he thinks might have been able to say something else is speculation, not relevant to anything, and a backdoor to get in the gossip and innuendo that has been pretty much this entire. All right. Yeah. Okay, Ms. Merchant, I think we're getting to the point where 
you know, the, the reason I, I thought this line of, of questioning was appropriate was to rebut certain inferences about why we we're here in the first place. Right. But to go into it at the granular level, I'm, I'm not as wild about. So if maybe you can ask more overarching questions. And if you have anything else you think that's relevant, then you can get to those as well. Um, isn't that true that I gave you a copy of the motion to disqualify in this case? I emailed it to you and you read it, reviewed it, and emailed me back to everything and it was accurate, to your knowledge. You emailed me and I... You, okay. All right. So there are things contained within that, Ms. Merchant, which he has now said uh, fell within the privilege and that he did not have the ability to waive. Yeah. So I think that's where we have to leave it there. And I believe I still have to ask the questions and then if he wants to assert the privilege, I think... Well, I, I think he's record. pretty much already established the privilege and the objection has been made and I think it's a, a valid one at this point based on the record. So the answer was he did acknowledge that you sent him the motion and I think we leave it at that. Um, let's see. Um, and you had, you had knowledge about an apartment and I'm not asking what Mr. Wade told you in furtherance of legal advice, but you had knowledge about an apartment in East Point or a condo in East Point that, um, was owned by someone and Ms. Willis was staying there. Judge I, I think in the way the question's phrased, she she qualified that. So I did not have knowledge. You did not have knowledge. I did not have personal knowledge at all. No. So no knowledge outside of what is privileged. That's correct. Um, are you? Did you have texts between um, yourself, Miss Willis, and Mr. Wade? Do I? Have you ever? I, I have. Maybe once or twice, but. Did Mr. Wade ever ask to use your credit card to pay for trips? I objection. On? On um, the privilege. I mean, just the same thing. Just asking him to use a credit card. How is that in the nature of furthering a divorce proceeding? Do we tell I had a business card and we would use my business card. The firm would use my business card. For travel? Are you asking if I use my business card for travel? Would Mr. Wade use your business card for travel? I recall um, I, I recall a trip um, but I don't know if that trip has anything to do with this case. So I do recall him using my card once. When was that? I don't even know when that was, and that's not his truth. Um, I recall him using my card once. but I cannot remember what that was for. I do remember it was a trip, but I cannot uh, actually state, you know, where it was and who it was with or anything like that. And he paid you back for that trip in cash? I can't remember how he paid. I, I think it, I think it was, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not certain if it was cash or check, 
Um, we re routinely would use uh, my card um, for filings for um, paper for whatever stuff with the office. And so, oh, I'm sorry. You were done. Sorry. And so he would, whether he paid me back in cash or whether he wrote a check, uh, you know, it was paid back to the business card. And but this was the only time he had used it for travel. I cannot recall. I don't even have that business card anymore. Um, but I do recall at least once for travel. Yes. And um, that was when you were still law partners with him, though, correct? That is correct. Do you recall approximately when that was? I do not. Um, you did not go on that travel with him, though, correct? I did not. Okay. And so he asked you to use your card for the travel. Yes, I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming. Um, I mean, he we would use the card for firm stuff, and so it was a business card. Your business card, don't it? It was my business card. Yes, right. the law office of Terrence A. Bradley. Correct. So it showed up on your accounts. That is correct. Okay, wouldn't show up on his accounts, though. Correct. That that would be accurate, yes. Um, do you know if this was before he became special DA in this case, special prosecutor? I cannot recall. Um, did you see he and Miss Willis together? You said you were in and out of the office, in and out of the um, DA's office. You saw them together, correct? In and out of my office or the DA's office? The DA's office. Correct. You saw them together in and out of the DA's office. Did I see them in and out? Yes. Um, well, if you preface it like that, no, I saw him in and out of the office when I would be there doing my filter work for the taint team. He would come by. I rarely saw Miss Willis and Mr. Wade together in the DA's office. So brought up the taint team. Let's talk about that for a minute. Tell me about um, you did work as you had a contract as a taint lawyer, correct? That is correct. And that was in the anti-corruption unit? Um, I, yes, I think so. Yes, correct. And how did you get that contract? What do you mean, how did I get it? How did you get the contract? Um, it was... Did, did you apply online? Oh, no. Um, it was proposed. Um, we were... Um, it was proposed by... I guess it came from the district attorney. I mean, I I didn't um, I didn't speak directly with her. Okay. It was um, with Mr. Wade, and he asked if we would be interested um, in having a contract with the Fulton County. Okay. Um, he asked for Campbell. Uh, I think so. I mean, it, I, I can't recall if he asked us both together or not. Uh, rarely, um, we all handled several, I mean, not uh, different things for the firm, okay. criminal, personal injury, uh, things like that. 
uh, family law. And so rarely were we together um, there at the same time, like for an abundance of time. So he may have called me and then he may have called Chris. I can't remember, I can't recall um, how we got the contract, but. Did, um, was Mr. Wade, to your knowledge, part of the transition team for Ms. Willis? To my knowledge, he was a part of the transition team. Did he spend a lot of time at that office during this transition period? He did. So from when Ms. Willis took office to when you left the firm, did Mr. Wade spend most of his time at the DA's office? You said most of his time, or you're saying just working business hours or? Working business hours. I would say he spent, um, I would probably say he spent majority of time. If you say over 51%, I would say yes, he spent over 51% of his time. And that was the entire time from when she took office to when you left the firm. I can't say that that was the entire time, but yes, it was majority of, um, it was a, I mean, I can't pinpoint specifically when the time that he would spend. Um, I think um, if my memory serves correctly, getting to the majority of the time, it would have been, um, Whenever he started with this, maybe with that special, was as a special prosecutor. When you say majority of the time, right? Okay, so let's talk about the time before he became special prosecutor. Did he spend a lot of time at the DA's office then? He spent time. I mean, it depends on what you say is a lot. Um, he spent time at the DA's office, correct? And so, just so we're clear, you were hired first um, on January twenty fifth. Both you and Mr. Campbell were law partners, and you were both hired by the DA uh, January. 25th, 2021. Is that correct? Repeat the question. I'm sorry. You and Mr. Campbell yes. both um, were hired mm -hmm. on a contract basis by DA Willis mm -hmm. January 25th, 2021. Correct? Which contract are you talking about? The first one, the tank contract. Not the first appearance contract, the tank okay. contract. Well, you said the first one and the tank contract wasn't the first contract. And so. Okay. So the, so what was the first contract? To my knowledge, the first contract was the first appearance. So um, let me just mark these. Let's see what number are we at. 23, 24, 25. Those are his contracts. Oh, sorry. Judge, when they're done, we're going to Mr. Bradley, showing you what's been marked. Defense Exhibit 23, 24, and 25. If you could just take a look at those.
Okay, I see that. So on um, now that you've reviewed those, is it true that on January twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, you got your first contract as a taint lawyer? As a taint lawyer, yes, I see the date on on that as a taint lawyer, but I'm also looking at this contract here um, for first appearance, and there, you know, there must have been. I don't have it before me, but there must have been a contract before this. Okay, so you think there's a fourth contract? I I can't say that there is or isn't. What I do know is that we did first appearance during COVID, and it was before 2021. So I don't know, um, you know, if I had a contract, a written contract at that particular time or anything, but. I do know, I think that the, I mean, it's, you can look at the recordings because everything was recorded at that time um, as to when the, fir the first appearance contract started and the taint contract started. So when the three of you were partners, you had at least two contracts to do taint work, which is um, filter work. Um, and then a con two, at least two contracts to do first appearance work pretty much throughout that entire two years, right? Well, it renewed. So, I mean, um, it just renewed. So to, uh, yes, I mean, if it, it was the same contract, but it was a renewal of okay. the so, contract. So how did you, and you said you got, you got these contracts through, Ms. Willis gave them to you, but it was through her knowing Mr. Wade, correct? <laughs> yes, um, I didn't have a, a meeting with Miss Willis or anything. Um, it was it was brought to the attention that um, a contract was going to be needed or awarded. Um, and if we or if I was interested, because this was uh, off of mine, and I said yes. And so. And so, Mr. Wade brought that to your attention. He asked if I was interested in doing the contract correct. And then after that is when Ms. Willis, you know, would come in or I think we actually came down here or something um, and signed the contract. Um, and so that is how you were paid um, from Fulton County, these contracts. From from Fulton County government? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. And you shared um, your partnership, you shared a third of all your profits with Mr. Wade? At that time, yes. And so his contracts, he got a contract that same year, 2021, and he shared a third of all his profits with you, correct? Yes, that should be fairly accurate. Okay. So during 2021, 2022, you all had two filter taint contracts. You had two first appearance contracts and you had Mr. Wade's special counsel contracts, correct? My firm had what I have here, okay. correct? But Mr. Campbell and Mr. Wade were part of your firm, correct? So we didn't, I don't think at this time we had established WBC. Okay. Um, at this time, I think it was I had mine, Chris had his, Nathan had his, and we operated in the same building. 
But if you ask me, did we fee share or, you know, without everything that came in? Yes, that is correct. So you weren't actually partners, you just fee shared? At this time, well, yes, uh, at this time, we were not. If we were at this time, I had law officer Terrence Bradley, um, Chris Campbell, PC, and whatever uh, Nathan's was, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just. And all these con the taint contracts and the Nathan's special counsel contracts, all of those were under the anti corruption unit, correct? You can look First appearance was not under that. Um, the tank contract, I, if I recall, was under the. Um, I, I don't. I don't think they called it. What What are you calling it? You can take a look at your contract if you need. Okay. And I'm. I'm not asking about the first appearance. I'm asking about the tank contracts mm -hmm. and then Mr. Wade's contract, which has already been admitted in evidence. If you need to look at that. Let me know when you're done reviewing. Well, I see on the first page where it says taint attorney, and I'm I'm trying to go through and I see where it continues says taint attorney, but it always says Fulton County District Attorney's Office, your question was specific as to the anti-corruption unit, and I'm looking for the verbiage of anti-corruption unit, so I apologize. Oh, no, take your time. And see, on both pages, I mean, it starts out Fulton County District Attorney's Office, and then it just goes to initials FCDA, um, unless I'm overlooking where it says the anti-corruption unit, then the contract was with the FCDA. I mean, unless you want to show me something. Uh, I'm just asking you, and I didn't know if that would refresh your memory. Those contracts were for the anti-corruption unit right well they were for the district work for? i worked for the da okay i worked for the da okay so just in general the da correct i worked for fulton county district attorney's office in a con uh, as a uh, contract person as it says here and um the when you did the taint work you had to report to sonia allen I did not. You did not. Who did you report to then? I can't remember his name. His, his first name was Brian. Okay. And um, let's see. so I know you said you met with Miss Willis when you signed those contracts, right? Yes, I know I met at least one time to sign these contracts or to sign when I signed the contracts. Yes. Did you meet with her any other times? I did not personally meet with Ms. Willis 
any other time. Um, when you say meet with, what do you what do you mean meet with? Talk with her. Meet with her. I mean, I would see Miss Willis um, in passing if I'm walking through the through the office and something like that. Um, but no, I I didn't have any meetings with Miss Willis. Okay, so the only times you met with her were when you signed those contracts. Clarify meet with. I mean, I sat down and had a conversation with her. I signed these contracts. So when I signed these, I met with her to say that I sat down and spoke with Ms. Willis. Um, are you saying in life and you saying during this time, what are you asking me? I mean, if it's voluminous, I can narrow down the times, but I didn't, I wasn't. Ms. Merchant, I haven't really heard a point in a while. Can we get along to something yes. or we're gonna yes. have to wrap it up? Um, so I had one more question about your texts. Um, have you ever been in an, any group text with anybody other than with me? And somebody other than Mr. Chopra and Mr. Merchant. You got to you got to narrow that down. I'm sure you sent many. I, I can look at my phone. But with him, if there have been any other any other texts, and I think that the state had some <coughs> things him, him being, they mentioned. So I was just trying to clean that up before it got there. Can you try try the question one more time for yeah. me. Isn't it true that you've the only texts that you and I have ever had have been between me and you, me, you, and Mr. Chopra, or me, you, and John Merchant? Correct. Can I look at my phone? Sure. And what's the relevance of that, Ms. Merchant? They've said mul multiple times that there's this third party that we've talked to, and I'm trying to establish there's no third party. And I don't know why it was relevant, but the states argued it. So, well, if the if Ms. Merchant doesn't know why it's relevant, then, then maybe it okay. become relevant later. But right now, Ms. Merchant, I, I think I've you've been able to show okay what what maybe launched this and 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 answer the the state's initial claims. And so let's get back to the core of what we were here for for this hearing. Do you have anything else relevant to ask this witness? After you, yes, just a few more questions. After you, um, after it became known that you were placed under subpoena, did you get a call from Gabe Banks? I did. And was he um, trying to determine if you were going to be giving information in this case? I can't, I, I don't know what he was trying to determine. Um, he stated that uh, it wasn't uh, odd. Um, I had not um, spoken to Gabe in a while. Um, we are um, colleagues, we are friends, we are um, in the same fraternity, Gabe and I. And when he called, it was out of the blue, but he did call. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you relayed that to me as well, correct? I did. And then um, you also got a call from your best friend um, who was relaying a message to you from Mr. Wade, correct? No, uh, I got a call saying that he got a call not that a, a message that was supposed to be relayed to me um the call was um i'm going to check if there's a hearsay um if, if the response will call for hearsay thus far it hasn't but I'm sure so hearsay objection as to the contents of the call miss merchant um I believe the contents of the call were to remember your privilege i took that as a threat i think mr bradley took it as a threat and i think he would testify to that and 
hasn't testified to it. And he also said there wasn't any message relayed by Mr. Wade or any other party. Well, no, he didn't say it was by any party. So assuming he did hear something from a party, what's the uh, hearsay exception for that, Ms. Mershon? Um, I believe that it was a threat. So it's a statement against interest. I'm sorry. It's a, um, um, if, if he took it as a threat to influence his testimony, then it's not hearsay, then it would be admissible. All right. So I did not take it as a threat. Uh, if you're saying it's a, to the effect on the listener, perhaps, yes. Uh, then we'll go from there. Um, were you told to remember your privilege? Your Honor, uh, the witness just testified he didn't take it as a threat. Understood. Um, it, I'll overrule the objection and the testimony given the weight it deserves. <coughs> Can you repeat the question? Were you told to remember your privilege? Your we, I was not the witness. There, there may be a potential witness now in the courtroom because the person that Miss Merchant is referring to is sitting in the courtroom. Um, well, if she was, if that witness hasn't been told to testify, then I don't see any sequestration issues. I don't know who it is. I don't know. His name. Right. Okay. And so, were you told anything to that effect, Mr. Bradley? Repeat the question one more time. But so, I was not told. Remember my privilege privilege remembering that I, I do recall um privilege being um mentioned but it wasn't remember your privilege or you know a, a threat of of any sort but you immediately called me after no i called someone else after you called me quickly thereafter then. I talked to you that day. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you. Let's sit down. Because this is a defense witness, is it the state's cross, first cross? Have we, had we, how we had been doing it yesterday. No, actually, we're doing it just this one. Yeah, I've, I've been. This, okay. this is I the first time that. he's gone. And then we go through all the defense, and then you'll have your chance. Some foundation questions to begin with, please. Your testimony as you began representing Mr. Wade as his attorney on what date or what approximate date? I didn't have a, an approximate date. Then give me an approximate date when you began acting as Mr. Wade's attorney. Um. I would say it was, you know, if I'm I'm speculating. I, I really don't want you to speculate. I mean, you're the one that was the attorney and Mr. Wade was the client. Right. So give us the ballpark figure of when it was that you began acting as his attorney. Maybe 2017, 2018, I think, maybe. And the purpose for which you were retained? His divorce. So. According to you, from that time period, your communications with Mr. Wade with regard to the divorce or any matters related to the divorce, it's your position are confidential, I'm sorry, are privileged, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Now, did you ever meet with Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade? 
prior to, and everything I'm asking you was prior to November of 2021. Okay. Okay. Keep that in mind. That's. Why are you yelling? I don't think he's yelling, Mr. Bradley. He's just speaking up. All right, Mr. Sedow, let's go. Thank you. Prior to Mr. Wade getting his um, contract with Fulton County, which was November 1st of 2021. Okay. Just keep, please keep that in mind. November 1st of 2021. Right. Did you ever socialize with Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis prior to November 1st of 2021? I've never socialized with Mr. Wade or Ms. Willis in any setting. If you're asking, have I ever met with them? Then I would say yes. But when you say socialize, what do you mean socialize? Have you ever gone out to eat with both of them? Before 2021, I do not before think. November 1st of 2021. Out to eat with both of them before. When was she sworn in? I'm I'm sorry. When was she sworn in? There was a dinner. There was a dinner before. She, I mean, when she was sworn in, that I attended. Um, Shaquille O'Neal was there, so it was it was like her inauguration dinner. So I'm thinking that's before 2021. So I would say yes. I assume for purposes of my question. That yes, that's sir. In early January of 2021. Oh, that is early January 2021. Um, then, uh, so yes, I mean it would be before November. So if it was January, yes, that dinner would have been in. I'm assuming January. Any other time that you socialized, went out to eat, went to anyone's home, you know what socialized is. Exactly. So no, I did not socialize with Mr. Willis. I mean, uh, with Miss Willis and Mr. Wade. So prior to November 1st of 2021, did Miss Willis come to your offices? Your offices, I mean the offices that you shared with Mr. Wade. I think she came once or twice to our office, correct? And the purpose for which she came? I don't know. We had separate offices. Um, I do recall. Um, well, let's, let's I, I do recall some type of meeting happening at our office. And I, I don't know what that was about. I wasn't a part of those meetings. Um, there was a meeting, there were other people there. Um, there were other people from the, I want to say DA's office there, maybe. Um, okay, let's go back to the basics. Ms. Willis came to your offices together offices on a couple of different occasions. Correct. I recall Ms. Willis coming to my office at least twice. And on at least one of those occasions, or you tell us, did Ms. Willis meet privately with Mr. Wade in his office that you observed or heard? I can't recall. You can't recall? No. Did she ever meet with you in your office? Ms. Willis now. Privately in my office? No. 
I've never met privately in any office with her outside of signing this contract. Did Mr. Wade, prior to November 1st of 2021, ever talk to you about socializing with Ms. Willis? I can't recall. You can't recall? You're asking me if he if he ever mentioned to me that he socialized. With Ms. Willis, correct. And I'm saying I cannot recall if he socialized with Ms. Will if he ever mentioned to me that he socialized. Did he ever mention to you that he ate or went out to dinner with Ms. Willis? Again, time period before November 1st of 2021. Did he, repeat your question. Mr. Wade ever tell you prior to November 1st of 2021 that he had socialized, gone out to eat, visited Miss uh, Willis in anything other than a professional setting? I'm sure he did, maybe. Um, I don't recall any specifics of any dinners, any um specific places you're i mean it's been three years ago um the time frame but i do not recall at this time whether or not he ever mentioned uh any dinners or socializing did mr wade mention to you that he visited miss willis at miss willis's then current abode which would have been um, a, a place, not her original house, but a place she was staying in the period of uh, 2021 before November 1 of 2021. That is, question is, did Mr. Wade ever tell you that he visited Miss Willis at her house? I don't think I can answer that. Mr. Stato, if you want to try and rephrase the question, you can, but otherwise that would be sustained. On both grounds or just on the privilege ground? Just, uh, I didn't hear a second ground. Well, the hearsay ground. Oh, that would, that would be on privilege alone. Did you talk to Mr. Wade at all about his relationship with Ms. Willis prior to November 1st of 2021? I think he's just laying a record, Mr. Wade. It's okay. Uh, and so on those same grounds, uh, Mr. Stato, on all subsequent grounds, Apparently, the relationship with Ms. Willis in any way is, a, is covered by a privilege, according to this witness. Well, I think the key words, respectfully, Honor, are according to this witness. So I'm trying to drill down to see if there are communications that are not within the privilege. Sure. I, I can. So then we need to acknowledge the privilege in the form of your question, right? You, you're asking me to ask it as in a way of saying, are, are there any non-privileged? Essentially. Okay. Did you ever communicate with Mr. Wade prior to November 1st of 2021 about Ms. Willis that was not privileged? I mean, we discussed this contract, um, but- This contract doesn't help. You have to give me a, a, a um, exhibit number, please. You said before November 2021? Yeah, November 1st of 2021. Before November, this this contract for one twenty five twenty one is before that. So I mean, we discussed this contract. 
Um, and if I remember this, correctly, one again, just give me that exhibit number so we can reference. Uh, exhibit 23 okay, would have on been. One second. One second. On exhibit 23, did I understand you to say that it was Mr. Wade that effect brought to you and Ms. Willis together for the contract? That would be accurate, yes. Okay. And, and what did you understand was a relationship at that point between Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade for Mr. Wade to be able to bring you to Ms. Willis for the contract? It's not a hard question. It's no, I'm, I'm just uh, state that again. Mr. Wade is the one that basically says mm -hmm. to you, Go see Miss Willis about this contract, right? Mm -hmm. That's a yes, correct? Yeah, Mr. Yes. So Mr. I'm, Wade had to have some knowledge, you would assume. Yes. Right? That you going to Miss Willis might bring you the contract. I right? never went to Miss Willis. So I, I stated I never went to Miss Willis. I was told about the that there was a potential contract, and that I was asked by Mr. Wade if I would be interested in doing that contract. Question, I never. Okay, my question to you is, what was the basis that you understood Mr. Wade being able to potentially offer you that contract for Ms. on Ms. Willis's behalf? I didn't object to that. That's a mischaracterization. Mr. Wade offered it to him. I think he said he expressed interest. And also, I, I don't see the, um, the relevance of, of this. At all. Um, so just in, in terms of relevance or phrasing, I'll, I'll overrule on those grounds. So the question that's standing unobjected to, Mr. Bradley. Can you repeat the question? You've explained to us how the contract yes. came to you, correct? Yes. And I, my question is, what was your understanding of the relationship of Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis? for it to have been offered or whatever word you want to use for him to have said, um, expressed to you whether you had an interest in the contract. Privilege. Okay. All right, Mr. Evans is invoked privilege on that question. So Mr. Sadow, I think you need to clarify whether- Was it a privileged conversation that you had with Mr. Wade that let you know about the contract? Or you know, it was the relationship was the question you're focused on. Is the nature, no, I'm trying to do it in such a way and I understand what the court's saying. Was the relationship that I asked you about just now between Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis that gave rise to the contract? Did you know about that relationship as a result of an attorney-client communication? No, I knew of that um, through whatever work they did together um, as municipal court judges. Um, that's. And how did you know that? Who told you about the work that they did together as municipal court judges? Mr. Wade told me that they um, did work at uh, at some conference. Okay, now this would have been something that Mr. Wade said, according to your time period, at the time that you were representing Mr. Wade, correct? Say that again. Say that again. Mr. Wade would have told you what you just told the court after you had established an attorney-client relationship with Mr. Wade, correct? Yes, but he 
the when he told me of them being at a conference, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not understanding how, how I relate. I mean, I'm trying to understand your question. Well, my question is basically, you had communications with Mr. Wade directly that yes. were not attorney-client privilege, right? I've had conversations with Mr. Wade that were not attorney-client privilege, yes. That involved Ms. Willis, correct? I just stated that they were at a conference. I don't know if, whether or not that involved her or not. Well, if he's talking about her, that is, if Mr. Wade is telling you about Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade having met at a conference, right? Then he's talking about Ms. Willis, correct? Yes, but he also told me about other people that he met at the conference. But he told you about Ms. Willis as well, correct? Um, I, I think so, yes. So there were communications in which Ms. Willis was at least a topic that was not covered by attorney-client privilege, correct? This particular instance, I was told about a conference. And, and you, when you, were you told this? I can't remember uh, the dates um, of the conference, but it was after, it would have been after the conference. Okay, I'm trying to get just a, a time period here. After the conference, I want you to understand from the record, I believe we've shown that the conference was sometime in October of 2019. Okay. okay. So could you give us an idea, that being uh, a fact, when you would have had this communication about meeting with Ms. Willis at the, that is Mr. Wade meeting Ms. Willis at the conference? Um, if the, if that's the conference that they were at, yes, then, you know, I don't know how many, um, municipal court conferences there are. Um, I do know that at the time that I was in the firm, Mr. Wade was, um, he had some position with the municipal court. Yeah. Um, right now, my only question is time-wise, assuming it's October of 2019, mm -hmm. when do you tend to remember what's your best recollection of when Mr. Wade told you about. I, I can't remember because I didn't even remember that it was October 2019 until you said that. So you don't have a present recollection. I, I do not remember that, no. Had to be before the contract, though, in January of 2021, correct? That they met? No, no, that you were told about Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis meeting at the conference had to be before. Oh, yes, it would have been before that, yes. So what other communications did you have with Mr. Wade about Ms. Willis that are not privileged. We know of one about the meeting at the conference. Are you suggesting that that's the only one you ever had about Ms. Willis that isn't? I cannot recall any, I cannot recall. You cannot recall whether there were any other communications that weren't privileged? No. I'll be specific, and I understand there's probably going to be objections, but I want the record to reflect. Did you have a conversation with Mr. Wade prior to November 1st of 2021 about Mr. Wade dating Ms. Willis? Uh, uh, Mr. Wade has risen. Uh, an objection is sustained for the record. Excuse me, Mr. Evans. Say that again? Uh, you don't have to answer the question, Mr. Oh. Bradley. Next question, Mr. Sit down. Well, I understand it's been objected to in the court. Is uh, sustain the objection. Can you tell us um, the circumstances in which 
that is under which Mr. Wade may have told you about dating. What I want to do is try to figure out if we can, you, you tell me if you want me, if I can do this. I'd like to know how the communications themselves took place, where they took place, how they took place, under what circumstance, whether he was at the time providing advice or seeking advice. Mm -hmm. So those are the basics. If I can ask as to all those, but sure. if the court's going to sustain the objection to those, then I don't want to waste your time. And that's something I'll cover in camera. So I'll, I'll note uh, the question and the um, your uh, your question for the record, and I'll, I'll sustain the privilege objection to that. Okay, all of this prior to November first, twenty twenty one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to show you two text messages. I don't have a hard copy of anything. This oh, is text messages. This is no. This is. These are text messaging tweets. Okay, you want to get into the content? Of uh, I'm going to set up a question based on this. Here's the follow-up. Touch me, baby, tainted love. Tainted love. Tainted love. Of course that. you're going to have objections. I realize <laughs> I want to be able to show it to him. And then I'm going to frame, I'm going to frame the appropriate question. And then you're going to object. We'll see where we are. May I approach? Oh, uh, you may, sir. You'll look at this text message. This part. No, wait, look, can I read it? That's of course, of course. Okay. Good. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then this is the second one. The follows right behind it. That's it. Okay. Kind of hard to object. That that's a question. I know. Not know it's coming. Okay. <laughs> then you must be a seasayer. Uh, Mr. Bradley, I showed you two text messages, correct? correct? Both of those text messages occurred on January the 5th of 2024 at approximately 11.56 a.m. Am I correct? Um, I think so. Yes. Okay. And the text messages would have been between you and Miss Merchant, correct? I uh, didn't see it. Yes, it should be. Okay. And I've shown the same two to uh, prosecution. So we're talking about the same two. In the text message to Miss Merchant, you indicated knowledge of some activity on the part of Mr. Wade, correct? 
I'm going to. I haven't asked him anything about what the. Flag for the court that this is a topic and a specific exchange that Ms. Merchant went into and there were objections that were sustained. All right, understood. Yes. And it's your testimony that the information that you imparted to Ms. Merchant in these two text messages is based entirely on confidential communications between you and Mr. Wade, correct? Objection. He's referencing specific knowledge. The specific knowledge comes from Mr. Wade, which is we've already established. What well, the question? He didn't get into anything. He just said, are these two text messages about privileged communications? That's, we haven't actually, he's tested. He, I don't see an issue there. Mr. Yes. Riley. And is it your testimony that the knowledge that you have, which you imparted in these two text messages came from Mr. Wade and Mr. Wade alone? Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Can you tell us when it was that Mr. Wade imparted this information to you? Objection. All right, and I, and I think that that's one of what that's what you're going to do. And sure, okay. so I'll sustain that on privilege. And I'm going to introduce for the record when we finish these two text messages, so that your honor has those back there, so that you can. Sure. What would they be marked as? Um, what do you have? I have a whole set. Um, you can mark. Okay. No. I'm gonna go ahead. Once I put a staple in it, I think it'll be 20 defense exhibit 26. All right. You have to give me a real pen that works, not a line. All right, so this is marked and made part of the record as defense exhibit 26, but not necessarily for its this is not evidentiary value. This is for purposes of the court conducting the in-camera review. Right. And put a staple in it to make sure that you see. Yeah. Oh. No charge? No, it's free. Oh, mm. All right, Ms. Sedow, what else? All right, so. There was also reference, if I remember correctly, to some email correspondence in which Ms. Merchant sent you the motion that she was going to file to disqualify um, Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade for your review. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And that was sent to you in an email? That was correct. And did you respond to it in an email? I don't think I responded to her in an email. Ashley, do we know? He's responded by text. You responded by text. I'm sorry, I mischaracterized it. You responded in by text. Um, if I can look at my text, I can. But I'm assuming I did. But okay, uh, I'm going to get it for you because okay. I, I don't want there right. to be any assumption. What we have? Let me show you. This is the email. Yeah, I don't have anything besides what I just handed you. Now I will attempt to do it for this witness. Just, I always love your tone. Okay. So you didn't have a hard copy of it. If you want to come out and make a on this, you can do it. Okay. Stop. Fine. Which is good. Obviously, stop me. Yeah. 
So anything else? Is that what you're I'm gonna ask you about? Okay. I'm gonna show you if, if I might approach. I made reference to an email that Ms. Merchant would have sent you mm -hmm. about the uh, motion she was going to file. If you look at this, does this appear to be the email that you received? It's dated January the 6th, 2024 at 1020, I can't make it as five or six, 1025 AM. Yeah, I, I see it, the email, yes. So that's the email that you received. And along with, the, uh, obviously, the attachment, which is referenced. Yes. Okay. And then did you respond to that email within the text message that I've just placed before you? Yes, I said, looks good. So the, the answer is yes. Oh, yes, I did. Okay. We'll mark this as another exhibit for your honor to look at. Since you love my tone, can I have a sleep one? Well, I said it creates some nerves. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get to that part. Someday I think we have this new one. Okay, I'm going to have these marked as, as 27. Okay. All right. So, is it your position that what is reflected? Let me hand it to you. Yeah. What's the course rule to ask or not to ask? Uh, we'll take it case by case. I think he's doing all right. So. No need to ask for this witness. Is it your uh, position that your response, which is the second page of Defense Exhibit 27, is based on a confidential or confidential communications that you had with Mr. Wade? Do you want me to read the response? No, no. I'm only asking you whether or not the response, you actually already said what it said. You, you, I don't want you to read it again. Is that response, excuse me, based on confidential communications that you had had with Mr. Wade? Objection. This is privileged and cumulative. All right. So now we're talking about the email, essentially referencing the motion as a whole. He hasn't been asked to, to actually confirm or deny any specifics just to say whether his response is privileged. So I think we're just laying the foundation just like we did with the text message. So you can answer that question, sir. Was my response privileged? No, no. Was your response to the email of Ms. Merchant, which is on page one of mm -hmm. that exhibit? Is your response, which is on page two, is that based on knowledge that you received from Mr. Wade pursuant to confidential communications? Yes. <clears throat> Have you discussed with the district attorney's office um, this case, uh, your purported testimony? Of my testimony? Yes. No. At all? No. No prep, no conversations, no nothing? No. Have you given your attorneys, for this matter, um, did you give them permission to speak with the district attorney's uh, office? Well, he can assert his own privilege, but uh, that's kind of crazy. 
Is there a objection to be heard? Absolutely. This is perfect. Okay, sustained. Let's stay down. Next question. Do you know whether or not your attorneys shared confident, excuse me, privileged information with the district attorney's office? No, I, I don't know what my attorneys shared or didn't share. I don't know if they even met. Have you, last question, have you spoken to Mr. Wade prior to today? No, actually, withdraw that. Uh, you're no longer in the same partnership or fee sharing arrangement with Mr. Wade, correct? That's correct. Uh, when did you leave that fee sharing partnership, pseudo partnership arrangement? Um. I don't remember the hard date, but maybe sometime like July, August of 2022, I think. Okay. And what was the reason for the partnership or the fee sharing arrangements? What, what caused the separation? I wanted to leave and go out on my own. And that's the only reason? I wanted to leave and go out on my own, yes. I understand, but that's, that was the only reason. There wasn't any suggestions or allegations of any form of misconduct on either part, either on your part or Mr. Wade's part, correct? Misconduct of what? I don't want to try not to get into the specifics. Was there any allegations made of suspected misconduct on your part or on Mr. Wade's part? That's a fairly simple question. Did he accuse you of doing anything? Did you accuse him of doing anything? Without getting into what it is, were there any accusations made by you or him against each other? We had a disagreement, yes. Had that disagreement have anything to do with Ms. Willis? Oh, no. Okay. Did it have anything to do with your conduct? No. Did it have but, anything to do with his conduct? Hold on, wait. So we had a disagreement, whether the disagreement was... We disagreed, and so we dissolved. The, well, I left the firm. And, and was the disagreement having anything to do with alleged or supposed misconduct by either one of you? I don't. If you define misconduct, I'm telling you we had a disagreement, and we. Just tell me what the disagreement was. Sir. The disagreement is mine. To know, I mean, I don't see the relevance of the disagreement that I had. It had nothing to do with this Trump case or any other case. I'm simply getting a, a, a question asked. What was the disagreement? It's not privileged, correct? No, that is privileged. Oh, it is privileged. It Why is. Why is that privileged? Because it's privileged. I can tell the court in, in camera, but it was privileged. Ask a few questions further to see if this is actually something that does fall within that privilege. We can were, take it from there. Were you, did it have anything to do with you representing Mr. Wade in any capacity? Excuse me. It, it would fall in that line, yes. And, but your, your testimony is that it has nothing to do with your representation of Mr. Wade in connection with Ms. Willis. As it a connection to Ms. Willis, that's correct. It's connected to, um, the matter for which you were hired by Mr. Wade? I wasn't hired by Mr. Wade. I thought you were the attorney 
representing him in the divorce. Oh, I, I apologize. I thought you were saying something else. Oh, yes. So will it apply as to um, whether I was hired during the divorce? Yes, that's correct. I'm not sure what 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 this correct means under that. We kind of got lost on it. You asked the question. It did not relate to your representation. It did relate to my representation. In the marriage case. It does. Um, and this was a whose decision was it at that point did you stop representing mr way it wasn't at that point no was it before that no it was after that okay and how much longer did you represent mr wade in the divorce action oh, i didn't see the uh, divorce proceeding to see uh, mr wade um i represented mr wade for a time after that he represented me in a construction case um for a time after that he um and I'll have to look at the, the filings. I ended up hiring a new counsel for my construction case. He ended up, but it wasn't right at that moment. It wasn't in a matter of weeks. It was, I don't know. Continued representing him in connection with the um, divorce case after you had the separation that you've made reference to. He continued to, yes, and he continued to represent me on a construction case. But the separation, at least in part, if I heard you correctly, and please tell me if I'm wrong, had something to do with your representation of him in the um, divorce case. That is correct. Okay. Now, Mr. Wade has testified that he did not have a relationship, a personal relationship, a romantic relationship with Ms. Willis until sometime early 2022. Okay, I'm leaving that as, as the premise for what I'm about to ask you. Do you possess information that counters that, that's inconsistent with that? Any information Mr. Bradley has would be privileged, Your Honor. Okay, Mr. Sadon, I think we've- Would such information this. be privileged in your mind? Uh, I think this has already been asked uh, during Ms. Merchant's direct, so we're covering the same ground. So I'll sustain that. So I can't get an answer to whether he possesses information which is inconsistent no, without we, getting into the in, information itself. I think the issue would be that we've already gotten an answer on that. And now we're asking the same question again. Ms. Merchant asked him a variation of that and he already answered. I think the variation Your Honor is referencing whether or not he had what would be personal information, independent source information. Mine is not so limited. Mine is, I'm asking him point blank whether or not he has information from whatever source, including Mr. Wade, that is inconsistent with Mr. Wade's testimony. Because if it includes Mr. Wade, it is privileged communication. So therefore, the answer is it's privileged. If it excluded Mr. Wade, that would be a different appropriate question. Okay. And, and I just want to say, the answer is either it came from privileged information or it's hearsay. That's it. He's already testified. Well, he has no personal knowledge. Unless it's for impeachment at this point. But um, Mr. Seda, I think that might be too fine a distinction for me to see the the need for the question. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm failing to see the difference. Well, I'm, I'm not asking respectfully. I'm not asking you to see the difference. I'm asking whether I can ask that question and elicit a response which doesn't elicit the actual communications, which is what I'm attempting okay. to do. And, and if and your honor says sure. I can't, then I'm finished. And if, I think and I think that we we this this was another aspect of what came up before, which is 
in, in my mind, even confirming the existence of the information goes into uh, privileged communications, whether he does or does not possess information. If it came from that relationship, that's part of the privilege as well. So if, if I make that clear, then, um, then you're sustaining what the objection would be. That's right. It'd be sustained on privilege. And of question. course, all the questions that we're talking for the about as far as the foundation about when things are said and what is said, you're going to go into, if I understood correctly, ex parte in camera with the two exhibits we've talked about. That's right. My intent would be to uh, make a record of the knowledge of when it was obtained and the extent of it and the different sources, and that'll be sealed. And, and, what, and what was actually said? That's right. So I guess my question to the court before I sit down uh, is if, if hypothetically, you learn through this in-camera ex parte um, examination that the information that this gentleman has through the um, attorney-client privilege is in fact inconsistent with what Mr. Way testified to under oath, then the court is going to make a determination of whether it can be used here or whether it just remains in the record sealed. So my intent would be to make the distinction of from the in-camera hearing, if I still determine that everything is covered by a privilege, then anything else that is said cannot go into the factual determinations or credible determinations that need to be made. And so just the average, the issue of whether the privilege did or did not exist is preserved. So again, just to follow through to make sure. So if the court knows that there's been a fraud upon the court through the lie of Mr. Wade, none of us are going to know that that in fact occurred and the court's going to be in a position of making a determination on the motion, even though the court knows that it doesn't have all the information, truthful information. I'll take a look, a closer look at the case law you provide to see if that is actually a variation of the crime fraud exception. Um, and I'll apply the crime fraud exception as I as I see it. Right. And, and again, is, I'm not suggesting it is a, a variation. It is totally separate from crime fraud. It has nothing to do okay. with using the legal advice of the attorney in order to commit a, a crime. It's you go ahead and commit fraud or lie to the court when you full, fully know that someone, your attorney, has information which is counter or inconsistent with what you've testified. And to that end, Mr. Sadout, that is something that you can, I mean, I've got this case from Ohio, uh, but if you can find something more on point in Georgia before we schedule Other this for argument. Other than the one I gave you. The Coca-Cola one? The 1935 case. The Atlanta Bottling Company. I don't think I don't think it went that far. I think it just kind of said the sword and shield language, and it didn't go so far as to say that there's this alternative theory about fraud upon the court. But we can flush that out in our research. I appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Okay. Mr. Stockton. No questions, Jared. Mr. Durham. No questions, John. Mr. McDougald. No questions, John. Mr. Rice. No questions. Mr. Bradley, you were counsel for Mr. Wade in the divorce case when the interrogatories were initially served on opposing counsel on, on or about December 27th of 2021, correct? That's correct. And you were also counsel on him for him when the amended interrogatories were served on May 30th of 2023, correct? That's incorrect. 
So you ceased representing him sometime before, before May 30th of 2023. That's correct. At any point during the divorce proceedings, was a pleading filed with the court or a paper served on opposing counsel that purported to have your signature that you were not the one that signed or authorized your signature on it? Say that again? Did anyone sign your signature without your authorization on any pleading or any other paperwork served on opposing counsel in the divorce proceeding? I don't think so. Um, if you have the documents, I can authenticate my signature. Um, and you have testified that you also practice criminal law and divorce law and perhaps other types of law as well. That's correct. And are you aware that OCG 16-6-19 uh, defines adultery as a misdemeanor crime in the state of Georgia? If you say so, yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay. Judge, I would ask the court to take judicial notice of that. And for what relevance? Uh, Judge, I think it does go directly to the crime fraud exception. Um, because if, before we draw objection, because if Mr. Wade was providing information to him, to his counsel about his intent to either commit adultery or that he was committing adultery, then that would be a misdemeanor crime. It would implicate the crime fraud exception. And additionally, um, as we know from yesterday's evidence, well, we well, let me pause you there. Isn't adultery as a statute just on its face been found unconstitutional? You can't actually charge anyone with adultery anymore. It is still current. In the and it can't be a crime. It is still a current right, charge. Let's move on to that next argument. Um, additionally, Judge, with regard to the interrogatories, we have three different sets of interrogatories that were filed that came into evidence yesterday, 21, May of 23, December of 23, that contain false information. Um, we also have the January of 24 that contains the invocation of privilege. So to the extent that this witness has information, both with the original interrogatories that were filed in December of 2021, and frankly, with regard to the later ones, even though he wasn't counsel, um, that would be a false swearing and fraud on the court, which again is a criminal offense. Um, and therefore the crime fraud exception would apply as well. Okay. Um, <clears throat> understood. No further questions. Okay, Mr. Gillen. Good afternoon, Ms. Bradley. Good afternoon. Been a long day. <laughs> um, when did you sign your engagement letter with Mr. Wade to represent him in divorce proceedings? It would have to be 2017, 2018. Um, same time frame, 2017, 2018. So did you sign or have signed an engagement letter uh, to represent him or are you just speculating? I can't recall. Um, I mean, we were in a... You know, we shared space. Um, I can't recall if um, 
if there was a contract or if there is a contract. I haven't, I, I think there is a contract, um, but right now it'll be speculation. Right now, sitting here, mm -hmm. you do not know whether or not you had a signed engagement letter with Mr. Raid, Wade discussing the parameters of your legal representation of him. Isn't that correct? That's not correct. I mean, I, I can't say I can, I don't have my files or anything with me. Well, sitting here, you do not have specific recollection or knowledge. Mm. All right. We're going to swap feeds well, here real quick. File. Did you open the, you, when you represent someone, you open a file in your office. Uh, and when did you open the file on, uh, on Mr. Wade? I'm going to object to the relevance of this line of questioning. There has been no dispute by the, the attorney or the client that there was an attorney-client relationship. And so I, I object to the relevance of um, the circumstances under which that, that uh, engagement began because as Mr. Gillen knows, that's not a factor in determining whether there was a uh, true attorney-client relationship. Well, Your Honor, it's not just up to Mr. Wade and Mr. Bradley. It's up to the court. No, I, I agree with you there, Mr. Gillen. And so I'll give you a, a little bit of leeway, but I don't think we could spend too much time on this. No, so uh, okay, we'll see. Uh, Your Honor. Now, did you or did you not open a file in your law practice with Mr. Wade's name on it, yes or no? Yes, I had a file with Mr. Wade's name on it. When did you open that file? I'm assuming 2017, 2018. I I can't tell you the exact date. I've said that three or four times. Well, let's approach it from another angle. When is the first invoice that you sent to Mr. Uh, Wade in, uh, for your rep legal representation? I didn't send him an invoice um, in that capacity. So what we have here is we have, you're not knowing whether you even have an engagement letter you don't know whether you actually even billed him, correct? I represented Mr. Wade. I signed the documents that we filed. I filed the documents. I, there's depositions that I had um, with the um, divorce attorney that was representing his wife. I'm sorry, sir, that's not my question. Okay. My question is, did you bill him in your capacity as the lawyer that you're telling him? I don't recall. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, is there, did you have any invoices where you billed him on an hourly basis? I don't recall. And the answer really is no, isn't it, sir? I don't recall. And the reason why it's no, isn't it, is because what happened is that you and Mr. Wade were in a law practice together and it was a very small uh, work environment, correct? It was a work environment, yes. A work environment when you, where you and, and him would uh, meet and talk literally every day, correct? Not every day, no. Well, almost every day. When you Not almost every day. I, I, I stated earlier that I ran one side of a practice. Um, Mr. Wade did, and we rarely were there at the same time. I stated that earlier today. So, well, we, well just give us totally how much money you got uh, for representing Mr. Wade. Uh, in this since 2017 or whenever you told us up until uh, you dropped off the case in uh, 2023? I don't recall. Would the answer be zero? I do not recall. Well, you would know whether you got paid or not, wouldn't you, sir? I do not recall. So you don't recall whether you as an attorney got a single dollar to represent Mr. Wade, correct? That's correct. Because you really did it as a friend, didn't you? No, I did it as an attorney. Well, an attorney that wasn't being paid. 
you were doing it pro bono for a friend, weren't yeah, you? I'm going to object to ask and answer. All right. So I'm going to sustain that, Mr. Gillen. I think the law is clear that money doesn't even have to change hands for that relationship. And I'm, I'm making a finding based on the evidence that's already been presented, namely the fact that he signed pleadings, attended depositions on Mr. Way's behalf, that uh, attorney-client relationship did exist. Well, at some okay, point, I was ex just the, laying the foundation of the circumstances in terms of the, you know, the, the, the non-billing from the 2017 period and whether there was really an attorney-client privilege there. That's what I was trying to do. Okay. Um, if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if the dispute is just when it occurred, you can try to hone in on that. But the questions I've heard so far are more from a, you were never paid ever, you, it was from an oh. overall angle. Well, from 2017 until November uh, uh, of 2021, you didn't receive a dollar from Mr. Wade for your uh, supposed or your representation of him, correct? I don't have the file in front of me and I do not recall. Okay. And the reality of it is, as I mentioned or asked you a few minutes ago, is that it was a small firm and you were doing him as essentially a favor as a friend and as a law partner, correct? No, I was representing him as an attorney. Um, were we in the practice together? Yes. And were we, or are we friends? I mean, we were friends at the time, yes. Well, you were friends and law partners, correct? Yes. And in, in, in a small firm, and I know, because I'm with a, in a small firm, uh, people will sit around the office and talk about their social life and what they're doing, correct? Correct. If that happens in your small firm, yes, yes. Well, that does it happen or did it happen in your small firm? Yeah, I think I'm going to, um, the witness has been asked very specific questions about conversation about socialization and we've gone all through it. So I think this is asked and answered. All right, I'll let him ask this one question overruled. Repeat the question. Oh, did you in your small firm have occasion to where people would sit around and socialize and talk about what was going on in their lives as opposed to merely talking about the law. Yes. And you had those conversations with Mr. Wade uh, as a friend on a social basis, didn't you? I assume we... Not yet, but it might. I assume, yes, we've talked about sports. We talked about, you know, uh, sports a whole lot. You talked about life and about what was going on in your life and what was going on in his life, right? Right? Sometimes, very rarely, yes, sometimes. And, and that is what you do in a small work environment when you know people very well and you do favors for them, correct? Yeah, again, I'm gonna object. Yeah, all right, um, so next question, Mr. Gillen. Now, in that capacity, did you, didn't you have discussions with Mr. Wade about what was going on in his social life? that they had nothing to do with him asking you legal advice. Objection to be more specific. Uh, I think he's just asked whether he socializes outside of legal advice. So uh, I think you can answer that question. I did answer the question. I said we talked about sports a lot. And I'm asking, you know, sports is one thing. The social life, uh, did you talk about each other's social life like Mr. Wade and who he was dating? All right. So that'll be sustained on privilege. Yeah, Your Honor, and just for the record, I would state that that my objection would be that that uh, the privilege only uh, uh, protects 
communications in, in furtherance of seeking out illegal advice, not talking about something that might be personal or confidential. And that's the that's the I, distinction that I would draw. I, th I think that's a, a, a accurate legal point. Uh, however, I think the witness has already been questioned and testified on this point. Thank so you. next question. Now, um, you, uh, you you got into the fact that you were the initial attorney on the on the divorce case, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Now, um, w did you and Mr. Wade, without getting into discussions, did you and Mr. Wade um, together prepare his r responses to the interrogatories which were filed uh, initially in the divorce case? I'm assuming we. Objection. He's asking about interrogatory responses, preparation of the case in the divorce case. That's all. Mr. I don't think it's attorney client. Did they meet together? And and when, when the interrogatory answers were filed, did he file them? And did he do that in concert with his with his client? There's nothing, nothing privileged there. Did they meet and work together in that work, uh, taking the form of them talking back and forth to each other on the right responses? I'll change a little bit. Um, did you review yourself uh, the interrogatory responses given in the divorce case? I did. And whatever knowledge that you had when you were involved in the interrogatory responses, you had the knowledge of all that material or information that you had had without getting into the content. You had all of that knowledge and information I'm sorry, I was, let me get my question out That's before what I was trying to he say. objects. Uh, and when you filed those interrogatories, you had all the knowledge and information that you had obtained from Mr. Wade from 2017 up until the date the interrogatories were filed, didn't you, sir? Okay, so that's, uh, it, 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 the follow-up question to that is gonna be incorporating knowledge learned during communication. So I'll uh, no, I'm not gonna have a follow-up question. I just wanna know whether, whether you know, is that is that the case? When he filed the interrogatory forms, he had all of the information that he had uh, discussed with Mr. Wade from 2017 up until the time. That's it, that's my final question. Okay, in, in which case, without doing that extra assuming link that he based his answers on those communications, it has no relevance. Well, uh, it it does in the sense that it shows what knowledge he may have had when he, the attorney, is filing interrogatory responses. That's what it shows. Okay, I wouldn't. I'm still not seeing the relevance of his knowledge as the attorney filing the responses, unless you're linking this back to well, Mr. Wade. It, you no, know, it gets back, Your Honor, to whether or not uh, if you're filing, if you're an attorney and you're filing an interrogatory response, which you have reason to believe or specific information to know that certain responses uh, are not accurate, then you shouldn't be filing them. And now, um, so that, that's where I was going with that. So if, if he's got a body of knowledge over here that's built up from his communications with Mr. Wade that everyone so dearly doesn't want uh, everyone to know about in spite of the, uh, the allegations made against Ms. Merchant, now- okay. So what if the question was, did you, uh, did you, when you signed your name to the interrogatories, um, did you commit any knowing fraudulent statement and submitting those to the court at the time? Would there be a problem with that statement or that question? Well, I mean, I think that is a conclusion that others could draw like the court. I just want to know that he had all that information at the time that he as the attorney 
filed the interrogatories. That's it. We would, we would object. Uh, this does fall under attorney-client, and he is making presumptions about when information may have or not have been disseminated to Mr. Bradley in his capacity as attorney. He didn't have to know about anything at the time of, in the middle of, at the end of, or he may never have had that information. There's too much presumption associated with it, so the whole matter is covered under privilege. One, one comment on that, Your Honor. We have spent almost a day talking about trying to block public dis uh, the uh, dissemination of what Mr. Wade said, either as an attorney or in any capacity about his relationship with Ms. Willis prior to November the 1st, 2021. And questions about uh, discussions in, uh, in 2019, all objected to uh, the, the, the claiming the privilege. And now to say, well, that doesn't mean that he learned something after. I'm talking about what did you know at the time the interrogatories were filed? And everything that you, they're now they're claiming privilege, well, that's fine. The court will address that uh, in, in chamber and in due course. What okay. did you know? I'm sorry, Mr. Gillen, I really don't see the distinction. So uh, your, your question's noted for the record and your objection as well. All right, and, uh, and, and I'll follow up with this. Uh, now, you're leaving uh, the, the uh, removing yourself from the the case, the divorce case, correct? You you withdrew from the divorce case, correct? Correct. Did you do that as a result of your concern about any of the accuracies or representations which had been made by your client in the divorce case? No. Um... Okay, so that's going to cover communications during the relationship? Well, Your Honor, hypothetically, not saying this is the case, hypothetically, if uh, Mr. Bradley, uh, knowing, let's say hypothetically, that he, he, he speaking with Mr. Wade, was aware that the, that the intimate uh, or personal relationship, romantic relationship, existed prior to November the 1st, 2021, and started uh, in 2019 or 2020, if he's armed with that information that he's obtained from Mr. Wade, but Mr. Wade uh, would want to insist on responding to interrogatories which were contrary to the information that Mr. Bradley would have, then I'm asking him whether he took steps as an attorney to say, I cannot uh, be a part of that or countenance that, therefore I'm withdrawing from the case. Sure, um, I still see that as covering their communications. So I'll sustain that objection. All right. Well, thank you, Your Honor. That's all I have. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Gill. Thank you. Mr. Couture, are you still with us? Anyone on behalf of Mr. Floyd still joining us? All right, moving on. Mr. Cromwell. Big questions, Your Honor. I think we've been, everybody's exhausted with this line of question. Thanks. Go on, Mr. Bradley. Um, when did you withdraw from Mr. Wade's divorce case? I don't have it in front of me. Um, can, I don't have the file. Can, was it sometime in 2023? No, it would have probably been. Well, 2023, um, see, I left in 2022. Um, 
it could have been anywhere between um, July of 2022 and maybe December of, it, it wasn't, I, I don't have the accurate date, but it wasn't when I left and it wasn't. Make it easier for okay. you. All right. You were not his divorce lawyer at the time. The interrogatory responses were filed in May of 2023. Is that? Oh, you? no, I was not. Okay. Yes. And as of today's date, Mr. Wade is still a married man. Would you agree? I haven't kept up with the divorce uh, proceedings, but uh, I think they're still open. Okay. So, and if they're still open, that means he's still a married man. Yes, that's correct. So if, if the fact that in a pleading, there is a re reference to the marriage is irretrievably broken, that doesn't mean the marriage ends, does it? I guess you have to ask the judge that's handling the case. Well, it, it doesn't end until there's actually a, a divorce decree signed by a judge. Would you agree? Uh, I would agree. All right. Thank you. Okay, Ms. Cross, were you taking I am, Your Honor, time? I'm going to have a minute. Um, uh, my cross-examination might be a long, a, a long, long one. Um, so we've been going for about an hour and a half. I have just a five-minute break. Sure. All right. We'll be back in five. <sighs> well, that's a shit show. You're muted. Okay. So here's here's the thing. There's a lot of judge hate going on in the chat. And I want to just make sure everybody understands that the matter at hand is privilege. They yep. have a legal relationship. I know we really want him to answer the questions, but it's really important that privilege is upheld. Privilege is important to all of us. Our conversations with our attorneys need to be kept confidential. Privilege is sacred. So I think the judge is actually doing a great job of walking that line. He's allowed way more than I think any other judge would have. Certainly any of the judges that we've ever covered would not allow most of this to have gone on. But uh, I don't, I got, I got no judge hate. I think the judge is doing a great job. I also feel a little sorry for him. I, uh, so little insider baseball. Um, Ash, can you pull up that clip that I sent you? Do you Where'd have you that? Send it? You uh, send it? If, you, if you go to my Twitter, it's on my Twitter. Okay. Yeah. One sec. So th th this could be a, a big problem. And I, I texted this to somebody that's in the courtroom and we're going to have to go back and watch this testimony again for, our, um, it's the one that says, who's the witness. Yeah, uh, yeah. Got it. Okay. One moment. Please hold for processing. CanCon actual. That's me. That's me. No, not Harrison Mags. Somebody else. I know like half the people in that courtroom today. <laughs> uh, I probably should be there, to be honest with you. I should have went up for this. This oh, was fascinating. Yeah. This is fascinating. Pull it up. That's right. It is up, isn't it? No. You got to take my screen down oh, and add yours. Sorry. Do you not have powers in this one? No, not in this one. Oh, see, usually it's a, it's reversed and you have all the power and I have none. Ha ha. All right. One moment. Yours. We'll go back from the beginning here. 
watch yeah. right here down bottom left watch mr bradley you're not at the beginning there you go have some sense of what's going to come out um but miss merchant I, I think knowing what your next question may be since usually we don't have that opportunity uh does it presuppose knowledge on his part that we have yet to establish have some sense of what's going to come can i slow it down yeah he's talking to somebody yeah he sure is have some sense of what's going to come out um but miss merchant i'm gonna cut the sound we don't need the sound you can clearly see he's communicating with somebody And he's looking over in the he's looking over in the direction of the the state's attorneys. Is so right there. Yeah, I'm not sure who he's talking to, but uh, that's not what you're supposed to do when you're on the witness stand. Yeah. So now, what I'm being told is that an attorney for one of the individuals in this case is making a lot of bizarre gestures and so we're gonna have to go back and watch this again because i've noticed throughout the trial he's looking over in that direction as if he's looking for guidance or something along those lines and so you know we'll have to go back maybe over the weekend <clears throat> and review his testimony and every time he's looking over to that side and see what's going on with that so i and, yeah. and clear as day we got him mouthing something during a what he thinks is a break and it's like dude you're on camera you should know this yeah he's definitely communicating there's no question about that yeah we have um some rumble rants uh boldum georgia campaign finance records show two loans to the campaign 30k and 19k there is detail that shows 19k came from fanny campaign expenditures show a repayment to fanny of 8k so what because where where because hmm. i i was i was digging through the 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 campaign financials last night and her 2018 race the first report shows that she had 45,000 in the coffer which plays into what she said yesterday where she said she put 50 mm -hmm. into her judicial race and said she took money out so a lot of people and this is something i talked about on badlands daily this morning a lot of people are hung up on that thinking that she admitted a campaign violation she did not um mm. you know she said well she didn't for sure but she might have right right but but the the numbers that i've seen so far suggest that she didn't um, because she said 50 and I took some of that money out and, um, you know, if she's taking the money from her bank and putting it into her campaign and in the process of doing, she says, I'm going to take 5,000 of my own money and hold on to it. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, and it's just one of those things that, uh, there's a certain individual that posted this on, on, um, on X, uh, with a very, very, very large account. And, uh, you know, people are kind of thinking that like she committed a crime there and, and the, guys, there's far more that Fanny has uh, to worry about than than that. Um, so, yeah, that's just to me, that's just kind of a dead thing.
Okay, R. Scriv, $50. Thank you so much. Do you think Fanny hides her stash in a MyPillow? <laughs> I think that is an insult to MyPillow. Right? Dirty money. You don't put that dirty money in a, in a MyPillow. Gallant one. Uh, thank you so much for the rant. I remember a card, whether it was Christmas or a birthday card. Can't recall. That was in response to... Um, he used your card to pay for their travel. Why would he do that? This is uh, this testimony right here. I mean, we've gotten what's it been now? Like two and a half hours of this guy. And every single thing is just whether or not it's privileged information. No, not no information has come out in this testimony. Like very little, if any. Everything is well. well so for us. But one thing that they did accomplish, the defense attorneys did accomplish, is getting the judge to look at these text messages between Ashley Merchant and uh, Mr. Bradley in uh, under seal. So that is going to weigh into his factor. He will decide what kind of weight and credibility to give the information and how it impacts the testimony that was provided. But it's not out. It's in. We just can't see it because it would prejudice and bias and you know be salacious against Fanny and Wade. Wade, more particularly, because all of that is intended to show that he lied on the stand. Well, by the way, did you did I send you the picture of Merchant? Yeah, that's fascinating right there. So, I mean, like, just look at all the stuff that, you know, we we mean that Chris was talking about this morning. Right. Uh, can you share that? Yeah. No, not that one. Hold on. Let me let me add because I got it on a specific window. I need it on this. There you go. Why is it flashing like that? Oh, there we go. So that's Ashley Merchant right there mm -hmm. in 2016. Now, again, granted, this shows nothing, but um, that's that. I actually think it helps her credibility. She was on their team. That's why I think that's why she's able to have these text messages with them is because well, they, they were on the same team. They were all colleagues. You could tell with uh, Judge, what was the judge's, uh, the um, governor's name? Roy Barnes. Is that right? Somebody else just put it in yeah, before yeah, yeah, and I got it again. Yeah, yeah. you could tell how small that legal circle is. Mm -hmm. They they all know each other, right? They're and, and she was out campaigning for him. Yeah, and I'm not, look, I'm not saying like, again, that she, I'm not saying like she's a, a bad actor in this at all, but my theory that they want this case to disappear she could be an unknowing actor you know like fed information you know this 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 whole idea that yearty appears out of nowhere and says hey i've got evidence that fanny and and wade had a relationship long before uh he was hired as as the lead prosecutor is interesting it's a way to torpedo the case without torpedoing the case you know this is this is this is how you get the case. And, and this is, again, something I talked about on daily where you've got leftists now, literally leftists in the media and or not in the media, but on social media saying, uh, oh, well, you know, we we stand on facts. You know, if they want to throw this case out because of some procedural bullshit, then whatever. We know the facts are on our side. Trump's guilty. And mm -hmm. that's a win win for the for the Democrats in this or for the left on this. I don't I hate using the term the Democrats. Uh, this yeah. this that's a win win for the establishment, the left on this, because they they get the 
you know, they get their base thinking, well, it was thrown out on procedure, but we have all the facts. We know that Trump would have been guilty. But unfortunately, there's a corrupt judge and a corrupt court and they threw it out. It's like a flip of the 2020 election with, uh, you know, oh, all the cases were thrown out. Well, yeah, but they didn't hear anything on evident evidence, you know, no evidentiary hearings. So it's right. kind of the same thing. So this woman, you know, with with ties to MSNBC, a contributor previously on MSNBC um, and, and now, you know, this photo of her in a Wade, Nathan Wade for I don't even know what the hell he was running for. I'm guessing district attorney. Um whatever he was running for. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, somebody could have fed her this and, and she's no idea, no idea. And she's right in bringing this. It absolutely is a, is a, is a conflict that needs to be, you know, hashed out in the court, but is it done intentionally? If that makes sense. Um, in other, yeah, in other words, I'm not I, saying Merchant is a bad person. I'm just saying that she might have been fed this and she's doing the right thing with it. But, you know, how how would you find that out on your own? I mean, I guess maybe they could have known that she was staying well, she, with you. She closed it. According to people in the chat, she mentioned it in the beginning. Like when this whole thing started, she disclosed this. Right. Where did, well, not when she started. I mean, this is all within the last month or two. And this has been going on since August. Um. I, I'd have to go back and look at the timelines to know. see exactly when this idea that they had a relationship, when it popped up and, and how did, how did year T get to, uh, get to Roman's council here to, to, uh, uh, merchant, you know what I'm saying? Like, did she, did year T come to merchant on her own? Did, was she subpoenaed? Um, a lot of, lot of she questions. She was subpoenaed. Yurdy was subpoenaed because yesterday they tried to get her out of the subpoena before they put her on the stand. Her attorneys, she didn't, she was kind of treated like a hostile witness. Okay. But, but you can't just like, I can't just subpoena anybody for any reason. Like, no, she's a fact witness. She has personal knowledge of their relationship at her condo. But how did they know that she had personal relations from the Pers divorce proceedings? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, okay. I'd have to dig into that then. All right, the fair condo enough. is a big part of the affair. That's how the con that's why the condo is is important in all of this. It, it was a key location for them. And the condo, um, the the cover story for the condo is that they needed uh she she needed to be safe. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think this point is really interesting though. Oh, I, I think this is right. That Go Dog Go says he did say he never used anybody else's card. He oh, never used anybody else's card. Oh, are we back? Okay, sorry. Oh, what? That's the same. You got to reshare your screen. It seems to be the the same. Same amount. Um, I don't know if same amount. Um. I'm interested in the amount. Can you oh, no. Um, the amount was um, 65 an hour. $65 an hour? Mm -hmm. That's not a um, particularly high rate for an attorney in the Atlanta metro area, correct? Uh, no, it's not. Right. Was that a government rate that you were willing to accept at that time? Um, yes, that is correct. All right. And so the $60 you're getting for that contract, again, that split three ways, you, Mr. Wade, and Mr. Campbell, correct? That is correct. So when you were minus asked, expenses and stuff like that, but exactly, yes. Exactly. 
that was the income and then expenses come from that and then profits, whatever's at the end, correct? Correct. All right. So questions about Mr. Wade, I think the, the phrasing and I object to it, but I, I think um, you might recall the question that Mr. Wade brought you this contract or Mr. Willie Wade got you this contract. Do you remember those questions? Uh, yes, I do. All right. So we're talking then about the split among the three of you of, of, of about $20 a piece, right? For that particular contract? For this one, yes. All right. What about 24? Have you got 24 there? I'm sorry, 25. Have you got that in front of you? I do. What's the hourly rate on that one? It's 150. 150 on that one too? All right. And this same sharing went through the business the way you handled that contract and as well, right? That's correct. All right. Who is Austin Dabney? Um, he was a probation officer that um, passed the bar and we hired him and another individual. I can't eat. The other person didn't stay long. And did Mr. Dabney and the other um, legal associate that you all had working for you at that time, did they do some work on these first appearance contracts? Yes. Uh, and that was a pretty good position for a younger lawyer to be sent to get some courtroom experience, correct? That is correct. <laughs> 2020, uh, you're aware that Mr. Wade had a serious illness during that time? I'm aware. And you and Mr. Wade, I think you described your relationship in a lot of details um, earlier about specific circumstances, but you, you were business partners in, let's say up till the time you left in uh, summer 2022, correct? That is correct. You were business partners up until that time? Uh, yes, I said yes, that's, that is correct. Okay. And while you didn't socialize together frequently, you considered yourself a friend of Mr. Wade at that time? Yes, we were friends at the time, yes. All right. Uh, you are no longer business partners. That is correct. You are no longer friends. I mean, if he's saying that we're not friends, then yeah. I want to know what you think, Mr. Bradley. Do you consider yourself a friend of Mr. Wade? I'll consider. Uh, goes to potential bias. Ms. Cross. Would I consider myself a friend of Mr. Wade? I would. You were asked questions, Mr. Bradley, about the circumstances under which you left the firm. Do you recall those questions? I do. All right. And you left the firm. The firm remained the same as far as other employees, Mr. Wade, Mr. Campbell, as the name partners of the firm. You were the one who left, correct? That is correct. And you termed it as a disagreement. Do you recall answering questions as though you left due to a disagreement? Yes. Yes. And that disagreement was that there was an allegation of sexual made against you, correct? That is incorrect. There was not an allegation that you assaulted us, that you sexually assaulted one of the employees in the firm. That is incorrect, but yes, yes. Yes, there was an allegation that you sexually assaulted a member of the firm, correct? Yes, there was an allegation, yes. And as a result of that allegation, you left? 
I did. You were no longer business partners with Mr. Wade. That is correct. The firm remained intact. And in fact, the employee involved remained with the firm, correct? I'm not certain of that. Um, they did leave the, the building, of course. Um, and I don't know. Um, some of the employees did leave. Mr. Bradley, you in fact paid that employee $20,000, correct? That is, uh, that is, that is incorrect as far as what was, no. On or about the time that you left the firm and on or about the time that the allegation of sexual assault was made against you, did you pay the person who had made the allegation of sexual assault any amount of money? There was money left in an escrow that belonged to me. I don't know what that amount was. And did that money that was left in the escrow that belonged to you, was that paid to the employee who said that you signed? I never, I never, any, I never gave any money. I never, I left the money in the escrow account. What happened to that money? Um, I can't, I, I don't know what happened to it. For what purpose did you leave the money in the escrow account when you left the firm? I left the money in the escrow account. Um, For what purpose, sir? There was no purpose. You just left the money in the escrow account? Yes. If there's no connection to the money you left in the escrow account and the allegations of sexual assault that an employee of your firm made against you, why was it that you brought to my attention? Why did you respond? the way you did about money in an escrow account when my question was, did you pay this employee any money? I didn't hand any money. Um, it's, it was money from my escrow account to my knowledge. Um, to your knowledge, where did the money in the escrow account go? To the employee. To that employee. Was there one allegation or one incident of sexual assault with this employee, Mr. Bradley, or was there more than one? Just one incident. There were not two. To my knowledge, there were not two incidents, no. I'm asking for incidents that you have been involved in. Were there two incidents where you sexually assaulted this employee? No, I didn't sexual assault anybody. Was there another occasion where you paid any money as a result of an allegation of sexual assault against you? No. Did you sexually assault any clients of your firm? No. Never? Never. Who's Anna Rodriguez? I don't even know that name. You don't recall a client named Anna Rodriguez? Anna Rodriguez? No, I do not. Never met her? I do not recall the name Anna Rodriguez. Your Honor, I, I would object to this. I'm not sure what we're trying to do here. Um, so I would object to this line. All right, Ms. Gross. This clearly goes to the bias that the witness has towards Mr. Wade and other individuals, his motive in okay. involvement. And I believe it's an appropriate, uh, appropriate avenue to pursue based on exploring his credibility. All right. At some point, though. I'm not well, going to go much further. Okay. Judge, if this is allowed to continue in this way, and it does 
appear a little bit harassing, then is Mr. Bradley going to be excused from his privilege because this is not... That's what I was going to do. Don't do that. Mr. Chauvin. Sit on it. I think she's already done that. Um, Your Honor, I'm I'm asking in all seriousness that privilege, although... uh, Based on the answer right now, I think now we've opened up a whole area. Um, What he has just responded to he previously said was privilege. That doesn't sound like privilege to me. We'll have to address that when we go back through the rundown. So, Miss Cross. I'm finished. Oh. Okay. Mr. Saydown. You were accused by Mr. Wade of misconduct in the course of your representation of Mr. Wade, correct? I was not accused by Mr. Wade, no. Who accused you? Did Mr. Wade not, based on the questions we were just asked, did Mr. Wade not bring to your attention the sexual assault allegations? Ask that again, please. Mr. Wade brought to your attention the sexual assault allegations that you've been asked about by the prosecutor, correct? Correct. And at that time that Mr. Wade brought those allegations to your attention, you were still the attorney for Mr. Wade, correct? Correct. And therefore, your conduct as an attorney and the attorney at that time for Mr. Wade was called into question by Mr. Wade's passing along to you allegations of misconduct, correct? I object to that. I don't think that's factually true. I don't know that that's not, I know that that is not legally true. The attorney-client relationship is of a matter. It is not vitiated by other instances or anything outside that matter. I'm not sure that that's accurate. He was accused by Mr. Wade, his client. Do you mind if I speak? I allowed you to say that. Mr. Wade um, accused this gentleman of misconduct in the performance of activity while he's an attorney working with Mr. Wade and representing Mr. Wade. Those allegations of misconduct open up the question of whether or not he can defend himself by now discussing his confidential communications with Mr. Wade in connection with the representation as well as the allegations. That's the position of the defense. Understood. So what is the question you're putting? My question I'm going to ask you now is tell us what Mr. Wade told you about um, when he began his relationship with Ms. Wills. All right. So uh, where I think we are with this is that Mr. Bradley previously testified that the reason he left the firm was totally and completely covered by privilege. When asked by the state, he went into a factual scenario that, to my mind, I don't see how it relates to privilege at all. And so now I'm left wondering if Mr. Bradley has been properly interpreting privilege this entire time. And I I think the only way I can cure that is by having that in-camera conversation with him. May I suspend my redirect for you to have that conversation? Uh, I think that makes sense. Were there, is there anything else though, that you were going to cover other than this issue? No. Okay. Ms. Cross, any reactions? Only to, Your Honor, 
the premise of Mr. Sadow's question was that Mr. Wade accused Mr. Bradley of the sexual assault. That was not my question. I don't believe that's factual. Though there was an employee who accused Mr. Bradley of sexual assault. Okay. But re regardless, though, the point is, is that the circumstances of his departure from the firm, from what I've now heard, had nothing whatsoever to do with his representation of a divorce. Is that fair? My question, I believe the testimony has been that the circumstances of Mr. Bradley leaving the firm were related, I can't say how much, but certainly in a large part, based on the allegation of sexual assault that was made against him by an employer. Sure. And his previous testimony was that that was totally covered by privilege. Yes, he lied. Okay. All right. Other than this issue, uh, which I think we've covered at length, uh, was there any other questions based on Ms. Cross's uh, examination from other defense counsel. Okay. All right. With that understanding, um, can this witness be excused, Ms. Merchant? All right. So, Mr. Bradley, uh, I would ask. I don't know if we we may be able to do it today. If we could, right, Judge, I don't think I can excuse him. Sadow, uh, Mr. Sadow had reserved the rest of his um, cross for after you determine the part the. Right. What I'm what I'm what I'm about to say just logistically is what I'm trying to do is if we can conclude this hearing with the exception of that in-camera hearing we end for today. And if as a result of that in-camera hearing that I learn that we need to reopen the evidence, then that's what I'll do. So to that end, um, I can give Mr. Bradley instructions that he's to report back if uh, upon order of the court, but otherwise, um, is there anything further the parties need from him today? Yeah, but I wanted to get those sort of. Things. I know there's other housekeeping things and things we need to do. And based on the testimony, we do have another witness, Your Honor. It doesn't involve Mr. Bradley right. requiring to be here. Okay, so you so now the state does have another witness. I do. Okay, okay. all right. In that instance, um, okay, Mr. Bradley, you can you can step down, sir. Uh, however, uh, I'm giving you uh, the order to stay in touch with your attorney and then we're going to have to find a time uh, to meet again and go into an in-camera session. Do you understand, sir? I do. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. And you can step down. Um, Mr. Chopper, do you have a card for me? I, I do, Your Honor. Okay. At least I hope I do. I'm the worst lawyer on earth. I usually just tag bus stations with money. You can write down your contact information for us. I would. All right. Ms. Merchant, do you have any further witnesses? No, Judge. Okay. Um, on the issue of the Bill Solinsky 1006, we're not going to call him. Um, we think the chart, the foundation of the sort of the chart, uh, is sufficiently in evidence, and we can just use the chart during argument under a 611 monstrous. Okay. And any objection to this uh, in entry as a demonstrative, Ms. Cross? Uh, no, Your Honor. If, given the parameters we discussed earlier. Okay. Can we go ahead and mark that an exhibit and make it part of the, the record in advance of arguments? Since I don't think, I don't know when we're going to be able to have that scheduled. I think this would be Defense Exhibit 28. But let me let me go down the order just so we're staying organized. Ms. Merchant does not have any further witness. Excuse me. 
Mr. Mer Ms. Merchant, on behalf of Mr. Roman, has no further evidence. Uh, Mr. Sadow. Your Honor, we are in the process that the court will allow us to obtain certain phone records, um, and we would like the records kept open for the introduction of those phone records. We have them in draft. I say draft. We have them informally. We do not have certification yet. And they would deal with, you remember I asked Mr. Wade about certain activity down in Hayfield during the time period, uh, and it deals with that specific time period. So we're talking about the February to March of 2021 through November 1st. And is it your intention that you would want to introduce these solely as an exhibit, or you think that this should reopen and bring us back for an entirely new evidentiary day with witnesses? I think we would want to, if what we believe is there based on our preliminary research is there, we'd like to reopen and be able to introduce records to someone to explain what they need. That's it. The state certainly, I'm sorry, were you finished, Mr. Sega? I believe so. Thank you. All right. uh, the state would certainly have an objection to that. This hearing has been set. Uh, I'm, we haven't seen the records, so I, I don't know if I have any objection to what they are, um, but the day has been set for quite a while. We object to leaving the evidence open for any any purpose. Okay. And Mr. Sadow, when did you first go about trying to obtain these records? Um, I, I know it's also the Delta records. As soon as we got a hearing date and the state's response, so what happened was when the state responded, I think it was February 9th, um, and admitted to the relationship, but, but parameters on the timing, um, I sent some subpoenas out in response to that. So that was February 9th. <coughs> Problem is Delta, AT&T, all these folks aren't super fast about that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I know Delta, we're also waiting, I wanted to remind the court, waiting for those records to be submitted in camera. Yes. And they and AT&T actually emailed me these phone records yesterday morning on the way to court. Okay. All right. Any, um, any further exhibits that are self-authenticating? Um, if Council are able to uh, provide those, obviously serve those on opposing counsel, and then before sending them over to us, uh, let us know whether they would be tendered with or without objection, just purely on authentication or hearsay issues or um, relevance. Uh, we can make those part of the record and I'll reserve whether this reopens a full hearing format, but the exhibits themselves, I'm willing to, to have come into the part of the record, but there will be a cutoff point very soon as soon as we schedule argument. All right. Uh, any other evidence, Mr. Sadow, then? So that would be cell records. Um, Mr. Stockton, any evidence? All right. Uh, Mr. Durham, if you're still with us. No, Your Honor. All right. Mr. McDougald. Copies I mentioned to Your Honor yesterday. Your Honor. Okay. And why don't you lay those out for the record? They, they are marked, but not yet numbered. Um, I believe our next exhibit would be 29. 28, I just said, was Mr. Gillen's right. demonstrative, just so I'm keeping it straight. And so I previously provided these to the prosecution. 29 would be a certified copy of County Code Section 2-68. Okay. 30 is a certified copy of County Code Section 2 Six nine. Thirty one <clears throat> is a certified copy of County Code Section two dash seven nine. Thirty two is certified copy of County Code Section ten dash one fourteen. 
33 is a certified copy of County Code Section 10-115. 34 is a certified copy of County Code Section 102-464. 35 is a certified copy of County Code Section 102-465. Thirty-six is a certified copy of County Code Section 102-466. And 37 is a certified copy of a emergency motion by non-party deponent for protective order filed on behalf of D.A. Willis in the Wade divorce case. Okay, uh, Ms. Cross, objection to defense exhibits 32 through 37. I object to their relevance, um, and I, I will take Mr. Um, I will take opposing counsel's representation that the pleading is complete and accurate as it was filed. Uh, and object to the relevance of that as well, but not the authentication. Okay, all right, we'll uh, note the objection for the record and we'll admit them for whatever weight they're due. So defense exhibits 32 through 37 are admitted. Uh, if you could hand those to Madam Court Reporter. Any further evidence, Mr. McDougall? Okay, Mr. Rice. No, Your Honor. Uh, Mr. Gillen, the demonstrative 38 or 28. Okay, and, and do you have a, a, a physical copy for us already? Great. All right, do we still have Mr. Kuchura with us on Zoom or anyone else on behalf of Mr. Floyd? So he's not on any longer? All right, I'm being informed that he dropped off Zoom, and so I'll make a finding that he voluntarily has absented himself from this hearing. Mr. Cromwell. No evidence, John. Okay. Ms. Cross, back to you. Um, if the defense presentation of evidence is done, I'd ask that all of the witnesses who had been subpoenaed but not called now be released. Uh, I think that's fair. Ms. Merchant, any reason to hold on any of those witnesses? Okay. Uh, has two short witnesses, and um, <laughs> that is it. Okay. You may call your uh, next witness, Ms. Cross. Next witness for the state is Austin Dabney. Uh, these Yes, um, my name is Austin Dabney. That's A-U-S-T-I-N-D-A-B-N-E-Y. Good afternoon, Mr. Dabney. Good afternoon. I want to direct your attention. Well, first of all, how are you employed? I am uh, employed right now. I have my own firm. You're so a lawyer and you've got your own law firm? That's correct. All right. I want to direct your attention to 2000 and 2021, 2022. What was your employment at that time? Yes, I was employed um, with Way Bradley Campbell firm. And what that's Nathan Brade, Nathan Wade, Terrence Bradley and Chris Campbell. That's correct. All right. And what did you do in that firm? Um, I was an associate attorney. All right. And don't need a whole lot of detail, but generally speaking, 
Uh, who in the firm did you work for? What kind of matters did you handle? Um, well, I believe I worked for all of them equally. They would all give me tasks to do, which court dates to go to, um, what cases to work on. I want to direct now your attention, uh, Mr. Dabney, to a particular instance. Um, did you have occasion at any time to go to a club with Mr. Bradley? Uh, could you repeat the question? Yeah. Did you have any occasion to go to a club, a nightclub or a, a bar situation with Mr. Bradley? Yes, I, I have. More than one time? Um, more than one time, yes. Uh, the time that I'm going to direct your attention to, uh, we spoke about a little earlier today. Mm -hmm. Do you recall any instance, Mr. Um, Dabney, where Mr. Bradley, where you witnessed Mr. Bradley sexually assaulting one? You know, I don't object to this. This kind of specific okay. instance of but uh, sure. All right. How is this not uh, extrinsic evidence of a collateral matter, Ms. Cross? Maybe ask a better question. Uh, my question will be if this witness witnessed Mr. Bradley sexually assaulting another employee of the firm. It's the exact, but same, same subject matter. How is that not issue on a collateral matter for impeachment? I think it's not a collateral matter. You're on the witness denied it. I think it is um, highly relevant. I think that it goes to the witness's credibility and his uh, denial here this afternoon that he committed the assault. There's a witness I will proffer to the court um, who has firsthand knowledge and witnessed the event. And so I think that's highly relevant to both Mr. Bradley's credibility and to the proceedings that we've had for the last two days. Still object, Your Honor. Oh, I understand, Mr. Attempt to impeach Mr. Bradley. Uh, they they have to live with whatever answer uh, he gave. They can't add a sub-trial uh, uh, evidence of misconduct here. So we would object. Section 608A. Again, right? 608. Or 608A. Yeah. Um, Ms. Cross, under 608, I don't see how this isn't well beyond the core facts at issue. I think you confronted with him. I think he answered them as he saw fit. An argument can be made as a result, but to go down a whole mini trial on whether and he did or did not do this and the circumstances of his leaving the firm, I don't see how that gets past 608. I understand the ruling, Your Honor. Disagree and just sure. for my objection, I put a proffer on the record, not a detailed one, um, but that the. I think you already have. I'd like to, with the court's permission, I'd like to make it clear that the sexual assault I'm referring to, it was the same employee that I asked Mr. Bradley about. I just wanted that to be clear in the record. Okay, all right, understood. Is there anything else uh, that is relevant to this witness? Uh, given the court's ruling, no. All right, questions from defense counsel? Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. When did you start working at the law firm? Um, I believe I started working, um, to my recollection, in March 2021. Okay. And at that time, <clears throat> do I understand that there was 
what I would call a, a, a three-way partnership or sharing arrangement at the law firm? Um, I'm not aware of any sharing arrangements that they had, but it was the way Bradley and Campbell Law Firm. And did you work in the law firm office on a daily basis? I did. And during the time period, you were there for the remainder of 2001? That is, was, you, worked, you worked from March of 2001 at least to the end of 2001, correct? I wasn't, I didn't even have a bar license in 2001. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 2021. It's a little late. From March of 2021 to the end of 2021, correct? That's correct. Okay. Um, during the time period that you were working at the law firm, did you see Fonnie Willis? During my time, could you repeat the question? In that time period between March of 2021 and November 1st of 2021, did you see Miss Willis? I may have recalled one instance where I saw her in passing. And when you saw her, was she at the law firm? That would be correct. And do you know who she went to visit? I do not know. She didn't, you didn't see her go to Mr. Wade's office? I do not recall. Did you ever talk to Mr. Wade about um, Bonnie Willis? Could you repeat your question? Did you ever talk to Mr. Wade about Fonnie Willis during the time period of March of 2021 to November 1st of 2021? No. Did you know they were dating? No, I did not. Did you see anything between, did you ever socialize with Mr. Wade? As far as being an employee, yes. Well, I don't mean, I don't know what that means exactly, but did you ever go out to eat with Mr. Wade? <laughs> on occasion, he would take the office out to lunch. Um, beyond that, did you ever go to a nightclub or drinking or any of that with him? No, I did not. Okay, so whatever relationship Mr. Wade had with Miss Willis during this time period, you don't have personal knowledge, correct? I do not have any personal knowledge. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Any other questions from Defense Counsel? Mr. Stockton. When you started in March of 21, was that just you gave them a resume and started working there? I don't understand your question. When you started working there, is it a situation where your first day on the job is the first day you may have met him or, or shortly before you met him? Again, I don't, I don't understand what you're asking. Let me, did you know Mr. Wade or any of his partners prior to March of 21? Yes, I did. How did you know them? In a professional capacity. I used to be a um, community supervision officer with the Georgia Department of Community Supervision. And what, where would that have been out of? Uh, Fulton County? Cobb County. How long did you know Mr. Wade prior to that? Um, I didn't see Mr. Wade in my professional capacity. I thought you were asking about all partners, but if... You're only asking about uh, Mr. Wade, if you could please clarify. Okay, so you went to work for Mr. Wade in March of 21, correct? I went to work for the Wade Bradley Campbell firm. Okay. Prior to that, how long did you know Mr. Wade? I did not know Mr. Wade prior to that. At all? At all. No further questions. Any other counsel? All right, seeing and hearing none. Any redirect, Ms. Cross? No, Your Honor. Subject of court's ruling. All right. Can this witness be excused? Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Your Honor. Next witness, Ms. Cross. Uh, 
I believe I know the court's ruling, so let me proffer that the next witness the state would call would be Anna Rodriguez. Uh, question, Mr. Bradley, about a sexual assault of Ms. Rodriguez, a client of the firm. He denied knowing her or recognizing her name. I believe Ms. Rodriguez's testimony would be impeaching of Mr. Bradley. I believe it's appropriate, um, but want to present that before I call it. All right. Thank you, Ms. Cross. And so uh, based on that proffer and the subject matter proffered, uh, I still believe that that would fall under 608B as extrinsic evidence of a collateral matter. And so I don't think it's allowed under our rules of evidence. Understanding that, I just make a proffer on the record that um, Ms. Rodriguez would testify that Mr. Bradley sexually assaulted her. She was a client at the time. Um, and that would be impeaching of his testimony that he did not do so. All right. Understood. Any further uh, evidence or witnesses, Ms. Cross? No, sir. Okay. All right. Then at this time, for now, I'll consider the evidence closed, subject to any certified submissions by counsel and subject to the results of the in-camera hearing. Uh, we will coordinate with all counsel to find a date to come back for uh, summation. And... Um, to that end, uh, again, using Ms. Merchant and running a uh, lead on this, uh, I'd, I'd like you to consult on whether that's going to be a collective response on behalf of the defendants. If not, uh, then we're going to have to get into time time allotment. And if it's you know more than a handful of counsel, it'd probably maybe be 10 to 15 minutes per side. And so, Mr. Sadon. When did you say this might happen? Uh, we'll follow up by email so we can coordinate with everyone's schedules. I want to make sure we have our same court reporter as well uh, so that the record is all in one place. And I know we have a lot of schedules to coordinate, but uh, looking at either late next week as in next Friday or the following week. Can we please have the opportunity to get a transcript before we do that? I think that's probably highly unlikely, but we'll we'll see. Uh, it's just uh, that would require a, a rush. And I know, again, we're at a shortage of court reporters, uh, but I think there are other means you can refer to the evidence with confidence as to what was said. Ms. Merchant. Okay. And like I said, we will, uh, we're going to, we're going to follow up with uh, scheduling. Mr. Gillen. On this hearing, and so on the forensic yeah any other uh claims brought in any of the uh the filings regarding forensic misconduct this whole line of questioning all right any other questions from defense counsel anything from the state just ask that um, we be uh, allowed to submit a brief as it relates to um the rulings that you just made as uh, relates to um the objections by defense counsel under 607 and 6021 with the impeachment by contradiction which um, in the state's understanding would allow the use of extrinsic evidence to impeach the specific uh, testimony here of uh, Mr. Bradley. Um, so we're just asking for uh, leave to uh, provide a brief and uh, have the court to further um, consider uh, your ruling. Well, if you still got your witnesses here and you think you've got a better legal argument, I'm willing to hear it. I don't, you said 607 and 608. 7 and 621. <laughs> Okay, I see 621 and I see 608. And in both of those instances, they allow 
testimony that uh, related to the testimony of another witness here, Mr. Bradley, that was patently false as he testified that he didn't commit a sexual assault and that he didn't pay off witnesses and things of that nature. Okay, and how do you get around 608B's prohibition on extrinsic evidence of collateral matters? Both 607 and 621 allow the use of extrinsic evidence to specifically impeach uh, facts known to be false. <clears throat> but if that held true, respectfully, that would mean that any time a witness uh, denied something, you'd be able to, of a, a matter testified to, you'd be able to Oh, well, here's what I'm fine with, uh, Mr. Abadi. If you want to submit that brief on purely legal argument, you can, but I don't want to have this as a vehicle to essentially put forth an extended and long-winded proffer of what you expected the evidence to be. So if you think I've made a legal error on that point, feel free to brief it, and we can reopen the, her the hearing if that's, if that's legally invalid. Okay? All right. Um, Mr. Chopra, is your client still here? So, Your Honor, but I'm sorry. They went the That's hall. fine. If he is still here, um, let's uh, relocate to the jury room. Certainly. Okay. We will be uh, adjourned for today. Thank you all. Woo! <laughs> that was fun. This was a good time. All right. That was bananas. They impeached their own witness. We, I mean, we I guess that they didn't three want hours going over attorney client privilege and then she broke it in 20 minutes, yeah. not even 20 minutes. She said she wanted an hour and a half. And as soon as she opened that door, all of a sudden she's like, I'm done. Whoops. All the attorneys jumped up at the same time and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Fair game. Okay. So man bun came on to impeach Mr. Bradley and say that he did sexually assault someone and the rule that he was not allowed to give that testimony was 608b and 608b states except for a criminal conviction under rule 609 extri extrinsic evidence is not admissible to prove specific instances of a witness's conduct in order to attack or support the witness's character for truthfulness so that's why he say it's another matter the matter of Mr. Bradley sexually assaulting women in his law firm is not related to this case and, and, and the conduct in question in this case. So it can't be used. Now, then he cited rule. He said 621, which I think might be Georgia's rule in um, in the federal rules. It's 803 subsection. God, these things are complex. 803 subsection 21 and it's reputation concerning character or reputation among persons associates or in the community concerning the person's character so he said we want everybody we want everybody to know that this guy bradley bradley's a real scumbag also um everything he said is privileged and he was he was uh he, that was so crazy it was so crazy when she starts talking. He, I don't think he saw that coming. I, I have no idea. I, I, to be honest with you, he I. He seemed puzzled when she was asking him about that. I, I think everybody except her was puzzled by that. Like, why would they have opened the door to that? Okay, so they want to impeach. So clearly, they want to impeach Bradley. <sighs> 
Okay. I think that so all morning long, they were trying to prevent, and yesterday too, they were trying to prevent Bradley from being able to testify. Now we feel like he didn't really say anything all that damning, right? Because everything was privileged. But he definitely has something damning to say. And she opened the door to allow them to ask questions about those text messages and about what he had previously said was privileged information about his leaving the firm. You heard the judge say, now I'm wondering if he's been misunderstanding privilege this entire time. So the judge is now talking to him in the jury room off the record from all of us. But the judge is going to weigh what he finds out into his decision. That was crazy. Now, is the judge, is, is, is he going to go back there and get essentially testimony and determine whether or not it's permissible and then just put it in the record? Or is he going to, is he going back there to determine what is actually attorney client privilege and allow him to testify again? I, so I think both, I think that the text messages were submitted for the in-camera review and his testimony and his, um, who says I'm yelling? Holy shit. Oh, that's a joke to the, why are you yelling at me thing? I thought for a second you were telling me I'm yelling. Like, I'm not, you want to hear me yell? Um, <laughs> um, so the text messages that Miss Merchant tried to get in, and that's her text messages with Bradley discussing the details. And they've said, all that stuff is privileged. You can't bring it in. And then Mr. Bradley, I think the judge is going to get a sense of if he understands how privilege applies to this case and whether he could have answered questions he didn't answer. And if so, then I think they, they will be allowed to ask those questions. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 to be honest with you, I don't understand why there's attorney client privilege. If that relationship is not, is not, it has no bearing. It shouldn't have bearing on the divorce proceeding. Mr. Bradley's relationship? No, 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 no. Mr. Bradley's knowledge of the relationship between Wade and Willis. Sure it would. Why? They well, had an agreement in 2015 that they were divorced. Allegedly. Allegedly wow. they did. But the wife has obviously some sort of bone to pick because she's been cooperating with the defense's attorneys in this case well no? is she cooperating with the defense's attorneys because she knows about the relationship right to help her in the divorce proceeding which he would be defending against yeah kind of extortion extorting a little bit um perhaps it's uh, a yeah. divorce proceeding <laughs> well i mean yeah so so that's do we know and i might have missed this do we know if there was anything like in terms of a prenup from 2015 on? I don't know. No, they don't. They haven't produced any record of the documentation. You heard one of the attorneys ask about that today just because they, you know, said that they were divorced with each other. There was no record of that. The marriage, he's still married, right? He went through that whole line of questioning. You would still consider him still married to this day, right? Okay. That's fair. All right. Then, yeah, that, then, 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 then it would be uh, attorney client privilege. So, yeah. I don't know. But, but if that's a cover, right, for these conversations and these conversations were not had in the context of his divorce proceedings, these conversations were had in some other context, then that 
door is wide. She blew that door wide open. He can now talk about business stuff as it pertains to when they were law partners and they can't claim that all of that's privileged. That's, I mean, that's how I understood it, but that was crazy. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. I, I'm, and so now we have to wait until next Friday. That's what they said. <sighs> I mean, hey, just keep kicking the can down the road, right? I mean, they uh, found found Trump liable today for three hundred sixty four million dollars. So he's got his hands full with that appeal now. I mean, just just keep kicking the can down the road. That'll who does who do they pay that to? Who who, who who's the victim? Uh, in the state of New York, I think. Why are they the victim? Um, are we talking like metaphysically the- or? <laughs> well, I mean, in the legal, I mean, the, the people le- of New York are certainly victims of their government. In the Tattooed legal, where you at? <laughs> in, the, in the legal sense of the word, who is the victim in New York City? Wh- which case is the? Is this the inflated business values case? The state of New York. They're the one. So, so the actual victim would have been the company that he alleged, the insurance company or whatever that he allegedly defrauded, um, or the bank. Was it bank? Sorry, I'm less familiar with that case, but they didn't stand up as as victims. They didn't testify as victims. They didn't claim any victimhood. It was the state that brought that. And they're claiming that Trump defrauded the state in his financial records. So Mm. the state gets the money. Well, we should all turn around and sue in New York City and force force every real estate sale to be sold at the tax appraiser's value. I, yeah, I'd buy big, every property. Big Manny, here, let me put it up. I'd buy every oh, single property in New York City right now if they had to sell it at the tax appraised value. Yeah. Yeah. Super cheap. What was that? Don't they have Mar-a-Lago at $18 million or something? Yep. Which is oh, like I'll less take, than its annual revenue. I'll take 10. I, I will mm-hmm. I will take 10. And, 10 Mar-a-Lagos? Yep. <laughs> I will raise, I will I'll take all your Mar-a-Lagos. I, I will outsource $180 million right now and buy 10 Mar-a-Lagos. Just buy, give me, give me all of Palm Beach Island. Give me the whole island there and for, for 18 million per, what, what is that? Like a, I think it's like a four acre plot or okay, uh, so excuse me, 10 acre plot. Org text has said this a few times in the chat now. Uh, when Mr. Bradley admitted that Wade and Willis met as municipal judges, Wade and Willis admitted that they met as municipal judges. They met at a municipal judge conference. conference. He was teaching at it. She was an attendee and they met outside the classroom. One of her friends that she was there with, who was also a judge, introduced her to Mr. Wade. They may have exchanged cards. She can't recall, but they that was it. It was very, you know, kind of in passing kind of thing. They didn't uh, you know, really start a relationship until later, but they have already admitted that they met as municipal judges. That's not um, something that Mr. Bradley got onto the record. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. That came up yesterday. So, yeah. Well, so what I do mean, you think? How are you feeling? How are you feeling about this? Well, I, I mean, it's, their case? it's good. Well, I look, I think I think Yuri's testimony uh, saying that, you know, she has firsthand knowledge and has witnessed their romantic involvement prior to is the most damning thing in this case. But they tried to paint her in the cross uh, or, yeah, in the cross, they tried to paint her as uh, a disgruntled employee. 
you know, saying that you left and there were several complaints against you. And, you know, she refuted it. So there's just the one complaint uh, and that she resigned. But they're going to they tried to paint her as a disgruntled employee. I don't know if that's enough. Um, You know, 30 year friendship or 30 year knowledge of each each other with a, a recent friendship where they considered themselves good friends enough that you're leasing subleasing your condo to her and all that visiting her with her your boyfriend because that was part of the testimony was that oh we probably went in and visited miss yurti why if you weren't that close of friends and you didn't really talk right that that doesn't make any sense but what's really interesting about miss yurti is that yesterday they said they were they had four witnesses and most of them were going to be offered to dispute the testimony of miss yurti we didn't get any of that today None. None of those witnesses. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of crazy. All right. Well, we have why we vote in like what? Three hours. Yeah. Hold on. We got right. a rumble rant and somebody. Oh, we have, a, we have a bunch of rumble rants. I have them here. I have all oh. of them. Yeah. Um, I, I was not going to leave without reading them. Cause you guys are amazing. Peach tree battle realty. Curious when asked both, both when, Oh yeah. You brought this up yesterday, Brian, when asked both, when did the relationship ended? Wade said, I'm a man, maybe July. Fanny said, well, he's a man. uh, He'd probably say June or July, right? And then she said she had that difficult um, conversation in August. Uh, IMO, she watched his testimony thoughts. Thank you, uh, Peachtree, for the rant. And I completely agree with you. I think those statements were way too similar to be a coincidence. I agree. Yeah, you you brought that up yesterday, I remember. Um, which is, was an excellent point. Happy dog mama. Thanks for all you do. Thank you so much for the rant. We appreciate you. And then we have T-Bone 851. So while this fiasco is happening, anger on rules Trump to pay 364 million in fines and a three-year ban in New York, Eric and Don Jr. to pay $4 million each. Yeah. Um, I think that will be appealed and overturned. There you have it. I'm trying to find because we got a something about the emasculating comment that she made, and I've got. Um, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now, but it's hard to find. And she said, "I'm not going to emasculate a black man." And then yeah. the guy said, "Wait, what did you say?" And she goes, "I'm not going to emasculate a black man." Yeah. Just like that. Let me it's pull it up. The way she said that. Let's see, because because so I've seen a couple tweets about it, and I'm not sure Makanon said that they sent it to us, and I don't know where they sent it to us. Um, but if you want to share that, this is the the clip. Maybe we missed something. Let's listen to it. Uh, last area, briefly. Yes, sir. You had contact with Mr. Wade in the t- year 2020, correct? Ooh, um, I had. Some contact with Mr. Wade. Would you explain when you say some contact? Please tell us the con- talk about 2020. I had some contact with Mr. Wade in 2020. Um, one of the reasons your allegations are so preposterous or Miss Merchants that you have joined is. Ma'am, no, I no, didn't no, no, ask you about the allegations. I asked you about your contact. That's all I ask you. Okay, I appreciate that, that you want to say something, but I'm interested in, did you have contacts with Mr. Wade in 2020? And your answer so far has been yes, correct? Very limited contact because um, 
Mr. Wade had a form of cancer that makes your allegations somewhat ridiculous. I, I do appreciate the characterization. I'm not going to emasculate a black man, but I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm that. sorry, what? I'm not going to emasculate a black man. Did you understand that? All right. Well, I don't think we should discuss further. Mr. Sado, next question. Okay, so I, I think there was like some like inference that she said that they didn't have a relationship in 2020 because he had cancer and he also was afraid of COVID, I guess. No, the dad, her father was afraid of COVID. Um, that was the, that was the reason that he stayed in the house instead of leaving because of the fear of the gang violence that forced her out of the house. The father was afraid of COVID. Not he's a, he's a strong man. Doesn't scare easy is her testimony, but terrified of COVID. Um, so yeah, uh, but, but she did go on in that testimony, if I'm not mistaken, and claim that they went to lots of sterile environments, including mellow mushroom <laughs> and the Porsche experience and the Porsche, the Porsche experience. Yes. And the Delta <laughs> headquarters. Oh man. Yeah. And the yeah. Delta headquarters, we went to the airport in hateville. Uh, you know, the, the Delta headquarters. Oh, cause they have a runway and you can fly out of there, I guess. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Somebody in the chat just said, uh, you're not going to emasculate a black man. And then she emasculated him when yeah. she said, when she talked about making sandwiches, <laughs> Mr. Wade wants a, wants a woman that's going to make him a sandwich. Well, they did a lot of gender stuff. There was a lot, there was a lot of gender related testimony from both wade and willis that should make purple hair people very upset <laughs> i i would be willing i was going to say this earlier and, and we had to go back to the thing but i would be willing to bet that this relationship wasn't like a uh like a yo i love you you're my soulmate kind of relationship it was more like you're my bitch and like <laughs> yeah. some 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 bondage you know that kind of thing uh i yeah don't want to go yeah. there. So um, X Deadhead says Delta Corporate is based in Atlanta. Yes. This was talking about where her condo was. And he they, they were talking about his phone records and why he was in that area, according to the phone records, when he said he didn't go there that much. And he was saying that there was lots of sterile places that he went to in that town. One of and it wasn't Atlanta. It was like a, you know, a suburb or a small town outside of Atlanta that they were talking about. Um, North Atlanta, I think they clarified, but it was the Porsche experience and the Delta headquarters, which I don't, I don't think he was going to the corporate headquarters. I think he was going to one of the walk-in desks, which Delta does have in communities. Um, but, uh, that, and then the, the Porsche experience, the Delta headquarters, there's some good restaurants around that area he said and then her condo and that was the the reasons that placed him in that area at the time when he was battling cancer the cancer that says these allegations are ridiculous because he had a rare form of cancer which um mock anon just said you're missing the point she's inferring that he had a specific type of cancer where he can't get it up that was 2020 they denied a romantic relationship until 2022 uh, it it wasn't that on the nose, but they have tried to make it a very, they have tried to make their sexual relationship a very important part of the timeline in this case. 
I personally don't think it matters. If they were best friends or they were lovers, it doesn't matter if there was a, a beneficial relationship and they're both in official capacities for the county. That's a conflict of interest. But they're trying to make it about the sex. Now it's just about the lying. It's about a lot of lying, right? Oh, there's so there's so much lying. Uh, yeah. All right, tattooed teacher. Thank you, Ash and CanCon. These proceedings are always such an education. Chat is so funny, smart, and entertaining. Where we go, one we go all. I, I love our chat the best. We have we have the best chat in all of podcasting. This is by far of all the trials and stuff we've covered. This is by far the wildest. I've never seen yeah. anything like this. And I mean, it's not even a trial. This is just a. Uh, you know, a motion to, uh, is, is it a motion to dismiss or? Uh, the hearing on a motion to disqualify. Disqualify, yeah. that's, what, that's what I meant. Yeah, the <laughs> motion is to disqualify Fannie Willis from being the prosecutor in the case. But it has played out like a freaking TV drama. When she stormed into that courtroom yesterday, that was so dramatic. Yeah. And she intended it to be that way. But then I loved the very first question was, how'd you know to come in here? It would only make watching. sense that I was next. It would only make sense. It would yeah. only make sense. Somebody said he was done and I just figured that I was next. Really? Or were you watching? We heard him say, they they came out the courtroom yelling, he's done, he's done, Fanny, come on. No, yeah. she was watching. Yeah, that she made was, no sense. She never actually denied it. Like when they asked her again, so you weren't, so you weren't watching the testimony, I was pacing in my office. She never said, no, I didn't watch it. I'd be curious, you know, get the phone records, get, get, you know, something. Oh, she's, she was directly asked if she was watching and she said, no, she was pacing in the office. They were watching outside the office and yelled that he was done. And that's when she came down. She doesn't know. She doesn't deny it. She doesn't say, no, I wasn't watching. She says I was pacing in my office. I, oh, I have the clip. Go back. I have Do the you? clip up on Twitter. Yeah. Hold on. I'll get it. Yeah. We need to pull that. Um, while you're doing that little bit 454 thank you both for doing these live coverages i've learned so much about how these cases are handled and it gives me a better insight on how our judicial system works it's eye-opening for sure it absolutely is um that that's been a, a it's been kind of a morbid obsession of mine to figure out how these things work i don't and, i don't uh, i don't think she denies it just here i got it if you want to pull it up yeah i have no power Miss Willis, when, how did you know to come into the courtroom right then? There were people I was pacing in my office. Okay. And um, I heard someone yell, his testimony is done. Um, it only made sense to me that I would be your next witness. And I've been very anxious to have this conversation with you today. So I ran to the courtroom. Okay, so she didn't deny it there. So as soon as um, you heard that Mr. Wade was done testifying, that's when you just assumed you would be the next witness? It only makes sense. Um, did you listen to any of the testimony? I've been in my office pacing, ma'am. See, she never denies okay, it. Okay, yeah, you're right. She doesn't. She denies it. She, the she, implied answer there is no, but yeah, you're right. It is an implied answer. It's not a, it's not a straight answer. Slippery. She's so I mean, slippery. she's been slippery the whole time. She Everything mm -hmm. she said is slippery. How many questions? I mean, if you go back to, to when she's in that same exact clip, when she's asking about um, the breakup, the judge has to jump in and say, ma'am, she didn't ask you about a personal relationship. We're talking about a romantic relationship. Now yeah. she said that, uh, you know, uh, she's very slippery. She is 
a uh, you know she she, she is what the what, what Jesse Kelly in the com anti communist manifesto calls uh, a, a modern age attorney that is learning how to subvert the rule of law and the constitution rather than enforce it and uphold it. Yeah, that was that was really slippery. I I figured it was I I mean in my head she said no because the implied answer was no. But you're right. Damn. Uh, Makanon says, can you cover the emasculating interaction? I sent you and Ash on Twitter. Would like to get your and the chat's take on it. Mention on on Twitter. Um, yeah, I, I'm reading these out of order because I read your second one before I read your first one. But yeah, we just did that. And I think there's a it, it is very interesting the way that they're um, making everything about sex. Uh, Makanon, go ahead. I'm to find out where they where Makanon sent it to me because I'm not seeing it. Okay, I'll check in a sec. Uh, Makanon again. I appreciate all you other law nerds. Yeah, it is. It's fun. It is fun playing lawyer on TV, and <laughs> and soon in a federal courtroom. But it is like the, this judge is given a master class in the rules, and especially the rules of evidence and how you you have you know how you lay foundation for certain pieces of evidence, where the lines are. Um, it is. Uh, it's it's really interesting to see it play out. And I'm really impressed that the judge is allowing this to go on because so many judges would just side with Fanny and shut it down. Um, still not seeing it. All right. Well, we got a lot of work to do before, before um, why we vote tonight. And I think yeah. is, is Amber confirmed for tonight? She has, uh, she's got to go straight from the courtroom. I see it uh, on, on Twitter. You're okay. tagged in it too. Um, she has uh, some family stuff to do afterwards. If she's home in time, she's going to join us for the back half of the show, but it's not not 100% because she's running around after she's been in court for two days. So all right, that's stuff to do. But yeah, we'll, uh, we have lots we have lots to talk about. Oh, tonight. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I would like to um, dig into... Uh, what incentive where where do you think the county is cuz we know that the state has started to kind of distance themselves from this proceeding what about the county somebody mentioned when she started impeaching bradley maybe cancon is right and they are trying to get this case dismissed um so i think we should talk about that a little bit tonight in terms of what are the incentives what what are the incentives in place that are incentivizing a different type of behavior from the county with regards to the case overall, and um, I certainly, I mean, I think as far as the hearing goes, the defense won this hearing. I agree. I agree to the fullest. But is it enough to overcome impeaching the district attorney in probably the biggest, one of the biggest criminal cases in the country right now? That's the question. Yeah. Is the judge going to give her a slap on the wrist and say, what the hell were you thinking? Carry on. Or is he going to say, you can't, you can't keep going. You've, you've destroyed your credibility either way. And I, and I, I would lean towards the former because the latter would open it up to a mistrial and you just do the whole thing all over again. And well, that, but that's, a, but, but being able to do the whole thing all over again, given this shit show is a political question now. Because you're going to have calls to remove her as the DA full stop. Then you're going to have an election, you know, probably a special election. But, you know, eventually, whenever the next term is, 
to replace her? And is there going to be an appetite among Fulton County taxpayers, Georgia taxpayers, and the public more broadly to pursue this again, given that the first time it was such a, um, it has such corrupt beginnings? Is well, all of the evidence tainted? Is, you know, what are, the, there's, a, there's a lot of questions that arise if she gets tossed from a political standpoint, is there going to be an appetite to try this again? It's millions and millions of dollars. It's time. It is election interference. And I think they can now say, if she gets tossed, we can make this definitive. We, we, we can take the narrative that this was election interference and spread it far and wide. Right. I don't know. I, yeah. Uh, Mama Bevy says, how much do you trust or not trust the judge Ash and CanCon? And um, what I will say to that is there is some in interesting uh, circumstances surrounding this judge prior to his judgeship. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand, uh, he's the best you can possibly get in Fulton County. Like you can't like it's it's a cesspool and this is probably the best that they're going to get. So. So you and I have watched all the Carrie Lake stuff. We watched the Trump part. You were with me for part of the Trump um, 14th Amendment, looking at the Supreme Court and Supreme Court arguments. Um, I think that Judge McCaffrey and, and we've watched Judge McCaffrey a few times now, right, with Harrison's uh, hearing and the evidentiary hearing before that. And then this this proceeding over the past couple of days, I think this is the most fair judge we've seen. Can you point to in the things that you and I have covered together, Judge Thompson, Judge Wallace? I don't, I don't see any judge that has allowed as much onto the record and that has had such a strong um, attachment to the rules. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Out yeah. Of all so the, all of you in the chat calling me a liberal, eat a bag of dicks. You're a liberal. No, that's what that's, I, I don't know. I, apparently, not not coming in and saying the judge is corrupt. That is apparently makes me a liberal. I get called a liberal too, and it's like yeah. really <laughs> libertarian. Maybe liberal? No, definitely not. No, I I really do think that this judge is being fair, and and when you look at like I mean the 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 reason I love this judge the most is because of what he allowed in Harrison's hearing. Yes. Right. That that to me is a proof that this judge is not crooked because every other courtroom has not allowed that. Every other courtroom has not been willing to go there, has not been willing to look at maladministration. And I would argue I know you say maladministration. I would argue outright fraud in Fulton County and abdication and neglect of responsibilities and all of that kind of stuff. Um, this judge has allowed that only judge state or federal to allow the level of evidence of election fraud into the official record is this judge we're talking about. Well, he hasn't allowed it yet, but he's opened the door for discovery into it. He compelled it. There, kind there are, yeah, some of that, some of that record that they asked for, not all of it. They didn't get everything they wanted. They got more than any other case anywhere. And it's and because in a lot of ways, they're missing they're something? The did, did, did he rule on the Fulton County subpoenas? He, 
yeah i don't so so i don't think i don't think he's allowed any of it yet but because of that hearing on november 3rd with floyd um uh the secretary of state's office has agreed to withdraw their motion to quash and agreed to an amended subpoena now they didn't get everything but fulton county i think that hearing is still pending for fulton county to come forward with you know how long it's going to take them to produce these records et cetera, et cetera, oh. which is which is not going to be very long because a lot of these we know for a fact have already been uh handed over in through open records requests so it's not it's not like they have gotcha. to go digging for all this stuff so he he has been very good in that regard um so yeah we'll see but yeah. see that's where, that's where my reservations with this judge lie in in the willingness to uh allow some of that evidence into the trial that that those are where my reservations so while so far say, it seems say more been, about that what what do you mean your reservation in what way so if you look up this judge he's been an employee in fulton county for a while now um his previous job was the inspector general and um Let's just say he didn't do everything that he could have done. Okay, so you're talking about in the past, the, yeah. his his um, actions with regards to evidence in the past are your reservations, not anything he's done in this case. Not evidence as much as investigations. Uh, as a special prosecutor? No, as the inspector general. Inspector general for fulton county is uh, that right yeah mm. but like i said you know I, I let's see what happens you know i i haven't put this all together yet myself because yeah. you know i've been i've been more interested in how the case is going to proceed rather than what uh took place in the past yeah so we'll we'll see i mean look like like you said i think he's been probably the fairest judge that we've seen so far mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to get over the over the hurdle enough. The the the, the key to all of this is going to be Bradley's in camera uh, review with with the yeah. judge, and and what yeah that's that's going to be the key to it all, uh, because if he corroborates Yearty, then it's game over for Fanny. But if he refutes her, or if he's not, if he refutes her, then it's probably going to be continue on with the case. You know, we we don't have enough to to do it. If it's attorney client privilege is exerted then I, that's where it's good. That's the most interesting uh, decision that he'll have to make is if Yearty is on the record and Bradley can't go on the record because, because of attorney-client privilege, then it's going to be, does the judge believe Yearty or not? So, yeah, we'll see, man. Well, yeah, and it doesn't matter if, if, she goes, if he goes on the stand again and answers those questions. That is being reviewed by the judge that evidence and he said he'll give it the weight it, that it deserves and so if and they tried real hard to discredit him at the end of today meaning they're afraid of what he's going to say they're afraid of what that in-camera review is going to show i think they probably should be yep. uh blue demon 75 love it thanks for all of this you're welcome and thank you so much for the rant we appreciate you yep and then uh, again the, yeah. the, the last thing i'll say is i've said for several weeks now maybe a couple months now that i think this case will implode and um this might be the door to get out of this case 
Well, yeah, and that's what I want to talk about tonight because I think there's a lot of different angles there, and I and and I think I think you're right about that, but I think there's a lot of different reasons and angles for what that for for why that is. Why would why would they want to get rid of this case? Right, there has been plenty of punditry on the the left in this country talking about how this is the strongest criminal case they have, which is just like what. <laughs> So yeah. you're admitting you're admitting that all of your criminal cases are bullshit because this case is bullshit. <laughs> this case to me is the worst. I mean, they stretched yeah. the goalposts so far to uh, make this a Rico case involving Coffee County in this. Yeah. You know, I mean, Harrison Floyd is literally being charged with taking a woman to a police station and questioning her. Uh, well, he didn't physically do it. That was no, what, uh, going, uh, go, meeting, meeting her on the phone. He, he was on the phone. Travian right. Cuddy. Travian Cuddy. Thank you. I was trying to think of her name earlier. Um, yes. Uh, with, with Patrick this morning, I was trying to think of her name and you just gave it to me. Um, but visiting her, the police were there. They talked to the police. They it's had like, the the the, uh, the whole idea that they were there to intimidate her is just silly. And all of this relies upon election fraud being a big lie. They didn't have any reason to look. Harrison Floyd has already gotten, you know, at least in into the realm of the record that there was more than ample reason to look. The 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 big lie narrative is 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 a lie. It's a pretty big one. All right, cool. So we'll be back here in, uh, what is that? Two and a half hours? Two and a half hours. Yeah. We'll be back in two and a half hours. I'm going to leave you guys with a, uh, hang on, a uh, little, little bit of this. Boom, boom. I got a feeling that's where you're going. Mimi Hunter, thank, just thank you both. You're welcome. I'll see you guys in a bit. Touch me, baby, tainted love. Touch me, baby, tainted love. Tainted love.